connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast for the 300th consecutive week. We are bringing you a Real Nerds special. This is our 300th episode, and it's going to be a film explosion episode. Does, I am, doesn't that make it not an episode? You just fucking interrupted rules? me. I, yeah, what's new? I know, and it's getting old. After 300 episodes, shut the fuck up, James. Oh, my God, it's finally happening. They're going to fight. Fight, 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 This is a good time for us to announce this is uh, we're also the retiring. Final <laughs> the last episode. Never, um, <laughs> no, and in all seriousness, uh, every week, the Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie, we podcast, or experience the world. Except this week is a very special episode of Real Nerds Podcast. In fact, it is so special that when it is all done, there is a special bonus little thing that Brad spent weeks literally putting together for your listening enjoyment. So after the episode, stay tuned. What we're doing on this episode is we have all five nerds here. So we have Henry. Hello. Zach. Yo. And the two most important. Brad. And. Yeah, James. And I'm Ryan. Oh, man. And this is so exciting. I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm very proud of everything people have done, the sacrifices they've made, because this is not... Sometimes it's not easy. Oh, no. I fucking hate this job. No, I love this job. <laughs> it's not easy to put I'm kidding, I'm a new kidding. episode out every yeah. week. And yeah, we no, do. We're, we're, I would say we're the most consistent podcast on the fucking internet. No joke. <laughs> According to my research, we almost dropped the ball in 2015, but we picked it up and we're still going strong. Is it the IHOP episode? Was it the Perdispise episode? No, it's just a string of episodes in 2015 where like the core, like it's just oh, alternating okay. people oh, yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that was when I was in um, Police Academy with... The dude he made was able to make noises with uh, his mouth, like if like you Michael want to hear Winslow? sirens. Yeah, no, but it wasn't. Oh, it's was like no, it was some black guy, and he'd go. <laughs> Michael Winslow. <laughs> no, it was some black guy. <laughs> but no, I, I want to thank each and every one of you. So I brought gifts one at a time. What? Yeah, I brought gifts for everybody. Oh, Start with me. For your kid. Okay, um, it's not for my kid. <laughs> Actually, I did get my kid something really cool. At so my kid is probably the only kid who loves so Luigi. Awesome. And so I was at Toys R Us, and they had a Luigi ball cap, so I got him a Luigi cap. Oh, that's Aww. so cute. That's and adorable. Now you so, used to get him a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, hey, he can grow his own. We, there's this new years. like arcade in Southwest Plaza called Round One. It's basically like a Dave and Buster's, but they have a Luigi's Mansion arcade game, and it's awesome. Nice. So you that's should cool. go play it. That's the one where he hunts the ghost, right? Yeah. Awesome. And it's like a big, like, it's like a light gun game, but it has the oh, big like vacuum. the flashlight thing? Yeah. yeah. So it's not like an adaptation of, like, the actual game. It's like its own thing. Yeah. So, like, it's, awesome. it's a first-person yeah. shooter, wow. and it has, like, the flashlight that you have to stun the ghost with and then suck him in. Nice. Luigi nice. is the one who jumps taller because he's not as fat, right? Uh, yes. He okay. is able to float. Yes. Um, just because this... And is it, that... It, this isn't my favorite because 
the first one in here is Zach's, so I want to make it very clear. <laughs> this is my favorite. Zach, um, enjoy your uh, Kevin Aww. Smith action figure. Oh, nice. no shit. That's adorable. That's cool. And Henry, you're next, and I know you're super pretentious, so this is why I got <laughs> you this one. Is it a David one. Lynch figure? No, I got you a Wonder Woman action figure. <laughs> <laughs> And not even awesome. the good one. They had like a really sweet like Gal Gal Gadot one, and yeah. I didn't get that one for uh, you. Did you say Gal Gadot? That yeah, was good. Uh, <laughs> Brad, I got you uh, Link. Sweet. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's it's Wind Waker Link. Is that a, is that a, 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 a amiibo? No, or it's a, like a, a, what this doesn't it? help me at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the like Nintendo. Yeah, it's just a little, little like, world of Nintendo action figure guys. What's his climbing skill when it's wet? <laughs> Zero. You can't. Uh, in, <laughs> in Wind Waker, he's badass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He stabs Ganon that's, in the forehead uh, with Wind a sword. Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda game, and yeah. not, a lot of people are like, "That's your favorite Zelda game?" Yes, my favorite Zelda game is Wind Waker. And James, I, I got you um, Spider-Man versus Scorpion oh, 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 micro. They're, they're Legos. <laughs> so thank okay. you guys. For, I am not going to um, pay attention to the show anymore. I, I just, just want to quickly point out on the small rats figure. There's literally a tiny truck to recreate the moment where Silent Bob trips over a tiny truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh, uh, they thought of every goddamn so thing. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, thank you. Uh, so sweet. I feel bad. I didn't get you anything. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, yeah. Brad. No, <laughs> I, I, it's, a, it's a scorpion, and his car is also a scorpion. Yep. <laughs> so no, thank you guys for sacrificing and being awesome. And yeah, you don't know how many goats I had to kill in order to keep this podcast going. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> okay, hold on. Sorry, the scorpion car. He's throwing scorpions at Spider Man. Which okay, fine. Spider-Man is throwing spiders back at the scorpion. <laughs> That's is that what he a does. power that Spider-Man I, I didn't know this. What I, I love that. about the micro figure in there is his eyes are different shapes. Yes. Yeah, he's got that Deadpool glare, you know, like that, like that oh, Forrest yeah. Whitaker eye. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a community joke. I'm not racist. <laughs> Let me throw this at you. What does Spider-Man need with a car? Well, we no, we yes. discussed uh, this on a previous a episode. He doesn't has he a spider mobile. Doesn't he have a jet in one of the old cartoons? Yeah, he has it, but why does he need it? He doesn't need it because <laughs> you know sometimes you, you just need why a G6 he needed the spider mobile to fly your point? jet through Manhattan. Well, no, it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, a thing with Chrysler where they did uh, like a cross promotion with Spider Man comics. But uh, you, but in usual Peter Pat Peter Parker fashion, he fucks it up. Yeah, he crashes it into <laughs> yeah. the, the Hudson River. <laughs> Oh, that was probably the Rockies losing. Sorry, oh. guys. Oh. I like how my uh, Wonder Woman box has breathing holes. Does it really? Yeah. Because <laughs> 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 like, we don't want her to suffocate. She's delicate. <laughs> yeah, because the Wonder Woman mo the movie ones, I'm like, oh, those figures are actually pretty cool. They have like this uh, Themyscira one. I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet. Wait a minute. Let me get you the like superheroes. It's DC superhero girls. Yes. <laughs> uh, did you say they have a thin mascara one? Yes. That that is sexist. She doesn't need to wear makeup. She's, well, they have she's, this she's place that where she can't get through the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really concerned about her armpits in the movie. <laughs> like, set up that she can't go through. Yeah. So Henry, when you're in New York, put that on your mantle. Like, and think oh, of you me know every I will. time. <laughs> Oh boy! Very cool. Well, thanks, Ryan. That's nope. great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Good job, much, everybody. Sir. Thank you. Especially those of us who have been on a lot of episodes. I'm looking at you guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just Speaking of lots of yeah. episodes, do you want to know the stats now or same? Yeah, let's uh, no, do I'd the stats. love to. Yeah. All right. Um, something that blew my mind is Ryan. Did you know that you didn't miss an episode for a whole year? Uh, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, between August 2013 and August 2014. You yeah, I would say, I, a, am I on the most episodes? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> How did this get out of order? Damn it. 
Uh, because you didn't try hard enough. Uh, it's too late for this. Okay. It's too late to apologize. So specifically, you've again, this is like I've been up. So as far as I can tell, these are the right numbers. Yeah. But um, you've been on 281 episodes. Wow. Wow, man. Followed by lot. James with 261. Hell so, yeah. And even 20. And then uh, I'm trailing in third by two with with, with 237. All right, and Zach has been on uh, like a lot, fifty-eight. I know wow. he just won't go away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Henry, sixteen. Yeah, which he thought he was on more. But yeah, sweet. It's 16. around my age. <laughs> 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 now, are you including uh, his art, art house assholes where he calls in? No, we're, no. these are where people are actually in the actually room, physically here. Yeah, because yeah, there's some episodes where Zach calls in and I call in. I didn't count those. It's oh, like oh, when sure, you're physically yeah. in the round yeah. table. Yeah. And then well, um, I've only missed 19 episodes. That's dedication, boys. That's, it is. <laughs> uh, Ryan would like to announce he's going to not be on the show for the next year, uh, just to make up. <laughs> and and maybe you guys Ryan's going to his own spin-off show. Because so. <laughs> I am literally almost six months ahead of you. <laughs> Welcome to Ryan's of world. Me? <laughs> yeah, 20 weeks. Oh, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, also, we've recorded a uh, mass of 484 hours and 53 minutes and 51 seconds. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We are the, the problem, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit! Some yeah. people have heroin. We have podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder no one's listening. Who has time for that? <laughs> That's insane. So, if anyone asks you, like. How- how what have much? you done with three months of your life? <laughs> no, like, uh, how many episodes do you have? Say, like, 500 hours worth. <laughs> oh, my god! If you want to play catch-up. Uh, um, somebody who doesn't have an English major, want to tell me how many days that is? I have a film major, so it's even worse. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. None of us know math here? I can tell it to you in musical form. Yeah, give me form. one second 525,000. All right, I can, I, can, I can see the cogs working in, in Ryan's brain. <laughs> He's writing up the calculus. He figure out uh, how many. Oh, uh, yeah. Why, 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 it's uh, 20 days. 20 days of my life. Oh, my that God. Uh, not really, James. You've only been in 261 episodes. Well, whatever, still. <laughs> then 19 days. That can't be right, because I calculated it would. It was going to take me... Well, I guess if you listen to it nonstop, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is nonstop, right? Because yeah. I calculated, like, if I only did eight hours a day, it was going to take me, like, three months. I'm talking about Jesus. breathing hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need um, to eat and sleep. How many days of my or life have you? I sunk into the dirt with this show? So heads up to the military. You can stop playing the Barney theme and just start playing our podcast on a loop. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That'll get those terrorists to crack down. As, as torture. <laughs> <laughs> now, Here's Zach talking about Twombly for <laughs> four hours. And I didn't do the conversion yet, but... Uh, the amount of if you downloaded all the episodes, it would take up um, ten thousand eight hundred seventy-three megabytes, which I think wow. is ten gigabytes. I think wow. Yeah, I think that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's crazy. Jesus. Yeah, we should, we, we should use better compression. <laughs> I also, Henry, I want to point out we that uh, your mention of Twombly just now is the only time it will be mentioned in the rest of the show, as far as like top tens are concerned. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's technically not a film; it's a short film. That's why it's not. That is oh, true. Yeah. true. That is true. Yeah, I didn't break that rule, but did somebody? Of course, someone did. <laughs> Number ten, catastrophe. How do you guess? <laughs> uh, what else do you have, Brad? Uh, yeah, I didn't write. I, I meant to write down like stretches of things, uh, but I didn't. So um, I'm just trying to find some of them. Ryan's longest stretch not being there obviously was his mater- his paternity pater- pater- <laughs> paternity <laughs> paternity leave. Just like Schwarzenegger, I gave birth to a child. <laughs> yeah, it's not a baby. There was that weird it's month where Ryan became a woman. So. 
<laughs> yeah. The writers were trying something I'm new in the writer's fat. room. <laughs> I love chocolate, but I can't no. eat it because then I'll get fat. <laughs> he was on MTV's I, I Didn't Know I Was a Woman and Also Pregnant. <laughs> I didn't know I was a woman, and I also didn't know I was pregnant. I'm a man who had a baby. <laughs> oh. But yeah, like I said before, like you didn't miss an episode from like August 9th, 2013 to... August 26, 2014. Wow. That's a pretty good... But yeah, me and James are just like... <laughs> like it looks like someone <laughs> took a shotgun blast to her. <laughs> <laughs> how, like, many, uh, how many episodes has Kellen been on? That's the oh, important question. I didn't notate that one. <laughs> <laughs> All the recent ones. Since... <laughs> September 2014. Hey, all right, buddy. <laughs> I did yeah. pay attention to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else, like, stat-wise you're curious about? We've no. uh, we've seen... How many times have I said I love you guys? Oh, uh, This is the first time. <laughs> first time. Seven. <laughs> um, we've... Uh, Point five. Like, obviously, we've, re- we've reviewed a ton of movies, but the official ones pertaining to, like, the movie of the week has been 348. Nice. Wow. So, uh, what? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, we've yeah. doubled up on some. The yeah. end of 2015 was uh, a bunch of like triple and double yeah. episodes. So we'll, yeah, be, we'll be doing our remember, 400th like, episode Christmas, here. They always put out like weeks. five yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's um, true. Yes. Remember the so. year Saving Mr. Banks came out? I'm pretty sure I saw five movies that week. Yeah. Yeah, because that was. I love Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, that's so good. Uh, but, do you, uh, I don't know if you have it or not. Do you know who like the most frequent guest is besides Zach and I? Uh, I was just looking at that. Um, I mean, it's probably Laura. So. It, yeah, I was going to say, it's probably Laura, if you count her as a guest. Yeah. Um, oh. Then probably Dan. Yeah. Dan showed up a bunch. Yeah, but some of them don't count because he falls asleep. <laughs> um, what about Steve? Maybe. No, he's no, only been on a Steve couple and times. Kendall each, I think, if, I think Kendall's done three and Steve's done twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds about right. And then... Um, Though so, Steve did a top ten once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he did two top tens. Yeah, oh, really? He did 85 he did, and then he did uh, uh, 15. 15. Brie, oh, Brie cool. was on a bunch more than I thought. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a stretch which, uh, Brie wants to be on next week's episode for Alien. Ooh. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, man, I got to get tickets. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, and we've recorded, we've recorded from such places as the Colorado Symphony, obviously Denver Comic Con, a village inn, <laughs> <laughs> um, a payway. A, pay- <laughs> a payway. Yeah, we did a post Comic Con at a payway. Oh. Um, Funny. Yeah. And speaking did, of did Brie, actually... Brie cracks me up. He'll randomly send me pictures like on uh, like in a messenger. Yeah. And so he just sent me like uh, squeaky ducks where it's called mad quacks. The uh, the pond warrior <laughs> and the floating dead, which is a zombie rubber ducky. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Did we ever uh, actually record an episode at the Alamo? Um, we did. Uh, we did Mahai at uh, interviews. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also did. Uh, did we do one at the um, glass half full? I don't, I, it didn't come up again. I only got through. Uh, actually, only got through 110 of the episodes, like chronicling what's in the episodes. Oh, sure. Um, but How can, I, you know, you can't. You can only go so far back on iTunes on our episodes. I couldn't load the earlier ones. Well, you have to go through the website to find the yeah. other ones. But so, if you want to find our earlier ones, that's what I was going to tell people. Go yeah. through. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I only noticed today that it calls it at 300, so... So, ironically now, every time we make an episode, we will be murdering an old episode. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, first class. So, yeah, next time, uh, Film Explosion 400, I'll uh, get some more specific 
stats for you all, but this was quite That's the cool. undertaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, dude, it's still <laughs> awesome. I hope like, to look at all the stuff you put together. It's pretty amazing. I just hope extreme dramatic changes happen it's in average. the next two years. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right. So, again, cool. the rules are – so the, the films on here are films from May 11th? June 4th. June 4th. Uh, 2011. 2011. And our favorite films. Now, there's, there's a little uh, caveat on my list. Is It's not like all my number ones. It's pretty much movies I've watched the most and the ones I've enjoyed the most. Because um, there is a couple number ones that don't show up on this list. Sure. And it's not because they're still not great movies. It's just I have movies that I've watched more. And it says, maybe I enjoy those ones more. And sometimes second viewings make movies better. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, like I told these guys already, because I've seen everyone's list in order to make the DVD, and I was quite surprised and disappointed was A little your disappointed word. because, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it wasn't quite what, like, there's movies I thought you'd have that were obvious and they didn't show up, so it'll be interesting to see you explain them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you talking about yourself. specifically? I want to see why I mean, you, you have fail. some. Zach, we, we already sorted out. We're going to find out in uh, two turns here uh, how he screwed his up. Uh, Henry's not that surprising. Yeah, I'm as pretentious as you can get. Act- so. The only thing I was surprised is that we have two slots in this rotation that line up with each other. So, What uh, do you mean? That means... Within all of us, two people pick the same movies, so there'll be oh, some tag team reviews. Oh, cool! Nice. Um, how many? Any idea how many movies in total, or should, is that meta gaming? Uh, shoot, I should have counted, but I'm probably gonna say thirty-eight. If thirty-eight, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, something like that. Wait, yeah. uh, okay. fifty-eight? No, forty-eight. Since thirty-eight would be the four. Would be four. No, no, no. I think he's saying that only two. Not that nobody ever sweeps the leg. That that two people put. The same movie in the same spots. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. There's there's other repeats, but oh, okay, cool. the Sweet. tag team ones are the ones that lined up in the same number yeah. and the same yeah, movie. Yeah. So. All right, cool. Yeah. Sweet. And for... We call that us, the Chinese finger cuff. <laughs> <laughs> and for something that spans more than just a year, that's pretty... Uh, that's pretty good. Or yeah. unusual, I should say. It's an interesting coincidence yeah. that yeah. that lined up. So, twice. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very cool. Well, I'm, eclectic I'm mix of yeah. people. I'm excited to see it. Sweet. Yeah. So, oh, and there's a special rotation we have to do. Um, for that to work out, so okay. So is it how you have it lined up right there? It's actually reversed because I was too dumb to switch them. <laughs> so we're gonna do a Japanese style and go right to left. So I go last, <laughs> you motherfucker. Hey, that Save means the best that you, for last. Yeah, that means no, you're that number means one. I have to sit here and listen to all you bullshit. No, ones. it means <laughs> your number one is the last thing we talk about. Yeah, unless someone took it from me. I don't. Oh yeah, man. Dun, I'm very, dun. I'm very interested. All right. So without further ado. This is Film Explosion, episode 300 of Real Nerds Podcast Extravaganza. And we'll be starting with the man with the sexiest voice here. And the most pretentious list. Brad. Wait. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we'll be starting with Henry. All right. So we're going to start with me. Uh, we're starting off really pretentious already. Uh, this is a UK-based film. Uh, it's about uh, cla- – it's, it's, it's a class film about – High versus low. It's about a Venezuelan immigrant that moves to the UK, is adopted by a family, and you see the class warfare between the two of them. So, my number 10 film, should I say it or should we just reveal it? Yeah, let's reveal it. Right, let's reveal it. My number 10 film is. I already don't want to see this. Is it, did it freeze? No. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, oh, the controller. <laughs> Fucking Bill Gates. <laughs> we, we sat here so long that the controller turned off. The controller's bored with our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the controller turned it off. Already. Come on, seriously, guys. All right, All so right, my number ready? ten is. By the way, we need a group photo. 
at some point. Well, not right now. There's a trailer <laughs> going. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> There's some sort of bear over there. Probably what? selling something. Hello there. Mary. Hello. This young bear needs our help, Henry. What are you going to do now? Probably just sleep over there in that bin. That's the spirit. It's just one night. Do bears even have names? My name is... <laughs> right. You try it. <laughs> Mr. Brown, that is extremely rude. Perhaps you'd like an English name. An English name? Paddington. Paddington? Paddington. Paddington! Sorry. I like it. He's going in the attic and I want you all to lock your doors. You're right. All good. That bear is a danger to this family. Awesome. Tomorrow, that bear is out of here. This is Paddington. He's a bear. I can see that. That creature means a great deal to me. Is he in danger? He is now. The furry menace is home alone. I'm going to stuff you, bear. I beg your pardon? Paddington's the best thing that's ever happened to the children. Hot wind, too hot wind. I don't like it. Well, I hope I don't look weird. It doesn't matter that he's a different species. Or that he has a worrying marmalade habit. Paddington's family. Paddington, come in. What this family needed was our pinch of chaos. This movie's incredible. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I just like it's the best kids. Yay. Film. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, I did not. I gen- this is not like a joke. Like putting it in. Like, <laughs> no, I, do, I believe you. I genuinely love this movie. Like I saw it in theaters, like not expecting it to be good. And then I came out. I was like, "That's the best kids movie I've seen in a very long time." Wow! Uh, it's uh, it's humorous. It's adorable. The sequel comes out. I think either this year or next year. Oh, good. Um, and just, just I don't know. It's it's the it's the one film in like my list of the best films of the 2010s that everyone's like, "Really, Paddington?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah," because you haven't seen Paddington. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that's my number ten. So what that's is the story, awesome. Paddington? Paddington is the like, story. Why can he talk? Why is he talking, Bear? Don't, Have a heart, bread. Don't don't question. Are there other bears? A hat and a coat, and then comes to London. So, <laughs> are there other bears in the wild that are like him? Yes. Well, his parent. It- spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Uh, well, that's that's like the opening to the film. It's not like it's, it's not like it's based on a series of books. So yeah, like, it's based on a series of like books. But like, <laughs> uh, it's about this this little child bear in Peru, and he's living in, with his family. And it's great. Then his both his parents are murdered. And, uh, oh my goodness! Then he's like, and "Well, might as well go to London bear. now." And so he then goes to London, and he's adopted by this by this really nice, or I mean, not nice in the beginning, British family. 
and Hugh Bonneville's the dad, and he's like, I don't want a bear in this house because so it's a bear. So he's from Peru and has a British accent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he has no interest in hunting down his parents' killers? Well, it's, I mean, by murder, I mean, oh, like, no. lightning struck them both, in a, and they both Oh, so God killed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he has a, he hates God. <laughs> it's, it's he hates bear. Well, that's why he went to London. Yep. Just saying. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's just him. And so then he gets adopted by his family, and Hugh Bonneville's like, I don't want a bear in my house. And, and, but then he learns to love Paddington, and the family loves Paddington because Paddington brings the family together. And then also, uh, Nicole Kidman wants to kill him. And so, like, With lightning. To be fair, yeah, not so. Nicole Kidman playing a character, straight up Nicole She Kidman. plays herself in the film. So. so I'd like to start listing out uh, ways that it's easier to kill a bear than killing it with lightning. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> Question. Yeah. What's the best bear? <laughs> Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> what is? What are you doing, Michael? <laughs> oh, <my goodness>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, my number ten, Paddington. I'm cool. so pleasantly surprised. Yeah. That was great. Man, cool. Zach. Are we going to Zach? All right. So in typical Zach fashion, Zach fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. So I had your number a, one or I, your number ten is Children of Men, <laughs> which Children wasn't in the in the time period. Yeah. Um. No. Um. So I had a number ten, and it was solidified. And then a uh, very well-known actor passed away over the past week, and I rewatched one of his films that clearly deserved to be on this list because otherwise it wouldn't be a true Zach Eastman movie. My number ten is Tusk. Always do sober what you do drunk. It'll teach you to keep your mouth shut. Hemingway said that. Yes, he did. And he said it to me. I don't want you to go to Canada tomorrow. It's for the podcast. It's what I do. I travel around and I interview weird or interesting people. So look out, you crazy Canucks. Wandering Wallace <laughs> takes a raunchy road trip up to the Great White North. Hello. I'm an old man who has enjoyed a long and storied life at sea. And after eons of oceanic adventure, I know I do not wish to spend my remaining years alone. Well, I have such stories to share. How far is Bifrost from here? It's about two hours from here. It's about two hours away. I hate American guys. Good evening. It's nice to meet you. Could I interest you in some tea? So what happened after the boat sank? I was alone. And then something very swift and frightening moved by me. A walrus saved your life? The walrus is far more evolved than any man I've ever known. Present company included. Thank you. You're welcome. Would you? Huh. Would you? There, there. Isn't we all right, Mr. Tuff? He hasn't called me in three days. I'm worried. Boris! Why are you doing this? <laughs> Are you really mourning your humanity? I don't understand. Who in the hell would want to be human? I'm so scared.
This guy wants to turn me into an animal or something. I don't want to die in Canada. Instead, we're going to watch this trailer for... No, Django Unchained. <laughs> I mean, Django we can. Unch- I did it, but... <laughs> to be fair, I could have kept Django on there and still honored Michael Parks, but it wouldn't have been the same. I know. Like, you're, you're known for Tusk. I know. Yeah, yeah. So. Tusk. I figured aside, aside, aside from the guy who actually made it, I might be the only one known for Tusk. I mean, you get your tweet retweeted by Kevin Smith about Tusk, because I did, so I guess you weren't the guy. No. <laughs> That's true. Is Man. it on your list? <laughs> All that time. No, he's seen it. Um... I've been. <laughs> that's a slow burn joke. Yeah. Thank you. Are we gonna watch the trailer? What the fuck are we doing? No, because there is no trailer. Oh, that's right. Up. You fucked up. So yeah, what's your I, again? <laughs> I fucked up. That's all right. Um. So um. No. Uh. So the why tusk? Yeah. Why tusk? <laughs> um, Good I've, question. I love this film. Um. It's a it's a madcap monster movie that somehow has a lot of really good performances in it. Um, Michael Parks is amazing in this movie. I mm-hmm. don't know how else to describe. Like between that and Red State, I think some of the best work he ever did was with Kevin. Well, I mean, I think um, he's better yeah. in Red State, but the but, scene, yeah. the scene with him and uh, what the fuck is? I can't remember. Justin his... Long. Thank you, Justin Long. Where they're at dinner is awesome. Oh yeah, when he's just like, why, why? <laughs> and, and and the way uh, Kevin Smith shoots, I'm like, wow, he's shooting like a really good horror film right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting note: the DP of that film was also the DP of Moonlight. So, oh you know, wow, wow! So, um, James Laxton. Yeah. Um, I love, like I said, I love this film. Like, I think that there's something like it's interesting because there's a lot of things in this film that technically count as some of the most mature writing Kevin ever did. And then there's a move. There's a moment where a walrus shows up. It's insane. Yeah, this movie's literally insane. My favorite part is when Michael Parks dons the suit and then says, "Fight me!" <laughs> Yo, no, he no. This is his exact line: "You will fight me, Mister Walrus, or you will die." <laughs> awesome! It I, is accomplished. You are my Mister Tusk. <laughs> I will throw out that I I had forgot. So I remember us seeing Red State before, mm-hmm. right? And I forgot that when it came out on VOD, we also did an episode about it. So like theoretically, it was it was you know viable. Yeah, um, but I. I didn't put include it because I remembered like the three of us going to see it before uh, uh, before that. And the, James we started asked the a show. question that Kevin Smith took an hour on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I I would have genuinely probably made it like there would have been some contention there. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm glad that at least we get to talk about it because Michael Parks is great and man, Red State's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think Tosca is actually really good. It, I, it loses me because I understand the yeah. ending that he went for. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the melancholy like um the, the horror ending. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. But, I I think what I, I, I do like about it at one point is, is that there's a moment and it's just before like um the the walrus fight that Brad was describing happens. It's when he's like going like Mr. Tusk, why do you blubber so? I've never known why are you mourning your humanity? I've never known a human to be an ocean of shit. <laughs> I'm like, this that's what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> This man has literally lost his fucking mind. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I, I, I know it's kind of a... There's, like, a debate on this one, but I like Johnny Depp as Guy Lapointe. <laughs> uh, I in like this, him in that in, film. Yeah, in that film. Oh, there's yeah. another Guy Lapointe movie that we don't need to talk about. <laughs> I still don't think Yoga Hosers is that bad. I don't think it's terrible. I just think that if I'm going to compare the two Guy Lapointe performances, <laughs> I'm going with the one with the walrus. <laughs> I, 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 but I will say yeah. that I mean that's a lay down. I mean I, I mean at the end of the day, Yoga Hosers isn't bad as half the films I've ever we were seen. In this my life, close but. and not talking uh, about Yoga Hosers this episode. Yeah, I know, and yet 
Yoga Hose, there, I would, at least 70% of the films I've ever seen are better than Yoga Hoses. So yeah. I, I would I, I, but I don't think that there, I mean, I, I, I finally did see Independence Day 2, and Real I'll Rins? say that Yoga Hoses is way better than no, Independence Day 2. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, that's, that's category. Spoiler alert, that's my number eight. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, the, the camera's in focus at least sometimes in that movie. Oh. <laughs> but, so anyway, I, I mean, yeah, I, I know it was a violation of the deadline, but if anything, no, I wanted to give... Michael Parks is due because yeah. that poor man. Sure, list you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. So. yeah. This is the deadline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that's a, no. It's good. I I would have been remiss if you didn't have it on there because then we couldn't make fun of you. So that is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good pick. Just wait. I may get. I may. Get, I may get my revenge. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you will. No, there's there's some make fun of James time coming up. So yep. Brad. All right. So my number ten. Um, this film. Uh, was introduced to us at Denver Comic Con. I think it was the last day. And we were ready to pack up, and these two odd gentlemen came and sat down in a booth to do an interview. And uh, they told us about their movie, Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer. Touch that dial and change the channel and leave me, Oriola, the Twilight Tempters of Terror all alone now, would you? No, everybody's turned into zombies! You better find a place to hide before they get you! What, are you off in your own world again? Come on, Adam, get your head in the game! Yeah, Adam, Dario from the Slashers is up next and he's one rough customer. Let's rock and roll. Adam's the best bowler in the league. Better than his grandfather in his prime. You gotta rise above the others. You can't be some kind of automaton zombie idiot in this day and age. Too bad old Gramps just ended up in the gutter. Hey, don't talk about like Gramps that way. Almost forgot what it was like not to be sponsored by Ernie Bice's used car emporium. Ernie Bice, half as nice and twice the price. Look at that car. Top of the morning to you ladies. You're all looking fine today. Who's your friend there? I'm Emily. She's Adam's girlfriend. How did a loser like that end up with such a fine woman like yourself? You got a thing for fucking girls at the graveyard? Better than my mom's basement. It's only a matter of time before I become one of them. Violous, flesh-eating zombie. You did not listen, brothers and sisters. You did not have Jesus in your hearts. And now you see Satan himself has sent demons to take over this hell world. It is up to me, as a citizen of planet Earth, to kill the walking dead! Adam! 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 Hey, there's Adam! Whoa! Hey! Hey, Adam! Hey, Adam! Don't give up the fight for it, truly! I really appreciate 2D Extreme. I think that was funny. <laughs> that was pretty good. So, Brad. So, this is on my list because, um, you know, this innocuous, like, meeting of these uh, Richard Taylor and Zach Bynes uh, doing a little interview, and then I ran into them 
months later at open screen night and uh just um, like these two strangers have uh, now i've like worked with them and done films with them and uh just uh this movie introduced me to like you know, Richard's got me gigs for freelance and stuff, and um, you so know. you got paid to put this on your list, is what you're saying? <laughs> I got paid. To sponsored by, <laughs> yeah, it's sponsored by Biz Jack Flum- Flumco. Uh, but no, I'm just like part of uh, having this podcast is like meeting people and expanding, um, you know, my creative projects, and this one means a lot to me because those guys are totally cool, and um, that movie's, you know, it, it doesn't look like a million dollars, but it's <laughs> it's it's really fun, and it's you know, it's Denver homegrown, and um. Yeah, it's, it's it's charming and a joy to watch, and I've seen it a bunch of times now. Um, they played it at Starfest like every year yeah. at this point. Um, it's just fun, and you know, they're good dudes. So that's if, cool. If I, I wanted to see this film, because I've never heard of it before today, well, I'll loan you the <laughs> DVD. Oh, you have the DVD? Yes, yeah, I do. Cool. Sweet. How yeah. could the audience uh, watch? Or you movie? can uh, go to waxfilms.com, I think, and just buy it there. Um, okay. Twist and Shout has it. Uh, oh wow! Amazon has wow, it. I think you can. VOD it on Amazon. Go to uh, thepiratebay.org and. Oh, oh no! Don't! Don't! I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. How dare you, I'm sir? Just kidding. Uh, yep. Cool. Did it like nicely done. All right. Cool. We're on me. Um. So my number ten is at number ten because it's from this year, and so it, it was just sort of un. It, it's hard to judge something that's that recent that I've genuinely only seen once, um, but that I feel. This strongly about and also represents, I don't know, how, how great a genre that we have, like, genuinely during the six years we've been making the show, watched, like, bloom into something huge and awesome. And this, to me, is, is genuinely, like, the apex of that entire genre. Um, so, my number ten is... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> His menu. <laughs> uh. Menu, the motion picture. <laughs> my number ten is... Logan. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Hello. You know you gotta pay for that, right? Hey, come on. Not okay. We got ourselves an X-Men fan. Maybe a quarter of it happened. And not like this. In the real world, people die. Logan. I don't want to talk about it. Logan. Just stop. Be careful. I need the girl. What girl? Go get her. Each other. A home. 
you should take a moment. Feel it. You still have time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I will, I will just reiterate that to me, this is, this is the execution, like the fulfillment of a promise that is 15 years old for me, right? Like the fact that this X-Men movie is, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll spoil the year so far, my favorite film of the year, yeah. and it's going to be real hard for anything to beat it, um, is, is just astounding. Uh, and I cried so much. And then as you as you dig into what's great is it's not just a really solid action film. It's not just like oh man they made a good movie with the Wolverine in it. It's a good movie. It like it, transcends could, the superhero genre. Absolutely, it does. Mm -hmm. It it transcends is unfair to super. It actually like raises up yeah. the superhero genre as a whole. Right. It's not that superheroes aren't capable of doing this. Yeah. It actually makes the point that you can it tell it. really great stories in that genre uh, that are lasting. Um, and the more you dig into the story and the way that it's built and the way that it's written, like it just gets better. Uh, one thing that I, I will point out that uh, came out, like I didn't realize until weeks later and I saw an article about it, which was that uh, this guy tweeted it at James Mangold because mm -hmm. there's in the last Wolverine movie, oh, yeah. um, you know, there's the there's the woman who like can see into the future and tells him like you're gonna die with your heart in your hand, and when he dies, his daughter's hand is in his hand, and when I realized <laughs> I wanted to die again, <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, you evil evil genius! Like even that alone is so beautiful, and I, I'm constantly astounded by this movie, and. If it weren't for the fact that it was from this year, I would probably find a way to get it even higher. But I just felt like it wasn't it wasn't fair to judge. But um, every time I think back on this movie and how cool it is, and every time I watch that trailer, holy shit, it's so cool. So, yeah. Do you have your Logan Noir tickets yet? No, I don't. But I know. But I, I've already pre-ordered my 4K Blu-ray. <laughs> It'll be here very soon. <laughs> so I... I I wonder if like the Blu-ray is going to come. It's probably not going to come with the like, black and white it, version. It is. It is. Oh, well. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was... Thank God they're not pulling a like double dip thing with that. Oh yeah, like no, oh, yeah, like the blood and crumb thing. Yeah, <sighs> <laughs> no, uh, no, it's it's just great, ah, man. It's so good. Anyway, yeah, cool. Uh, my number ten is also from the same genre, and this genre pops up the most on my list <laughs> because I love. Uh, everyone knows if you've listened to this ep this podcast over the years is I love the spectacle of comic book movies. And this came out last year, oh. and oh. it's the this character shows up twice on my list. Two characters show up twice on my list from this movie. Oh. Um, <laughs> and there's there's a moment in this film wow. that um, all these heroes are running towards each other, <laughs> and I think is the greatest splash page ever in cinema. And my yeah. number ten is Captain America: Civil War. I was going to say, I also like Suicide Squad. This <laughs> <laughs> job. We try to save as many people as we can. Sometimes that doesn't mean everybody. But you don't give up.
New York. Washington, D.C. Sokovia. Okay, that's enough. Captain, people are afraid. That's why I'm here. We need to be put in check. Whatever form that takes, I'm game. I'm sorry, Tony. If I see a situation pointed south, I can't ignore it. Sometimes I wish I could. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. I know we're not perfect. But the safest hands are still our own. No, I, uh, again, this that movie is not only uh, beautiful and full of amazing action. the The climax to me is one of the best climaxes any superhero movie ever. Yeah, because when you're watching, yeah, are it, you talking about the airport scene? Or are you talking about the actual the actual scene? climax? Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. I mean, the airport scene's amazing, right? But yeah. you, but it's not emotional. Yeah, the way they set it up is like, oh man. Baron Zemo is going to make like super soldiers and they're all going to fight like and you go in there and he's killed them all and his I just love that uh, and the line that Robert Downey Jr. delivers is that son of a bitch killed my mom is just awesome and he's going to and he says did you know and Captain America knows it's I just love it I love everything about it yeah like that whole that whole sort of not like emotionally emotional politics dilemma that's going on there and the fact that even when you know Steve knows you're not even really that mad at him, but like you also understand, like you you understand why these characters are mad at each other, and, I th- and yet you you aren't necessarily on a side. And that's why I think this movie works so well, and Batman Superman doesn't work as well. You had to do it. I had to because <laughs> these guys, you can say each one of them's right. Right. There's no there's no right answer, and I think that's why it's a a tough and dilemma. Every time they hit each other, you just, you feel it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they don't even need to be superpowered. Like, they, when they punch each other, you're like, oh. well, really, neither of them are superpowered. Um, well, no. Steve Rogers Steve is. Rogers is yeah, well, he's just really buff. Su- super no. They just gave him a lot of steroids no. really quickly. Super so. soldier serum isn't steroids. He can't get sick, man. That's also true. Yeah. He also can't get drunk. Yeah. Like, there's, oh, there's a lot of things he can't true. do. Yeah. Well, he can't. He just has to try real hard. He has yeah. to. He has to try like Tony Stark hard. But you know what the super serum doesn't give him? Heart. Love. I'm all heart, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
Oh, that's a really good pick. Nicely done. Yeah. Uh, Henry, number nine. All right. My number nine, I think it's the only film on my list that all of us have seen. And I know that one of us also likes it. I think the rest of my films, at least one of you, I think, I'm pretty sure this is the only film that on my list that you've all seen. Okay. So my number nine film is about America, and it is... A tag team review. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Bro. Oh, and it's the Red Band trailer. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, so what's the movie? Uh, you'll see. My name is Daniel Lugo, and I want to make America a better place. If you're willing to do the work, you can have anything. That's what makes the USFA great. You work hard, and what does life serve you? A shame sandwich with a side order of shit. <laughs> don't be a donter. Do be a doer. I had a wife, two beautiful daughters. Thank God I left her. Now I'm with seven honeys of which I can choose from. Oh my God, this guy understands me. Don't you think you deserve better? Because I do. Mr. Doble, are you currently using steroids? I think they messed me up. Took a lot of balls to come in here. More like raisinets. At least yours are chocolate-covered raisinets. Oh, Oh, sorry. We're being kept down by people who cheated to get where they are. I got a plan to change that. You can't kidnap a guy and take his things. Sure we can. Victor Kershaw is a criminal prick who deserved bad shit to happen to him. We go through with this. Nobody gets hurt, right? (laughs) Oh, man. I watch a lot of movies, Paul. I know what I'm doing. We're looking for merchandise to shock, incapacitate, and imprison our fellow man. Hit me! Eagle is on the move. Neutralize the target. Ass wipe! Did you get him? Where is he? There he is! You got the wrong BMW? It was an honest mistake. We thought it was the same car. It looks exactly the same. Welcome to the club, like, what up? I got a big cock. Knocked him out, man. What the fuck did you do that for? Okay, I need to read the manual. Yeah, I don't figure it out. Need it anymore. Oh, here, you take it. You gotta get quiet every asset you have. Thanks, buddy. What do we do now? Star 69. You want to have sex with him? What's with you, clown? Snatch that cabbage patch. All right, here's the deal, little fella. I'm going to headbutt you and knock you out. You do something bad? Maybe a little. They got my toe. You can see the bone. little buddy you hungry what the hell are you doing on the ground that hurts well it's supposed to hurt it's called pain and gain russ you don't be a little bitch don't eyeball me boy i see your mother driving up and down the street looking at me i'd be your stepfather about a week <laughs> oh, oh i'm so glad this worked out <laughs> uh i'm a very Big Michael Bay apologist. Mm-hmm. Um, High five. I uh, I have the un- I have the controversial opinion that I think this is his best film. Uh, uh, I would agree, absolutely. I know some people, I know a lot of people really like uh, Bad Boys and all that kind of stuff, and, and Armageddon and all those different films. But this is my personal favorite um, of his. Have you heard of this movie called The Rock? Well, I mean, yeah, but like he's made a lot. Of gr- okay, he's made a lot of great films. Um, yeah. This one has The Rock in it though. Um, <laughs> 
Um, Point uh, Henry. True. But Very I mean, true. I think like I mean, I don't know. A lot of people really dislike this film. Um, They're wrong. I think uh, I think it's a great sat. I think it's a great satire. Uh, I think it's. I, I just I don't know. It's hard to put into words how much I love this film. Yeah. I remember being really excited for it to come out. I saw like the first screening of it, like the day it did come out, mm-hmm. uh, and I've just. I've watched this film. This is probably one of the films I've seen the most times. Hmm. I'll say because I, th- I rewatch it at least once a year. Huh. And uh, I think it's cool. just, I think it's a really good commentary on what America is like today and what the American dream has evolved into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the misconception of what the American dream is. Um, and I think I think Daniel Lugo and uh, I think he's a great protagonist. One that you don't like. Okay, yeah. But you're sti- I think he's the perfect example of a protagonist you don't like, but are still willing to watch. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause, and and uh, what I love about the trailer, too, is that you don't really see what, like, the trailer really shows you the first half of the film. It but doesn't show you where the fuck it goes. <laughs> the second half of the film yeah. is really where the film explodes, and I think that's what I like the most. And Dwayne, I think it's one of Dwayne Johnson's best performances, at least, definitely. Mm-hmm. Have uh, you seen Be Cool? Just saying. I have not seen Be Cool, so I will have to put that on my list. So I have, and don't worry about it. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it's no Southland Tales, but it's oh, uh, still. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't know. I love it. I love it a lot. That's so. great. Um, Zach. So I saw this film. Uh, uh, I, one of the biggest regrets of doing this show with you guys is that I didn't get to be on this episode because <laughs> um, you had not only that, but you had my like three of my fr- best friends on it. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I, the first time I saw the film, I I, I gen, genuinely walked out shocked by what I saw um, that they got away with. Um, and then I went again, and then I went again, trying to make sense of it. And then by the third viewing, I finally got it like, oh, Michael Bay's a really big fan of the Coen brothers, but he doesn't know how to do a Coen brothers movie. Well, like, this is a southern gothic film that takes place in Florida. That is true. That's like, part of it. But, like, like think about it this way is, is like... This this man like is truly trying to tell a good story about idiots, like it's truly right. a wonderful film about idiots, <laughs> and really shitty people doing really shitty things. I mean, this is a film that like, I I would say, and le- at, but, like the beginning or like at least the start of the third act uh-huh. has on the screen it says this is still based on a true, true story. story. <laughs> it's which, so unbelievable. Which is like, I mean, I mean, like unfortunately the mystique can be like kind of blown away because you read the actual story and the actual story is a lot more disgusting and a lot sure. more well i mean like i like the big complaint that i hear from people is that like it's like apparently lugo's a like a much worse person than even mark Wahlberg makes him out to be which is hard it's mark Wahlberg. Yeah. um i love mark Wahlberg by the way if too. you're listening i know you called in at one point yeah. um but um but uh you see my new transformer movie <laughs> that's not uh, super cut Oh god! <laughs> um, but it's just I don't, it's just yeah, I love this movie so much. Yeah, it's so good. I love it, and I love the cast. I think the I think the Rock is great in this. I love Anthony Mackie in the movie. I love Wahlberg. Um, Shalhoub is insane. Um, Ed Harris playing like the only like rational character yeah. throughout a movie full of insane people. Um, it, it just I I. I get why some people would say The Rock or Bad Boys and whatnot, but for for what I look for in a movie, this is my favorite Michael Bay movie, hands down. I'm I'm astounded that this is that this even came up. <laughs> this is funny, cool for two of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Fun fact at the same time. Pain and Gain is our 98th episode, and it's the third episode that Ryan missed. Oh, oh. Um, I have seen the movie though. 
<laughs> and I've never bought the Blu-ray because the it's only the movie. Mm-hmm. But there oh. is a special edition of the Blu-ray. That yeah, you, I don't know if it was an exclusive or something. Well, where... No, because I actually just looked it up like a, two weeks ago, and it's available for like ten bucks. So, so yeah, there it is, right also, there. Don't worry, it's Michael Bay, so he'll it'll, it it'll get a Criterion. Yeah. I'll also say, like, yeah. I experienced the problem. Don't buy it on iTunes or on, maybe oh. Amazon because, like, a lot of the film what I like about it is the stylization of the subtitles. And how like they have like, they have this certain font and they have like a certain placement on the screen. Yeah. But in my iTunes version, they they normalized it, so what? it's how you see most subtitles like for when you watch a foreign film. What? So it doesn't work. So like I always they have can to do I, that. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. What? And so like so it's like removed, and so like the part where you would see the thing, it's no longer there. Mm-hmm. And I so no, that was a uh, like a thing. Yeah, I didn't know it was either until I watched it on iTunes. I was like, I have to go stop and rewatch the first half of this film on DVD. Weird. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Are we cool. being too loud? No, I think we're. Oh. No, I think they're just Why having is there a party. Footprint on your ceiling. Oh my! A boot print. Where? Right directly there? above you. Oh, there, there was there a spider up there. <laughs> Ghost. You guys sometimes doing parkour in here? Sometimes I threw <laughs> boots at the ceiling. <laughs> parkour. 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 <laughs> cool. Who's next? Brad. Brad. Oh, Brad. Yeah. I honestly can't remember what my number nine is right well, now. Let's find out. <laughs> um, I think I know what it is, but let's let the television tell us. Okay. Oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> we, we called it. Is it just a trauma list? My number nine is Father's Day. Yeah. There's, there's, my whole list is trauma films. Okay. <laughs> is someone there? John? After all these years, you've come for me. There is a boy. Many years ago, he tried to kill the Falkman. He left us a long time ago. You know any dads go missing around here, motherfucker? But this time, it's your old man. You seen your dad burn death in front of you? Is the fuck, man? Father's Day killer, cannibal man killer. Ah, those damn reporters can give it any name they want. But I got my eye on you and the degenerate sister of yours, Chelsea. So you tell her I said hi. <laughs> you must find this man, Ava. You must find him. Father of Flint sent me, and I've traveled across the world to speak to you. I hurt a lot of people in my life, Father. And I don't want to hurt anymore. I prayed every night that you would come and find me, but you never did. I don't want you putting your life on the line over some stupid vendetta for the Father's Day killer. Why not? You did. And I'm going to finish what you could. Says that he that sees but one path shall stand in the way of the fuck man. No time to explain. Oh, glory to the fuck, Happy Father's Day.
So yeah, <laughs> much how Tusk is Zach's defining film. I think it's probably your defining film. Uh, yeah, um, I think that's fair. Yeah, I saw it at Esquire Midnight, and uh, it's like this crazy schlocky, <laughs> yeah, shitty film. But uh, I don't know. I, I had fun watching it. It's just kind of like a. I like weird, wild stuff sometimes. Yeah, and, no, it's... Oh, yeah. But it's really on the list more because it's so infamous between, like, how much you guys hate it. <laughs> well, I don't... And I, we I, talked I, about it over yeah. and over. <laughs> it's pretty terrible, yeah. But um, what's funny is, like, Brian and I were talking about this the other day uh, because I, I was sort of trying to guess, and I was like, I bet he'll have that on there. And I, it does. It comes up in my mind because it's one of the few times that you have, like, argued so vehemently for a film that we both had to see it even though we knew we would hate it, <laughs> you know, like it was, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that I saw it, I guess. Um, there's some, there's some stuff to be had, you know? Yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah. I mean, it is like, it's a trauma movie. You have to know what you're getting into. And it's yeah. not short either. So <laughs> that, like, Oh, that's right. There's a lot of, it feels like there's four acts to it. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to sit through. Some I know. Not I like Hobo stuff, with but... a shotgun more. Yeah, well, it's not theirs, but yeah. yeah, it's not theirs, but but that's more the, of a concise yeah. uh, honoring the genre while also feeling a little updated. Mm-hmm. This yeah. feels like straight up a trauma film. Who yeah, there's exploitation the and there's the trauma. Um, Jason Eisner. Okay, no, okay, I forgot what he's done since then. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah, he did something else recently, but I can't remember. Who yeah. made what? Sorry. Uh, Hubble with Hiragam. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, yeah he, it's considered a 2011 release, uh, so it's in per- parameter. So, yeah. and it actually has a high letterbox rating. Well, oh. the, the whole well, Cult of Explosion 300 was um, not the dates, but stuff we watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to yeah. say, like, it doesn't matter the date, because for, for you, you're the one that breaks the rule every single time. So <laughs> yeah. That could have oh, been, yeah, 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 yeah. been a 1975 film, and it wouldn't matter. I was going to say, his next movie is Back to the Future. So. <laughs> well. <laughs> I did watch Back to the Future Day during our tenure. So. <sighs> I know. I know, Brad. I know. Calm down. <laughs> cool. Uh, my number nine? Ready? Oh, uh, well, Are you I'm introduce a, it or I'm a, hit, hit yeah. A. Um, so my number. Uh, Tell me when you hit A. Okay, I w- okay, hold on, <laughs> just hold on. Uh, my number nine is here. This is sort of my ringer on the list, um, and it's it's a movie that's there sort of to re- represent one of the things that I I do love the most about this show, which is that it has sort of forced or encouraged me to go and see some things that like maybe I would I'd see a trailer for and be like that seems cool but in, because of the show I would actually like go to a theater when I had the chance and go see some of these movies and uh, this is probably the most inspiring movie that I have seen during the, the our tenure on this show uh, my number nine is a weird little movie called Kantiki by crossing the Pacific for 5,000 miles I will prove that Peruvians were the first to settle Polynesia it's further than from Chicago to Moscow. Look around you. Every book in here offers some theory or another. Mr. Doubtless the story of Norwegians drowning in the Pacific will sell a lot of magazines. But not this one. You want your theory to be accepted? Then go ahead. Drift from Peru to Polynesia on a falsehood raft. There will be no one to save us out there except your theory. If I pull this off, I just hope that a hundred days from now your children still have a father. The South Equatorial Current is the only road there is. If you can't steer, you can't just wish yourself a change of course.
Yeah, so this is like my one pretentious sort of like just slip it in there. Um, I I just <laughs> I I absolutely adore this movie and and it's one that I I think about a lot. Um, you know when I when I talk about it being genuinely inspiring, like this is one of those movies that when you do some research and of course I'll be the one to bring this up. Like the Apollo astronauts tend to reference <laughs> the uh, Tor Heyerdahl and what an inspiration he is, and so when you see this really well written, well made film that tells the story of these extremely brave guys who just have they just believe that they're right and they just believe that they can survive uh and they do the something that sounds absolutely insane but what uh, are they what's their goal uh so he uh he's an anthropologist and he sets out to prove that uh the polynesian islands are settled by peruvians instead of people from asia um which even though he has good evidence to show that he's right um, you know, textbooks all said that it was settled by people from Asia. And so when he would go try to, like, he'd write these academic books or, you know, papers to try and prove it, no one believed him. And so um, he, because no one would ever listen to him and, he, and everybody thought he was a quack, he gets, like, five of his friends together. They build a balsa wood raft using the exact same technology that would have been available, like, 2,000 or, or, or thousands of years earlier. Yeah. Um, and simply set themselves adrift on the ocean in hopes that the current will take them where he thinks it will. Um, and what it's, what it's credited for is he, he ends up proving that uh, early civilizations didn't see the ocean as a barrier. They saw it as a, a mode of transportation. Even though it was super dangerous, they were still brave enough to do it. And sure enough, like the, the, he, he changed history. Um, huh. Because then once you took the fact that he proved you could do it and the fact that like you know the the people's stories said that they co- they came from the east instead of the west uh the like there were strains of plants that were on those islands that came clearly from south america instead of from asia like all of this evidence was there but he had to prove that this was even possible um when does the film take place 1940s wow. 1942 something wow. like that yeah um, I have to say, whenever I've heard you describe this film, and just based off my knowledge of this film, I always assumed it was uh, the Shallows kind of film. No, and watching this trailer, I'm like, oh, that looks actually good. <laughs> it's because it's because it also has one of the most badass moments, which is sort of spoiled in the trailer. The the shot, which yeah, I've talked about it for years, so I will just sort of spoil mm-hmm. it. But um, there's this great shot where uh, like they've got a bird on the boat. And it flies out into the ocean and sort of splashes around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And almost, like, suddenly the shark pops up out of the ocean uh-huh. and threatens this guy's bird that he really likes. And, and this guy stands up on the raft. And, the, and in a wonder, the, the camera goes around the raft as he starts, like, walking the perimeter of the raft. And he's staring out into the ocean at the uh-huh. camera. And you're like, what is going on? Like, it's super intense. And you, and you think it feels more like he's watching the shark because he wants to know where the shark is because he doesn't feel safe. 
And as it comes around, like the camera comes in and he reaches down into the ocean with a hook, grabs the shark out of the fucking ocean and pulls it onto the boat or onto the raft where it thrashes around like yeah. that for a while. And then he jumps on its back and starts stabbing it with a knife. And it's the coolest, <laughs> most like testosterone inducing moment I've seen in years. Like, it's just so awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway. Uh, it's it's really great and I I recommend it highly. So that's my number nine. Cool. Uh, my number nine is from one of my favorite genres. It's a horror film. And every once in a while, horror films come along and I think they help redefine what a horror film should be and how they should be made. My number nine film is It Follows. I used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself. Holding hands with a really cute guy. Driving along some pretty road. It's never about going anywhere, really. It's having some sort of freedom, I guess. Okay. You awake? What You're not gonna believe me. And I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's gonna follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. I'm scared. I need to find him. Did he really do to you? Apparently, he used a fake name to rent a house in the city. This isn't real. I swear to you, this is just some game. If it kills her, it gets me and goes straight down the line whoever started it. What exactly is supposed to be following you? I don't know. Something happened. It's not what she thinks, okay? You don't believe me. Mom? No, it's me. Everything's okay. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love this movie. I think it helps make the horror <laughs> genre be smarter and it, it most of the time critics will dismiss horror films but this is a film that critics actually got on board with because there is this pending doom throughout the f picture and the ending is amazing and it just I, I just love this film you know I, I was really sucked in I mean the opening gets you into the film right away but what really sold me on the film too is when he takes her out on a date and they're in the movie theater and they're yeah. playing this game where like, uh, you know, name what this person does. And he talks about this woman in the back and uh, she's like, what woman? And so he's the only one you see. So I love the sense of doom throughout the picture. Yeah. I love that it's unrelenting. No matter where you go, it's going to follow you. Um, I, I think it'd be interesting to maybe play with if you'd got on a plane and flew like to England. Yeah. How would it get there? Would it just it's going to walk the bottom walk of the ocean. through the bottom of the ocean. Uh -huh. You know, I don't know. I, I think it, it sets up great possibilities. 
I know they're working on a sequel. I already have the title for it. It's called It Still Follows. Oh, yeah. um, That's pretty good. The but third no. one, they go to space. Oh, or, they go to or, or, or they could use the uh, they could use the Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> methodology and call it It Follows and Follows. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, um, I love that. I love that movie. Yeah, no, that's a great pick, man. And it's 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 interesting how many horror movies kind of wanted to be on my list. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm amazed, and there's a lot of things you know, similar to my last pick, right? This is one of those that I never would have seen if not for this show. Um, and I'm really glad that I did because I love it. And I, as I've as we've talked about back when we reviewed it, like that ending, I actually find so kind of hopeful and beautiful, which for a horror movie is really strange. So it's a good pick, Ryan. Thank you. I know you're welcome, <laughs> <laughs> Henry. Uh, my number eight uh, is a film that I was not expecting to like. Uh, I thought I was going to hate it, and then I walked in and I related to it. Way more than I wanted to. Teenage Mutant Ninja's Out of the Shadows. Uh, my number eight is Suicide Squad. It's not. It's James White. Your stem cell transplants and your steroids, who fought for you? I'm your son, and that is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm happy to be here because I love you. That's right. But I need to go away. And when I come back, I will be ready for life. <laughs> trying to hit on you before i was just being genuine and asking if you want to just come hang out with my friends you got acid an adult with no money and no job we always thought you'd end up in jail i know the demons that you're wrestling with i want to help so i'm just gonna come right out and say this okay you're a mess she may die any day. She is scared to death. You need to relax. theaters uh it was in theaters at the sea for i think a week and so and then i eventually saw it on netflix that looks really uh, good yeah it's uh it tells the story of this guy named james white who is in general oh. yeah i know right um who's in general just like he's just a fuck up in his life he, he has nothing nothing go- he does nothing good in his life uh the film starts with his father's funeral and then it's about like and then you see him kind of deal with that and then, like, within the next ten minutes, you find out that his mom has been diagnosed with cancer. And it's just him... It's him grieving his father's death and him pre-grieving grieving his mother's death. And, Reminds me of Manchester oh. by the Sea. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> very, very... Uh, every time I see... The, I mean, it's like I said, I relate to this film more than I want to because the characters fuck up. And, like, I don't Aww, want to relate to a fuck no. up. But, like, 
it's it's extremely well written. I think it's the most honest portrayal of of cancer I've seen in film in a very very long time. Mm. As opposed to like, like other people, which kind of romanticize cancer or oh, a lot yeah. of films. This film very much shows you it's the worst, and and especially and just seeing like him know that it's not going to end well, but him still not having the courage to to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a really beautifully done. It, I mean, it's a depressing film, obviously, but I think it's... I mean, I sob every time I watch it, but it's hmm. its genuinely my favorite film of 2015. Wow. So, That's yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, James White. Very cool. I may have to check that out. When I want to feel sad. I will not. <laughs> no yeah. surprise. Uh, by the way, as a heads up, the rest of my list is pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you don't have to pick movies like that we get it yeah i know <laughs> you've proved it like, we know what you like zach stop texting um, sorry no, i'm just tried to call me and I'm, you're, you're good there Ooh. is one film that is very pretentious on my list that i'm excited to get to because i will preface it by saying none of you should ever watch this film <laughs> so really? yeah we'll get to it because it's terrible or never mind you'll, we'll, I, you'll find out i should know what it is but i seriously have blanked on all your lists <laughs> yeah <laughs> Really right. don't remember a movie called James White? <laughs> well, I, I yeah, I remember that uh, one. It's but... a film by James Mond. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so my number eight is um, quite possibly the one film that will piss off the guy directly in front of me the most. Am I, Wait, di- am I directly? Who's directly in front Brad of you? Just the person at? you're looking at. Okay. He's not directly okay. in front of you. For the listeners, well, he's looking at me. My body's positioned this way. Um, but I also think it might be my second favorite of this filmmaker's filmography. My number eight is Suicide oh. Squad. Okay, <laughs> The Hateful Eight. room for they call him when the handbill says dead or alive the rest of us just shoot you in the back come up on top of perch somewhere hang man catches you you hang get in boys this here is daisy domergoo dead or alive for murder when that sun comes out, but to hang. Is there anybody here that does? Minnie's haberdashery is about to get cozy for the next few days. Yes, it does. One of them fellas is not what he says he is. Move a little strange, you're gonna get a bullet. Not a warning, not a question. A bullet. Now we're talking. I want my money back. I'm just kidding. 
I still need to see it. Zach gave it to oh, me. You and it's, it? uh, no, it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh. Zach gave it to me for Christmas. See, I, I, I'll give the movie to people who are willing to, I don't know, not be dicks about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't need you to give, me, give, give it to me. I, I, I sat through it once already. Okay, that's fine. I sat through it, oh gosh, it's about five times now. Um, Whoa. Uh, <laughs> three times in theaters and twice on my Blu-ray player. And the Blu-ray player does no justice to how great that movie looks. Is that how many times it took you to not fall asleep? You I'm are an asshole. <laughs> Just wait till Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters comes up. I'm just gonna oh, no. be like, fuck. No, 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 no. There will be much making fun of James on my next pick. So I go know, ahead. So, um, so I actually like the hateful eight, and I, I mean, when it comes to Quentin Tarantino, I'm not, I'm not always driven to the most populous films per se. Like my favorite of his films is Jackie Brown, and it's your favorite film ever. Yes, it is. Um, and um, or like Death Proof. I really love Death Proof. Yeah. Like beyond all like reason and doubt. I'm sorry. That's my favorite line, I think, in every Quentin Tarantino movie ever. Remember when, remember when, when Kurt Russell like, looks at the camera and just smiles? <laughs> it's great. It's um, okay. And uh, so this particular <laughs> film is interesting because, um, for one, like I, so there was, it, it's interesting because I actually listened to the past episodes of this podcast where we were discussing the 70 millimeter. If you look at the technical definition of what a 70 millimeter lens is supposed to do, it's actually supposed to handle close-ups the best. And I think that's what it does very, very well, especially the fact that they're in such a confined space. I actually think it works. The um, Obviously, yes, the sprawling sequences might not be the most glamorous, but it's not. that's not generally Quentin's style I mean, or Robert yeah, Richardson's I think style. I would, never, I think it's still beautiful. I would, I would never like call Quentin Tarantino glamorous. So I, don't think <laughs> like... I think what the like it not being as grandiose uh, helps give you the sense of confinement mm-hmm. that like there's nothing beyond mm-hmm. this yeah. cabin yeah so yeah and um, I think sequence is beautiful I th- and I think that these performances are some of the finest that I've seen Quentin kind of get from his actors especially with um, uh, Walton Goggins Sam Jackson um, I I love Kurt Russell in this film even though he is a blowhard in the film like oh. So like you know you it's it's weird because when I first saw this movie I'm like Kurt Russell is gonna be the hero throughout the movie and then halfway through yeah, he's bam yeah, he's no not. he's not he's just an asshole um, and uh, yeah spoilers uh, yeah spoilers <laughs> spoilers for the hateful a um, you've had your chance um, and uh, uh, the the only thing that does bother me about this film and I know that it's not the most like secretive. Channing Tatum probably shouldn't have been revealed until the very end. Oh, like, they should they should not have put yeah. his name on the credits at the very beginning of this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even know he was in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's, only, it's his names are in the opening credits. Yeah, his names are literally in the opening the credits. So, like, thing. it would have been spoiled for you, like, I don't know, like a minute in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but um, I, I, but I, I mean, I when he does, I so many so much time passes in that film at a certain point that when he does show up, I'm like, oh, okay. So um, it is long enough to the point where like you might forget. Yeah. So and um, it had an intermission that was cool. Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, James Park says Ob is a nice little connecting force until like it's up to a point, and it's really it's really funny funny when he they keep sending him outside into uh, essentially like do all the dirty work while they're all inside. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, I I just love this movie, and I and I actually think that. Much like Jackie Brown, I think he's tackling a theme that I don't think people are expecting out of him. It's a lot about post reconstruct. It's about reconstruction, as mm-hmm. opposed to where Django Unchained is dealing with like the the angers and sentiments of like that lead to war. 
This is about the fallout of war. I will say that Django Chain is more what you would expect from. Yeah, Hateful Eight is something that you would expect Quentin to watch, not to make. Yeah, this is something that you would expect to be in his top ten list. Yes, exactly. So I will say, like, I did not hate it nearly as much as everyone else did. (laughs) Um, I think I think this is like definitely. I think it's. I think for me, it's at least mid tier. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, and I um, and I love Jennifer Jason Leigh in this movie. Yeah, she's good. Um, yeah. I think um, she definitely gives a very strong performance in this film. So yeah, I, that's it. The Hateful Eight. Like, I mean, I know that it's not everybody's Did cup you of tea. But pick it at number eight. That kind of came oh, on accident. <laughs> that kind of came on accident because originally it was number seven, but um, then number seven. I will say, and those of you who like, since it is a long film. For those of you that watched the first half before the intermission are like, I don't know about this. The second half is where I think the film shines. I think the second half is, I mean, that's when I was like, okay. Because the first half I was like, yeah, whatever. Techni- second half I do like a lot more. Te- technically, the second half of the film is more of a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, than that's when I think he gets, that's when it becomes a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah. So. So. so I will say, don't be discouraged if you watch the first half and are like, I don't know about this. No, I mean, like, and again, like, or, I mean, heck, I wouldn't discourage you from watching it in segments because it is a very long movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Brad. Brad. All right, my number eight um, is important to me because it's one of the first things we did as a podcast. Um, Fuck. <laughs> the trailer's yeah. two minutes wow. of uncut. We fought. Yeah, now watch the fruits of our Fucking. porn labor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've waited Mom. six years to show you all the edit. Here it is. Uh, but yeah, my number eight is Red State. Oh. It's a great movie. Facing Jesus on my way tonight. He says to me, old sinner, come on in. I see the face of Jesus in that great white light. And my Savior makes me whole again. In his shining eyes. In his shining eyes, I see the promise of all forgiveness to set you free. I see the face of Jesus on my way this night. And my Savior is to comfort me. I fear God. You better believe I fear God. Um, ah. so I've actually haven't seen the movie since we saw it in the Boulder Theater. Oh, really? Wow. really? And you asked the question that he answered Paramount. over an hour long. Huh? Paramount. The Paramount, Paramount? Theater. Yeah. yeah yep. Bo- Boulder, Boulder, we saw Jay and Silent Bob get old. Oh, okay. But you're at, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not actually one of my favorite films, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, the fact that like we got to do that, you know, together and, um, yeah. we eventually did review it and I think, what's the episode? It was before we started doing the podcast, or something. which is kind of cool. Yeah, it was, like relatively was, quickly before. Uh, yeah, I think uh, had I graduated yet. I feel yeah. like either I had just graduated, or I think I may, I may have driven down specifically for it. Uh, one of the two, but twenty-one um, episode twenty-one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's on my list just because it's like one of the special things that we did, and that kind of led us to into the podcast. And yeah, absolutely. I mean. God, I've seen Kevin Smith so many more times since then. I know. It's fun. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I should revisit it because watching that trailer, 
it's oh, funny. So that, curious again. After we left, you know, because I always think of a question to ask him after we leave. Because every time I see him live, someone always asks him the same questions. Yeah. I really want to ask him, what's the his lead actress in Dogma? What's her name again? Linda? Uh, Linda Fiorentino. Fiorentino, yeah. yeah. He talks about in the commentary how he always fought with her, but he never brings it up again. So I want to ask him what happened with her. Oh. Yeah. Because I don't think I've ever heard that story from him. And he yeah. might tell you, like, in a... You know, it's not the one they're recording, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Because when the last one I went to, he talked about stuff about Jeffrey Anderson and Clerks Three that I didn't expect him to. Yeah. Reveal. Um. So yeah. Interesting. But, yeah, you asked him that that question that he. <laughs> yeah, and then he went. Took for the like longest 20, answer. Yeah. Or so. yeah, it was, it was all you. Um. Well, yeah, I, I just did there. I think it's like from being in film school for like this year. It's fascinating and also disappointing to me how many people in my graduate class have never seen a Kevin Smith film and some of them have never heard of him. Really? That are oh. in the film mm-hmm. department. Yeah, you were talking oh, to me about this. Back that in seems December. insane. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was in, in one of my classes, the teacher was asking like, who do you think is like the relevant filmmakers of the time? And mm-hmm. like Kevin Smith came up. Yeah. Um, and my teacher was like, I don't know yet. I think at that point he, like his last film was James and Bob Strike Back. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, was it interesting, like, seeing, and I had I don't think I'd seen Clerks yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's interesting seeing like the separation between like your generation of filmmakers and my generation of filmmakers. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like yours is clearly uneducated then because the truth is I look at it and go, he's a, like a proof of concept filmmaker where it's like, oh yeah, no, really. Like if you think you can make a movie, which is so relevant today when it's a lot easier to make a movie, like if you think you can do it, you should at least give it a shot because you might actually pull it off. Yeah. Um, And because the truth is he, he's a good filmmaker. In my mind, he actually gets thrown into that same bucket as like your, your Soderbergh's and your, and your Coen brothers of kicking off early independent film and yeah, like definitely. being there at that inception um that of course now is like yeah. its own market and industry um but uh, i mean like no matter like what you historically think historically relevant yeah i mean no matter what you think of his films like you could like not like all his films you can't deny that he's one of the most influential filmmakers today definitely yeah, absolutely and, so. and without clerks i don't know if you get some of the like yeah at least like things like mumblecore and even your jet apathow stuff would be different yeah i can, um, I, can I can agree with that yeah yeah Side note, it's too bad that he's making shit now. Why do you guys drink so much Mountain Dew? That shit is so gross. It's um, delicious. <laughs> false. You know, me and Brooks were talking about how shitty Mountain Dew is. <laughs> Side note, guess who was also shit. at that same screening? You? I remember your question. Oh, yeah, you were there? Oh, that's cool. Oh, man. So I've been haunting you guys for way longer <laughs> than you thought. <laughs> You're like, so I was like, Who's that handsome guy? Yeah, who's that handsome I gotta, devil? I gotta, I gotta track him down. I'm gonna spend two years listening to his podcast, then introduce myself to his skinny friend. I was twelve. <laughs> he likes movies. He's like, he likes movies. I'm gonna have to start liking movies all of a sudden. <laughs> For up to now, I only liked flowers. <laughs> Old timey radio. Yeah, flowers. Uh, and I would just press flowers in a book while all, listening to Jack Benny. <laughs> alternate universe. Zach was is the best florist in all of Denver. <laughs> And then James fucked it up <laughs> by asking this great question. So my number eight is uh, is a movie that you can all prepare to just make fun of me for. Okay. Um, but I think is is relevant to the history of this podcast. Would you agree, Red? I can't remember what it is right now. Oh, really? <laughs> I have it on the screen. But oh. anyway. Um, uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> is, is this your identifiable film? Yeah. Okay, yeah, actually, is, is this your walrus? Yes, it totally is. Uh, my number eight is... Mud. There are things you can't get away with in this world, and there are things you can't. Galen said it's been here a while. He thinks the last flood did it. 
There it is. Who else knows about this? Just me and Galen. Good. This boat's ours. Someone's here. What? Someone's living in our boat. You know that guy? I've never seen him before. What'd you say, boys? You got crosses in your heels. Nails. Shaped like crosses. What for? Ward off evil spirits. I'm waiting on my girlfriend. She got these birds tattooed on her hands here. Nightingale. Good luck, birds. I just can't spend the rest of my life running away with him. She don't care about nobody but herself. Are you stuck off in that island? Because of her. Ma'am, have you seen this man? No, sir. Son, have you? What do you do? This river brings a lot of trash down. You got to know what's worth keeping and what's worth letting go. You never said your name. Mud. You can call me Mud. We won't try getting this boat in the water. It's my best shot. I made a list of things we're going to need. You boys need to watch yourself. What Mud's into is something you don't want to be involved in. I got a lot of folks looking for me. He's not dangerous. Sounds like the state troopers think different. We're gonna pray for the death of the man who killed my son. Y'all been good to me. You're the only friends I got out here. You did it for her. Protect her. Don't expect any help from me. We got too much riding on this thing. You know you don't know him, right? What have you been doing? Everything you told me was a lie. Yeah, so, I mean, this was one of my number ones, and it was there for a reason. Uh, I really love this movie. It obviously plays on a lot of my, my, my sentiments, and um, the, the father-son story, I think, is just beautiful and really well handled, and also, you know, introduced me to, to Jeff Nichols, who I, I really love following. Um, so, yeah, I, there's not much I haven't said about this movie before. Um, so, I don't know. I, I like mud. It's, it's also really a pretty cool, like, coming-of-age adventure film as well. And, like, the, the little stories about, you know, this kid who's in high school, you know, wanting to learn what love is and trying to learn it from mud and having this sort of defining experience and learning a lot about the fact that his parents are, are fallible um, is just really good. It's just a well-told, simple little story. Uh, that also has some awesome scenes in it. So, yeah. yeah. And Michael Shannon plays a scuba uncle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael, Shannon's really, Michael Shannon is Neckbone's uncle, and it's great. <laughs> There's a kid in the movie called Neckbone. It's pretty great. <laughs> As, I, Michael Shannon's in all of his films, I think, Jeff Neckbone's yeah. films. Did you, did you see Loving? I haven't yet. That's, I one, cause that's the one I haven't seen of his uh, filmography as well. I know. So. That's terrible. But I will. Yeah, eventually. Yep. Uh, my number eight is also one of my number one films. Uh, it's a sentimental pick, much like James's pick. This movie made me cry three times, and I still cry three times every time I watch this Aww. movie. It is a little bloated. Um, they can probably cut about 20 minutes out of it with a, the backstory that doesn't need to exist. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my number eight film is The Amazing Spider-Man number two. You know what it is I love about being Spider-Man? Everything.
Very humble. It's been 10 years. What have you been up to? I do some web design. you under surveillance. Why? Isn't that the question of the day? Nothing is what I thought it was. I once told you that secrets have a cost. The truth does too. My name is Richard Parker. I have discovered what Oscorp was going to use my research for. What is all this? The future. We have plans for you, Peter Parker. You wanted to be the hero. Need a hand? Now you gotta pay the price. We have the power now. We can change the world. Then let's go catch a spider. I made a choice. This is my path. I'm the only one who can stop them. I'm Spider-Man. I think the soundtrack uh, or the score for this movie is really great too. Yeah, uh, I, I love the retweaked uh, uh, his theme in it. Mm. The horns are, are really good, and it, if it didn't have so, I honestly believe if it didn't have so much bloated story in it, that it would have done. I mean, when you say it would have done better, it made eight hundred million dollars. Yeah. Is kind yeah. of silly, but yeah, but it also ended the that run. exactly. It, it just it just was too much, and it's. You got to take scale it back because the one thing with I think that Spider-Man: Homecoming is striking the chord really well right now is it's making him the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, you know, bring it back down. Uh, but I still love the performance. I think Andrew Garfield's great as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Emma Stone's great as Gwen Stacy. I think her uh, her death in it is really heartbreaking. And I remember watching it in the theater. And I I saw it three times in the theater. Once in IMAX, once in 3D, and once just standard 2D. Every time she died, people would gasp in the theater because it does that quick, like, thump and snap. Yeah. Uh, And even someone who knows what's happening, and I know how it's set up, I think the way they shot it was really well well done. Uh, Yeah, Jamie uh, Foxx's Electro. The one thing I don't like is I after he teams up with uh, Harry Osborn, I don't like his costume because it has those cartoony lightning bolts on it. Sure. Um, and you know, people will make fun of Electro's real costume, but I think it'd be awesome to see like lightning bolts on his face. Yeah. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, but no, it's one of those movies that it's impossible for me not to like, cause it takes my favorite Spider-Man story and, um, yeah, yeah it's impossible for me not to like it. Oh no, absolutely. Just I mean, rewatching you know. that trailer. I was right. Like how well 
like the actions made. In that oh yeah, no, yeah. That, uh, it's it's beautiful on Blu-ray. It's beautiful. It actually makes me like more excited for because I think some of why Spider-Man movie action scenes are so good is is inherent to Spider-Man as a character yeah. and like the flying and all that stuff. Yeah, it actually makes me a lot more excited for Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming. You I'm need like, to be more excited for Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm just saying it, ma- it makes me more. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying I wasn't excited before, but just it makes me excited for not just the parts where he's like joking and fun, but also the parts where he's flying around and kicking people. Mm. Yeah. So. so yeah, amazing Spider-Man too. Good pick. I think so too. Everyone who doesn't like that movie is wrong. <laughs> I like the rhino in it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Henry? All right. Uh, my number seven film, uh, it's one that uh, I think for a while, it's the first uh, It's the first of, I think, two NC-17 films on my list, uh, if I wow. remember correctly. Um, this is This is my, it's my favorite LGBT film. Well, it was my favorite LGBT film for a very long time, and it still has a very special place in my heart. Uh, my number seven film is uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. There you go, Ryan. Nope. <laughs> you know what I don't like about French films? It's in French? It's their French films. No, I actually, I speak French. I took French oh, really? for, for yeah. eight years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why don't you lay some on us? Like, say, I hate this film in French. Je déteste du film blue i don't know what warmest color. is yeah blue is the warmest color <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna accept that because i don't speak french so i'll just assume it <laughs> it is je detest i can't correct you that is i hate je detest that makes sense detest that's well, got some music even spielberg likes it apparently you know what's even more pretentious than foreign films French foreign films. <laughs> I think there's four on my list. So. Oh, no. I know there's at least one so, more. So, Henry, why do you like movies like this so much? We'll get to it. <laughs> no, I mean, like, in general, not just this film. Well, I think... I mean... I think there is, like, a psychological hipster element to it for me. Sure. Where I think there is a part of me that does like it because it is a newer film. Or it's a film that no, I can share with other people. Sure. Uh, but I think just also... I mean, I see a lot of really shitty art house films, too. That I know, I know. I've, I've read some of your... Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm just curious, because I can never get into films like this. Well, I think, like... I think you... With, like, the, really this film... She got to go on to do James Bond. <laughs> she oh, did. Yeah, yeah she right. was. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, Blue's Orange Color, it was... Uh, I remember I saw it. I actually saw it on my 17th birthday. Like, I turned 17, and that was the first day I could legally watch this film. <laughs> so I went to the mine. Without your parents. Without my, no, I mean, it's something you still can't even see with your parents. Yeah. Yep. You have to be over 17 uh, to see it in theaters. Uh, no, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like... Oh. No, yeah. no children 17 or under. Right. So. Yeah. So he still had to go with his folks. Yeah, your parents can't take you to an NC-17 movie. No, but you're 17, so you can go by yourself. Right? Yeah, yes. yeah. So it's the first time I could do that. Yeah, yeah I would so. never take my mom to a movie like that. It's like, you want to go see a lesbian movie, mom? There, right. they have sex first. Also, it's yeah. three hours long. I'd so. like to. Wow, that's wow. so shocking that a French foreign fucking film is three hours. Just long. wait. There's a longer film on my list. Why? Why are, why are French films so fucking long? We get it. Well, I mean, part of. I mean, I don't know. One reason, like, why I really like. Is this, Hitchcock the filmmaker that says films don't need to be longer than 90 minutes? What? Uh, there is that belief, yeah. Um, but I think, like, this film, the reason, I mean, the reason why it's so long is you see, I think it's a 10-year-long relationship from the start to the end. Uh, and you, you see it, like, build, you see it climax, and you see it dissolve. <laughs> and so you see this really, and so it's long because you see this long relationship plan sure. out. 
Sure. Uh, and I think it's. Can you? I honestly think it's the best romance story I've seen in cinema. Uh, which is a bold statement. Uh, but for me, at least, it's my favorite romance story arc I've seen. Uh, I think it's just a beautiful film. I think like it tell it's the most honest portrayal of a relationship <laughs> that goes poorly, uh, or like or they show it's a perfect portrayal of really hopeful love, and then seeing both of them realize that the love is then gone. And I think it's a very honest film about that. I think uh, I think both actors in it are incredible. Uh, the I mean. Like, Steve and I have talked about this, because, like, I remember when we did the 2015 film explosion, the discussion of Carol, which most people consider the best uh, lesbian film of all time, but I consider this is the best lesbian film. It does have the, this really, really long sex scenes that if you trim that down, it would be better. But I think the reason why they're long, in my defense for that, for that part, is that if it's supposed to feel... Like, you get these, like, scenes, and it's filmed in a way where it's very voyeuristic in a way, where you see them almost, and you see them as your friends, or, or you see them like, in, you, you're in their group. And so when you get to that part, it's like, oh, I don't, I feel uncomfortable watching this because it's like watching your friends fuck. And so, that's uh, why- 20 minutes? I don't yeah. want to be uncomfortable for that long. Exactly. And so- oh. <laughs> um, So, think, so you, again, why, why do you like movies like this? <laughs> I th- well, it's, it's an experience you only get with these kinds of films. Hmm. Like you're not, you can't see this kind Good. of, <laughs> yeah. And you can, you can argue that. You could argue that. Sorry. Uh, and but it just, I th- and it's like it's one of the things that like it doesn't stick with me as much now, which is why it's number seven. But it was it's such a huge. I saw it when I was like a freshman in high school, I think, uh, or maybe not then because I was seventeen. But I remember I saw it, it very much influenced how I write characters now, mm. and specifically how I write romance. And uh, I just I always think it's one of the be- best romantic stories told. On camera until you see Fifty Shades Darker. I was gonna say you, you said that, and then I started like looking at my list to try and figure like, do I have something that I think is like a really good romance? And then I, I didn't think I did. And then I was reminded of Drive. Drive <laughs> is really good. Is, was that? Yeah, that could that could be on someone's list. I think it could be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we'll see. Probably a real human beings list. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my uh, that's my number seven. Cool. Zach. Uh, my number seven is a film uh, that from filmmakers that I absolutely adore with a passion. And unfortunately, this is one of the few films of theirs that I did not get to see in a theater. Um, my number seven film is Inside Lewin Davis. Yeah? Hey, it's me, Lewin. Yeah? Can I come up? No. What's its name? I I don't know. He snuck out. Do you think you're staying here tonight? Leaving. Oh, I was hoping to. So I can't stay here tonight. If I had wings, I know it's done. What'd you say you played? Folk songs. Folk songs. Solo act. No, I had a partner. Threw himself off the George Washington Bridge. George Washington Bridge. You throw yourself off the Brooklyn Bridge, traditionally. George Washington Bridge. Who does that? Well, I had a man long and tall. If the music's not... What? Quit? Just exist? Exist? Is that what we do outside of show business? 
There was no advance on my solo record. There's got to be some royalty. Christ's sake, it's cold out. I don't even have a winter coat. You're kidding me. Take this kid. No. No. I remember one evening in the pouring rain And in my heart was an aching pain Do you ever think about the future at all? Don't worry. With you, I worry. Well, you shouldn't. Yes, I should. God knows you never do. You just let other people at your method of birth control. Muddy river, it's muddy and wild. Can't give a bloody for my unborn child. Oh. Well, fare thee well, my honey. Folk singer with a cat. Is that part of your act? Every time you play a C major, you'd puke a hairball. Taking off, Pop. Try something new. Here's this. We used to like this. My honey. Well. That's um, a great pick, man. That's a good movie. Inside the Lewin Davis. So it's so it's interesting. So this podcast started a year after one of my favorite films to watch from their filmography, which is their remake of True Grit. Um, yeah. it, I mean, it's not it's not my go to, but it's one that I do love to sit down and watch because it is always is consistently entertaining. Yeah. So the first time I saw this film was actually in 2015, and um, I I was immediately reminded of the the power of their filmmaking in a Barton Fink type of area before Fargo. And I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm really talking about before Fargo where the, the, the ambiguity throughout this film is very, very strong. Mm-hmm. And so much so it, it's, a, it's, I mean, the spoilers for this film, it's a literal back to one, quite yeah. literally a back to one writing structure one-on-one on this. Um, and that, that we're talking about like, I mean, and you've talked about Ryan before about, how the the Cohen stage shots, the shot at the very end, which is also one of the shots at the very beginning in the alley, is one of my favorite lit shots they've ever like accomplished. Um, thanks to Deacons and thanks to everybody involved. Um, it's also very entertaining. It's a nice little look at the Greenwich Village scene in the '60s. Um, there's some great stuff with Justin Timberlake, Adam Driver, and um, um, uh, Garrett Hedlund and John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Their their moments. In the film, and it took me a minute to realize, like, oh yeah, he OD'd on heroin. <laughs> it was like I'm one great wonder, like, can you see something in the bathroom? Do you have a heart attack? Oh, oh no, 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 that drug. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I really like it in the through line with the cat and him really trying to apologize for insulting the people he was like in being invited into their house. Yeah, I was like, oh, that that's just that's a Coen Brothers trait of just like general politeness. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. So- if, if I always think of it as like their most palatable artsy fartsy movie, really? You know? Like it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because I, I disagree. I I look at it as in the same vein as their, you know, Barton Fink, man who wasn't there. Like this is for the people who aren't necessarily going to show up kind of movies. Uh, and yet this to me is like a really enjoyable, fun movie at times. Really, because like um, my my opinion of this film is that I think it's one of their best films, mm-hmm. but I think it's also the heaviest Coen Brother film, meaning that like. You Agreed. need to like Cohen before going in. <laughs> well, that's but that's my point. Is like, oh, okay. This is this is one of those movies that like 
for example, Ryan may like Fargo, but probably isn't going to love Barton Fink as they're mm-hmm. like more artsy, oh, okay. artsy fartsy movies, right? Yeah, like yeah. they've got their they've got their palatable more mainstream movies and then they've got their serious mans right okay. that most people don't actually go see mm-hmm. this is like the most palatable of, of those. their right okay because cool. when that, that end scene happens you're like if you were just a normal mainstream audience that end scene happens and you walk out and you go what the fuck did i just like what and, that, and that's this? and that's actually true yeah. and i mean like honestly like if you guys had started this uh podcast two years earlier a serious man would have been on this list right but um right. probably at number one even but since uh since it was 11 to present, you know, yeah. I had to look and I'm like, uh, well, it's, it's between this or Hail Caesar. And I love Hail Caesar, but yeah, I, 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 Inside Lewin Davis still hits wow, me hard. So. Made the six year span. Wow. I, mean, I know. It's not, yeah. Wow. Uh, well, and they wrote Bridge of Bridges. Yeah, they've, done, they've had some writing stuff. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so. they've also, like, didn't they, like, produce and was, like, show or, like, uncredited showrunners of the Fargo, like, first season? I think they were consultants oh. of some yeah, kind. I think I think, really, I think yeah. they had some kind of role on it. Yeah. So the, uh, they grew up or didn't grow up, but they came up through the movie industry with Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. They oh. uh, they worked oh. on a lot of the oh. early projects together. In fact, oh, wasn't Joel like oh, a, yeah, like an yeah, assistant yeah. editor or something on oh, Evil Dead? Wow. He was. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, I will. I was also going to say that uh, Chris Thiele is amazing, and why Roger Deakins has never won an Oscar, especially if anybody puts Sicario on their list, uh, yeah. I, it's unbelievable, and it's the worst tragedy. Uh, well, I'm but. sure that he. This is not going to be the last time he shows up on one of our lists. So. Oh, yeah. oh no, I'm. <laughs> I would be interesting to go back and look and see, like, how many times is Roger Deakins on this yeah. on, 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 in this top ten list? Well, the Academy hates British people with the first letter of their name beginning with R and the end being S. This is ridiculously specific. I understand, but you need to read the Academy bylines point for point. Okay. When someday Why? when you have like nothing to do on a Sunday. Who's who's the other person you're referencing? Uh, no, they're, no. They, oh, okay. they only okay. made it for him. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, Brad? This year. Hmm? Number seven. Yeah. No, I thought someone was saying oh, something. No, nope. Hi, Brad. Um, <laughs> yeah, so my number seven, you may notice a running theme. Uh, this film is special because it's part of one of our first excursions outside of town to represent the podcast. Um, this film is called The Battery. Oh, hell yeah. There nice choice. They can take our bones and bury them deep under the river, but we'll still be together and we cannot be defeated. They can take our trombones pack them down there with us but no matter how long it takes us we will not I wonder why they don't have real nerds like quotes on here because this trailer was cut before <laughs> we've played it at all our conventions yeah we should have a thing on there <laughs> I should have just re-edited it with our thing with our quotes <laughs> oh, on there oh that would have been good that would have been really good uh. <laughs> just fucking see it Ryan Frost yeah <laughs> <laughs> We know these guys. Yeah. <laughs> James Hart. <laughs> Remember they were pissed at us because they wanted to watch Grabbers, but their uh, like marketing people made them do an interview with us. <laughs> Not like legitimately mad at us, but yeah. it's, a fun, it's a fun interview if you want to listen to it. It's, it actually like raises the bar for me when I look at low-budget films. Like the fact that this movie looks so good and is so well written and so well acted. Yeah, they shot it on a Canon DSLR. Really? Yeah. yeah. Five thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and it's it's uh, 
efficient. Mm. What was the story with the car? Like it died on the last day of shooting? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you go to realnerdspodcast.com and search the Telluride Horror Fest uh, interviews, you can listen to our, it's about a 40-minute interview with them. They're great guys. Right after their world premiere of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Brett? So, yeah, our first Telluride Horror Show we attended, and we got to meet these filmmakers, and, um, you know, we we didn't know what to expect film-wise out of these things. Uh, Like, I don't think there were any big Hollywood horror films there. No. Um, so yeah, we saw this and, you know, we're big zombie film fans and yeah. their, their subtlety with the genre is what's super impressive. And mm-hmm. then that last sequence where it's a single shot for, I don't know, 15 minutes, yeah. 10 minutes, yeah. um, in a single location. It's just, it's just impressive filmmaking on such a low budget. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's really on here cause it's one of those special things that we got to experience mm-hmm. together as a podcast. Yeah. 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 And it was, uh, I remember right it was on my top 10 that year because it not not even from just a sentimental place like i love that movie and i think it's so well written and and certainly in my top five favorite zombie movies of all time like i just i think it's great and not really a movie about zombies so i guess that's cheating so cool i've got two movies that aren't really about zombies on my list oh man (laughs) cool you're up, buddy. Oh, uh, my number seven is also not about zombies, um, but this is sort of my, you know, sneaking a horror movie into my list. Uh, my number seven is Cabin in the Woods. Oh, okay. Everybody ready? Doesn't even show up on the GPS. It's unworthy of global positioning. That's the whole point. Get off the grid, right? Hello. I'm thinking this thing doesn't take credit cards. Sign says closed. We're looking for uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road. I have to get you there. Getting back. That's your concern. Oh, this is awesome. Whoa. No way. to the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Get this party started! I seriously believe something weird is going on. What is that thing? We have to stay together. This isn't right. We should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? We gotta get out of here. Somebody sent those things here to get us. You're missing the point. They want to see us punished. They don't, yeah. 
they, they don't show you the money shot, which is the elevators yeah. opening and every horror thing coming out of it. Uh, the, Merman. The oh, man. Like, he that, picked up the conch. Yeah, I know. He had it in his hand. Um, I, you know, Unicorns stabbing people <laughs> with their horns. This, like... This movie is just so much fun. And yeah, that, that last sequence where the monsters go crazy is amazing. But to me, the, the reason it's on the list is just because it is such a smart commentary on, on horror films in general. Um, and and f- like, there's so many subtle little things in there that you, every time I watch that movie, at least for the first year or so, and then even, even today, watching it, you know, having not seen it for a while, there were little things where I was like, oh, you did, you did that, you know? Uh, even how subtly, I mean, um, uh, what's his, ah, shoot, what's, uh, Hemsworth, uh, Chris Hemsworth, he's actually really good in it. And I didn't realize until yeah. tonight, today when I was watching, like, how subtly, before you even know what's going on, he starts becoming an asshole. Uh, and it's actually so contrary to the way he's introduced. Uh, it's it's just great. Um, it's It's hard not to recommend. Only reason that my parents haven't seen this movie is because... There is a lot of murder blood in it, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, it's it's really. I think fantastic. your mom can handle it. She, yeah, I mean, there's the part the when when uh, Anna Hutchinson, uh, what's her, the the woman who dyes her hair blonde, uh, when she dies, like that's actually maybe the most gruesome sequence. Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't pull any punches for sure. No, like when it wants to be a horror movie, it is one kind of because, and it's it's important that it does that because then when you cut back to the guys in the, or especially that scene. Because that's the first time somebody really gets murdered. They keep cutting back to uh, the guys in the in the control room, and they're just like stone face and just like, well, push the button, say the prayer, like you know. And so that juxtaposition is is fantastic. And I remember like seeing it with an audience was one of the most fun experiences for sure. Because like you you could just feel the energy in the room, and people were constantly laughing and cheering and having a great time. Um, it's hard to beat for sure. So. Cabin in the Woods, number seven. It's so funny, James, because we're kind of like on the same wavelength here. Yeah. Except my Cabin in the Woods <gasps> is unrelenting. My Cabin in the Woods so is glad. Evil Dead.
I actually saw this movie at a advanced screening and I, I happened to just I was working in Boulder at the time and CU the college uh, would have these advanced screenings for really awesome movies but sometimes you wouldn't know what they were mm-hmm. and this was one of them they just said it's a horror film and I was like alright I'll go and then it turned out to be Evil Dead so it was pretty lucky and yeah. uh, this is one of those movies that I've watched over and over and over again because I think it's so brilliantly made and what I love most about this film is it starts off kind of slow, and but it gives you a chance to let the characters breathe. And then the last 45 minutes is just like, you better strap on because we're going to show people cutting their arms off, slicing their tongue in half. That was, that was, yeah. The and, gore effects in this movie were fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. And when you see how they made them, it's pretty impressive. They, there is an unrated cut that they put on iTunes I haven't watched yet. Hmm. It Weird. didn't come with a Blu-ray? No. So they, they were going to put a Blu-ray out for it, and it accidentally leaked in the UK, so they decided to put it available digitally. Um, weird. Yeah. Way to go, UK. Right? <laughs> uh, well, it was, it's weird. They I don't know how they got it, but they ended up putting it on TV, TV or something, like their version of HBO. Huh. They uh. got this cut of the film, and they put it on, and it was an accident. No, oh, weird. Uh, and even... Uh, the director said, well, I don't like that version. Oh, sure. Because the way he made it is like, that's actually the vision he wanted. Yeah. But if you want to see a, a longer cut of it. When you're watching it, it's hard to imagine that there was anything that he didn't yeah, to I do. Don't, see, I, see, from reading his interview, I don't know if it's more gore. Something tells me that's, uh, well, I know because there's the poster is her walking away with her arm dripping blood on a road. Oh. And I think that's the original ending to the movie. Um, oh, weird. Uh, yeah, but this movie is great. It uh, it showcases a director that I think is going to do great things because Don't Breathe is really good too, and uh, Jane Levy is amazing as Mia in this film. Yeah. She's scary, <laughs> and but also when she's not scary, I love her exactly. Like the the beginning <laughs> and the end of that character is so good, uh, and the fact that like. The fact that I love this movie as much as I do is uh, weird. Is super <laughs> weird, uh, but I, I I think it's genuinely because I like her character. I think she is a strong, interesting character. So I like that they frame the premise around uh, an intervention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of just teens out partying in the woods, it, right. it gives you something like that affects the character. Yeah, and it affects personally. characters too. You're right, because people don't believe what she's doing. They think yeah. she's withdrawing yeah. from yeah. Right. whatever drugs she's on. And uh, I mean, other than other than the... I, I laughed at, the, at this moment in the trailer, because when he's opening the book, there's that moment in Cabin in the Woods where he's like, okay, I'm drawing the line <laughs> at reading the Latin. Um, <laughs> you know, other than that scene, I think the movie really doesn't have any of those terrible horror cliches. Um, it's it's just solid, you yep. know. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't able to watch it in time for the film explosion for 2016, but uh, I finally watched Don't Breathe, and it would have been in my top ten. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, like I think Federico Alvarez is shows the most promise. Oh yeah. Of yeah. any director who has less than three films. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, What's I he working on next? He's doing a Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, yeah, Dragon yeah. Tattoo, Which yeah. like normally I'd be like, you can't do that. But he, I like, I've called him like David Fincher light in terms of like his color scheme and like his yeah. like directing style. Is he doing a sequel to the he's, Fincher he, one, or he's, he's not are they doing remaking it? They're not remaking they're it. Doing they're doing the fourth book. They're or doing something. the fourth book. Yeah, that's not even written by the original guy. Yeah, it's it's a 
it's a bad idea to begin with, but I have some faith just because he's involved in it. Yeah. So. Weird. Is Rudy Mara in it? No. No, both she and Daniel Craig are not going to be in it. I think because... I'm okay f- with Daniel Craig. Rudy Mara is pretty great. No, Rudy Mara was one of the films. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy Girl Drowning Tattoo. No, but I think yeah. it's because it costs too much money. I think it ended up, it was oh, like yeah. a yeah. $120 million erotic thriller. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why... And the reason, and they were, were going to do the uh, sequel, like the whatever, the actual second book. Yeah. Or, but, or something. Yeah. But the problem was that David... And David Fincher was going to do... They were, gonna, they were totally yeah. out. But David Fincher wanted to film the second and the third one at the same time. Ah. And they weren't confident enough to do that. Sure. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Which is understandable. I mean, that movie has the best James Bond opening sc- oh, yeah. like credit sequence. <laughs> Alright, cool. So my number six. Uh, you'll notice whenever, whenever I'm on a film solution, I try to get one documentary in. Uh, this is my documentary for this uh, film solution. Uh, this film is... I'm, not, I'm just going to let it speak for itself. It's The Imposter. Oh, I was going to say it was Lego the Brickumentary. <laughs> <laughs> it's Suicide Squad, the making of. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we found a kid here. He's about 14, 15 years old. The thought of what somebody could have done to him, it gives you nightmares. He doesn't have no IDs, no documents on it. He's very scary. As long as I remember, I wanted to be someone else. We had no idea what kind of person we were getting. He had changed so much. There was just something wrong about it. Okay, so the imposter. Uh, the imposter is actually it's actually produced by Annie, uh, so it's essentially one of their kind of like crime documentaries, like Steamman, but like in a feature length format and with really high production value. Sure. Uh, basically, the imposter tells the story of this kid from San Antonio who disappeared in nineteen in nineteen ninety four, and uh, then was found. I think it was five years later in Spain. Three years. Three. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was just in trouble. Whatever. Um. But like, and so, but it's then revealed that the person that they found in Spain is not actually the kid, but he's pretending to be the kid the entire time, and how he essentially tricks customs, tricks the U.S. government, tricks, tricks the Spanish government, uh, tricks the ent- the family of the the kid, and essentially comes and is in pretends to be that child for, I think it's like a, a good two months. Yeah. Uh, and is this imposter of this, and it's like the, it's such a fascinating film because it's, the kid would theoretically, I think he's supposed to be like 15 or 16 at the time, but the guy is like 23. And, like, it's supposed to be, like, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed kid, but he's, like, I think he's of, like, Arabian descent. And how he tricks the family and how he tricks, like, like customs. You need to watch this film. Because it's the most, it's one of the most fascinating documentaries I've ever seen. Hmm. And the story is so, it's on Netflix. Uh, so oh, that, cool. And so you can see it that way. Has anyone, has anyone else seen it? No. No, okay. But now I um, want to. Yeah. yeah. I want to know how, like, a kid, like... It's only three years later, and they think, like, he convinces the family that he's yeah. aged into an... Did, yeah. Did he kidnap the kid? I'm not going to spoil it, because there are so many twists and turns. Like, it, for a documentary, it's rare to get twists and turns. Interesting. This film has so many 
that it's like you're on. It's so shocking. It's my, without a doubt my favorite documentary of all time. Wow. So man, that's fascinating. Yeah, and that, that there were a lot of. I think it's 2013. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of pretty much every film that was nominated for best documentary that year, including it was this film, and it was *The War*, *A House of a Plague*. All of them are incredible. But okay. this film is without a doubt. It's it's the most fast. It's primarily because it's a fascinating story. Yeah. And how it plays out is just incredible. Yeah. And so, but yeah, The Imposter. Definitely check it out. Cool. But Very is cool. it Electric Boogaloo, the story of Canon Films? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> is all I want to know. <laughs> is it Brickumentary good? <laughs> is is that your number six? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, my number six is a wonderful, wonderful Western. Are you putting Hateful Eight on the list again? <laughs> My number six is... Oh! Mm-hmm. Hell or High Water. You know, the bank loan, just enough to keep your mama poor. Thought they could swipe her land. It's a big bank. It's too big. That's what she said. Now they can foreclose on Friday. So come hell or high water, get the money to the bank on Thursday. And then you are free and clear. Little brother, go get that money. Good morning, folks. Open the drawers. You got a gun on you, old man? You damn right I got a gun on me. Y'all gonna steal my gun too? When you see Woo! Rubbers. You may get to have some fun before they send you off to the rocking chair yet. I may have one hunt left in me. <laughs> Mama, in that been a while. Three months. Bank breathing down her neck. Everybody get on the ground! Y'all been here for a while? Long enough to watch the bank getting robbed. has been robbing me for 30 years. How do you manage to stay out of prison for a year? It's been difficult. Come stand up! These boys know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to raise a certain amount, that's my guess. Let's go! Toby, it's a good thing you're done. More down it. Every step of the way. You want a little advice? Go see your boys in the mall. You know, you talk like we ain't gonna get away with this. I've never met nobody got away with anything, ever. Why in the hell did you agree to do it? Because you asked, little brother. Mama, take this badge off of me. I think I got these boys figured. He's got no record. He's never been arrested. He don't fit the bill, Marcus. You may be hearing a lot of things about me and your uncle. Whatever I hear, I won't believe. No, you believe it. I did all of it. Love you, Toby. Mean it. Love you, too. Wanna get us killed? Nice pick. So, yeah, that was my number one film from the 2016 film Explosion, and, uh, I've since bought it on Blu-ray and watched it up so many times, um, but still haven't watched Sicario or Prisoners yet. So, wow. uh, 
Don't admit that. <laughs> Man, no, I'm going to hold myself. Real account- nerds card. I'm going to hold myself accountable until I actually watch them. Um, but uh, no, this film, like I, as I said before, on the 2016 film explosion, I think it's tackling some stuff that No Country for Old Men kind of tackled, but in a very different way and it's in its own fashion because it doesn't need to be a Coen Brothers knockoff. It ends up being a much more high-octane movie than, say, anything the Coen Brothers have done, Yeah. Um, it, with all due respect. But um, there's also this... Um, as I, and Again, as I said in my initial review, this movie has no business being as good as it is. <laughs> it's about a very simple robbery plot that happens to have some intricacies. But it, it just... it It's... The, the, the relatability of the characters... The way they're written, uh, the banter between Bridges and his partner, I mean, like, honestly, like, this film is just magical in a lot of ways that you wouldn't expect, um, and, um, so, yeah, I just, I highly recommend people check it out if they haven't checked it out yet, Yeah, it's super solid. Yep. I forgot how good it was when I saw that trailer again. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Ben Foster, man. He's good in everything. Yeah. Yep. Remember 30 Days a Night? Yeah. He's good in that. He's great in that. He's great in, uh, The Mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. Is Brad? he great in Inferno? Fred? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Is no. he great as Angel in X-Men 3? <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is yeah. great. He is great as Angel. Yeah, when yeah. he's cutting off his wings and stuff, I feel yeah. bad for him. That part is... Well, that isn't him. Yeah, but that's yeah. the kid, but the, the character's there. Yeah. All right. My number six is mired in tragedy, but I prefer to remember it as something positive. Um, this movie, I feel like, is really where the podcast took hold and uh, began to flourish and my number six is The Dark Knight Rises There's a storm coming You sound like you're looking forward to it I'm adaptable I'm Gotham's reckoning. Warned me about getting into cars with strange men. This isn't a car. 
forgot how incredible that trilogy was. Man, I'm dead. And I did see it in IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> you did too. We yeah. all did. Um, yeah. Um, so, like I said, unfortunately, um, the Aurora shooting taints the legacy of this film. Um, I don't. I, well, finish what you were saying. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was apprehensive about showing it with you here, hmm. um, but I felt it, it, like it. I, I'd like to like get it above like in, no uh, yeah that's it, kind of the route I'm going down. To. Obviously, it's more important to the people that suffered through that, and uh, mm. but it it did bring about good things. Like we got to know Alex Sullivan and his family, and help out with Aura Rise, and get to know you. Um, so I like I I try to reflect on the positive aspects and the Absolutely. great memories we had of like going to Mile High Comics um, mm. before Denver Comic Con and meeting Michael Uslin. And, um, you know, as our first year at a con, uh, like doing a con as a podcast, um, it was, it was just a really fun time for us. Like, cause you know, we, we had done about a year of kind of an isolated at home thing for the podcast as ourselves. And then this was us branching out and becoming like finding a fan base. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, you, you say that in, I'll never forget as, as the rest of my life. I was at Mile High Comics for um, for their pre party for Denver Comic Con. I was standing in line, and this is a, a true this is a true story. Standing in line, and a, a a very tall, nice young man was in line with me, and I was wearing our real nerd shirt. And he said, "You guys are the real nerds. I listen to your podcast." And I he, he said, "I love it." And he loved Nightwing. And I remember going into Mile High Comics and seeing James. Like James, there's some guy out here his name's sully and he loves our podcast and he came over and introduced himself and i remember you know at denver comic-con he would always always tweet us and he was such a nice kid and that's what i take from that experience you know and unfortunately he was one of the victims in the aurora shooting and the surreal moment of that will always be on my mind every time i watch the film Mm -hmm. but one of our best episodes is her interview with him, his father, and yeah. uh, you're right, Brad. You you just like Aurora rises. You, you eventually you have to get past it, and it's really hard to say. It's easy for us to do, yeah, but it's infinitely harder for people like Zach, yeah, um, and Tom Sullivan's family. Exactly, and it's. It's an unusual thing to be in. Um, I don't know if I, I've, I've never exploited the stories. So I don't really tell it. Um, but, you know, the last thing that Alex did was tweet us before the showing. Yeah. How excited he was about his birthday. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, I never bring it up. I never say it because I don't think it's relevant. Well, and it ended up being sort of this. And. A double-edged sword as well, right? Because <laughs> and I, I hate bringing the podcast down, but you know it's it's no, a, no, no, it's, no. it's a day I'll, I'll never forget. I remember because we wanted to record the podcast because we were so excited and it was going on, and then the surreal moment where you realize that something terrible happened to somebody you know, yeah, and that maybe people that know him don't know it because I I, I don't think I've ever told this part of the story, and I, I, very few people know it is. I was called by Anderson Cooper's producers, yeah. the Wall Street Journal. They all wanted to know a story about how we knew Alex. Right. And I refused to give them a story. I said, that's not my place. But what I did do and what touched me is I wrote this little 
don't know if eulogy is the right word, but I wrote this blog about what it meant to know Alex and his dad told me they read that at his memorial. And I mean, that's something that you can't ever put a price on and I'll never forget. Um, but yeah, it, it's this real moment, but the movie's great. <laughs> I was going to um, say the movie itself, uh, what's overshadowed a little because of that is how great the movie is. Like, I really like what they did adapting Bane from just being like this luchador (laughs) Um, (laughs) super villain who's like, you know, got this venom infused strength. Also Um, to take it from the Batman and Robin, which most people would know him from. Right. Right. You know, and make him scary. It's almost, it's almost the most that they could have like rubbed dirt in the eye of, of that original series. Right. Yeah. We're going to take this thing that you really fucked up and make it really cool. Because he's like legitimized. He's pretty scary in the movie. You know, he's, yeah, and Tom Hardy's such an imposing actor anyways that he, I think he perfectly in- captures Bane without being cartoony yeah. Yeah. and overblown because in the Schumacher or even in the comics when he's breaking Batman's back, he's so cartoony. Yeah. Yeah. In this, yeah, he's buff, but there's something behind it. He's that, the brains and the brawn. Exactly. That, yeah. Like yeah. in Batman Begins, well, I guess the Joker has brains too, but... Um, like the League of Shadows is the brawn, and mm-hmm. then the Joker is the brains in the second movie. And this one, he has to fight both at the same time. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's what you sacrifice to be a hero, mm-hmm. and I, you know. And there's great nods to like you know, they show him breaking Batman's back. Yeah. Um. You know, not as grandiose as the comics. It's all right. very realistic, uh, as they, as they can be. But um, uh, yeah. There's just so many like nods to Batman lore. Like they even like break out Blackgate Prison mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um. And yeah, yeah, there's some things that like don't make sense. Like, how does Batman get back to America, like with no money and, um, you know, yeah, he's resourceful. There, there's gaps in logic it's like a, that. It's but a superpower. You can Did also I say, wish. do I want to see him panhandle for two weeks and then get enough money to <laughs> yeah. get a, a, a United Airlines like coach ticket? No, no. I part don't of want to watch part that. of filmmaking is like leaving some stuff up to the viewer to decide what yeah. happened. Like, you don't have to fill out every single gap on screen. Right. Um. So. Um. Yeah, yeah. It, I haven't watched it in a while, but I'm trying, like, I'm trying to remember some sequences. And, but it's it, it's an epic. Yeah, and it one, it's actually one that for me is even better on Blu-ray. Um, well, and you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm tainted for obvious reasons, but I remember when I f- finally did watch the Blu-ray. Um, the sound mix is a little bit better, and so I could understand all the things Bane was saying. And I was like, "Man, he's really well written and interesting now." Or you just like, turn the subtitles on? Well, it's <laughs> yes, true. Um, but like that whole airplane sequence that the, the the two times I saw it in theaters, I was like, "I don't know what's." It yeah. looks cool, but man, you watch it on Blu-ray, and that sequence is really the part where he like cool. crushes Daggett's skull. Like yeah. I didn't get the dialogue in the theater, but once yes. I read what he's actually saying, I was like, "Oh, that makes." way more sense yeah it's and really more cool. menacing yes yes um it's a great movie i'm really glad you picked it yeah so it uh i the so like i'm not i'm really not gonna divulge the story tonight but when i first finally saw the movie in its entirety um it was two days after everything happened and i got into the theater very early in the morning i did not want to go at night and I'm sitting in the corner as close to the exit as possible. And um, the movie started, and I had to get past a certain point, which I did see a little bit flashing in the trailer, and uh, which every time I watch it, it still kind of kicks something in. Um, but once I got past that point, 
I was too immersed in the film and the fact that, oh, yeah, I love fucking Batman <laughs> to uh, to really let the other things bother me. Um, I ended up seeing this film in theaters, shit, five times, uh, twice in IMAX. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a film that I think is going to be like, I didn't put it on my list, um, not because it was scarring or anything. It's just... The other films on my list are, are much more my filmmaking kind of thing, but if I had to pick a list of films that definitely impact me in some way, this is definitely on the list um, in terms of like just life, not necessarily from a critic, critic standpoint. Um, but I agree with you. The best thing we could have done tonight, especially with showing that, is just rising above it and talking about it because at the end of the day, the last thing I want to see is that fucking – that fucking asshole win. So, and, and too, uh, you know, it's it the the events of it made me change my career too. I it made me rethink what I wanted to do. It took me a couple years to get there, but now I do something that I'm proud of mm -hmm. and to make a difference. And I, I, you know, you can't prevent it, but I want to I want to be the person that can help in mm -hmm. that situation. And that's a very admirable thing, man. And uh, so. Uh, to close, uh, make sure you visit AuroraRise.org and donate money to they them. Got some, they got some awesome they, new shirts. Their new shirts are Those badass. Those new shirts are so cool. Yeah. And they'll be at Denver Comic Con again, so stop by their yeah. booth. Uh, I'm sure the Sullivans will be there. Wonderful people. Yeah. Uh, Tom is we, an amazing person. Yeah. We need to get out to one of their Monday screenings. Yeah. 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 We do. We it do. sucks because you just want to see the movie on Friday. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the bummer is like my schedule. I'm always working. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a horrible excuse, but. It's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, go to RoarRise.org. And uh, when you donate, you get stuff. Like they have like sketchbooks where real comic book artists yeah. donate sweet pictures of Batman. Um, so make sure that you uh, help them out. Yeah, absolutely. On a side note, Bane's evil plot allotted travel time. True. Yeah. It does, yeah. Yeah, the same There's, amount of travel well, time, but his, for Bruce, yeah, but yeah, I mean the, the the city is is dominated for like a month or so. It was one of those observations I didn't notice until Pete Holmes brought it up on Doug Loves Movies, where he's just like, I got, I got to go to India. <laughs> the resources of the League of Shadows are infinite. I, that is true. <laughs> that is true. That is, and it makes me want to watch The Dark Knight. I, oh, I want to yeah. go through that whole trilogy mm -hmm. again after watching the that's, trailer. Uh, that movie's amazing. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. This one actually is the one I like. I, the Dark Knight is a better film for me, but this one, like it for three hours, it's a breeze, and that's something I'll just put mm. on the background and just like oh, enjoy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Agreed. Cool. Good job, Christopher Nolan. I'll see everything he makes. Uh, all right. My number six is uh, a movie that I adored when it came out, and my opinion of this movie continues to get better and better uh, because it. It made Star Wars fun again, man. Oh. Because my number six is The Force Awakens. Who are you? I'm no one.
will stand in our way. I will finish what you started. There are stories about what happened. Stop this podcast just so we can watch Star Wars Force Awakens. Let's take a two and a half hour break. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not articulate enough to to really say everything that I love about this. So, oh, I will, but you are. I will. I will to to some extent just say like, go to YouTube and look up movies with Mikey and go find his review of the Force Awakens. It has so much more than I could squeeze into this episode. Um, but. I adore this movie. It is a miracle that this movie even works. Every criticism that people lay against it is like throwing sticks I've at a wall. I've noticed it's like a new thing now to say bad things about this movie. It's yeah, I mean, yes, there's like there's some hipsterness to it of just like it's uh, just you hope we born. Yeah, except for the problem that like this movie is brilliant and fun and mm. creates characters that I love, yep. which is something that the majority of movies that come out every year can't do. Mm-hmm. Um and it does maybe the most important thing that this movie needed to do, which was make it fun to think about Star Wars again. And talk about and it. It, yeah. it. It rewrites everything that is catastrophic about the, the, the prequels. Um, which, and I will, I will echo this, which is that, you know, the, the biggest problem is that this movie undoes a lot of... The, the, the worst thing that the, that the prequels does is, of course, it, it makes the dark side into something that if you like love can lead to the dark side in the prequels. And that is a dangerous and terrible thing for him to have done to that series. Mm -hmm. And this movie undoes a lot of that uh, and makes it really about like the relationships between these characters and, and how they have to sort of band together. Um, It's also got Han Solo in it. It's really good. Um, it, it's hard not to just adore this movie. Everything for me, every choice that they made was the right choice. Um, so yeah, uh, I I I really love this movie. So anyway, me too. Yep, it was my number one film from 2015. As well, it should be. It's really great. Uh, I'm going to continue James's. I'm going to feel great theme right yeah. now. Uh, um, I'll tell you that um, we're for my list. It's all feeling good from here on out, man. <laughs> nice. uh, when I saw this film in theaters, I actually met 
Brooks for the first time, so it also oh. holds a special place in my heart. Um, and when I got in the theater, it's so bright and jaunty, and I want to sing every time I see it, and I listen to the soundtrack all the time. Uh, my number six film is shit. La La Land. Two options. You either follow my rules or follow my rules. Capiche? Thank you. I can do it a different way. No, that's, that's fine. Thank you very much. Write your own rules, you know, write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you gonna do? I have my own club. Is that gonna happen every time? I think so. How are you gonna be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? You're holding on to the past, but jazz is about the future. Yes, you are. Maybe I'm not. It's like a pipe dream. This is the dream. It's conflict and it's compromise. It's very, very exciting. Y'all have this idea that I hate this film. Like, I like Ooh, the film. You changed, you changed the uh, this menu for the top five. That's right. Oh. Things now are getting serious. Now, now, now we're like classy. We're in black and white. No, uh, The movies are going to get more fun, but the background's darker. La La Land is uh, awesome. uh, my favorite film from last year. I, I adore this movie. And every time I watch it, every time I listen to the music from it, it just reinforces my love for the film. And yeah, that might be it might be the populist pick, but uh, it... It doesn't matter to me because I still think the movie's great. It's great. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him I mean, strain so I mean, it's, hard. It's, it's, it's no blue is the, the warmest color. but popping in his head right now. Even though Ryan Gosling it's doesn't so hang good. Hang. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Ryan Gosling doesn't hang dong in it. <laughs> he hangs dong in other films. It's fine. That's true. Does he? Uh, I, th- I think so, yeah. I think uh, blue. blue Valentine? I don't know. Oh, maybe. I think he, yeah, because yeah, that's NC-17. I know Ryan Reynolds does. It's NC-17 because he goes Deadpool down on Deadpool cock. Oh, okay. It's not. Yeah, yeah. There's actually yeah, no reason yeah. that movie should be NC-17. No, yeah. But yeah, I, I think Audition is uh, one of the most powerful songs I've ever seen on film. Oh, so good. The epilogue, like watching, like, as a filmmaker trying to put together that sequence mm-hmm. uh, for the finale, it's just mind-blowing and uh, beautiful to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... It's it's a it's, it's awesome. a medley of every song in the movie too. Yeah. Like every yeah. it, note. What's well, how musical should end? It's yeah. actually it's it's kind of like a 
like uh, a Gene Kelly movie. No, it well, yes, but it's it's kind of like a uh, an Edgar Slayed Wright slash Cabin in the Woods of musicals in that they take the tropes of musicals and then comment on them in a in this case like loving way. Um, like they're not they're not deconstructing it necessarily, but like they're it's a twist on old music. Like it's not just the normal overture at the end of a film. It's taking that overture and making it the point of the movie, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's I great. love that movie. It's so good. Henry, what uh, French film are we going to watch now? Uh, this is Indonesian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, French that's Indonesia? The that's the best answer. Ju- just uh, as a heads up, I just checked the five, one through five. All of them hang dong. So just as a heads nice. up. Wow. So, <laughs> so that's the cock list. Uh, and I'll just I'll give you a heads up. This one particularly is the one that I've been hyping up to you guys. None of you should see this film. So okay. anyway, here's the film. All right. uh, Norte uh, or The End of History. Yeah, I made a slate for it. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the listeners can't see the slate. It's okay. Everyone's been doing it. The trailer's awful, by is the way. Is this a cinema gear? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Henry. Uh, none of you should see this movie, and also this trailer is garbage. He's kind of right. Like, I was watching it, and I didn't know what the movie was about after watching it. It's a minute long, and, and I'll tell you why. It, it, it being a minute long does not work for the film at all. So. Yeah, it's only really like a scene from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Should we cut a break here and save files? Or? Yeah, we should. Okay. What's Bomb Magazine? Film comment. <laughs> Just a comment on this video. <laughs> they forgot to they forgot to type in the actual magazine, so it's just like a placeholder. Henry, this is just B roll. No, yeah, that's why this fil- this trailer's awful. Like, because I've watched this film and I love this film, and I and then I was like, I wonder what the trailer is for like when I was going to submit this, and I was like, well, this sucks. This isn't going to get them excited. Like, it's a masterpiece, an astonishing work of art. No, I agree with that comment. This is but. just people walking plate. Goodbye. Fabian. Also, worst exchange in the entire film. Like, no, I, just I don't like, understand this trailer. That's what I, like, I want to say at the end of all my dates. You don't have to stay this way forever. I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume he's walking north. This is the most pretentious film on my list. By <laughs> oh, I bet. Oh, Henry. It's Hen- no. This Hen- is why Hen- I said, Henry, we need to take you to go see good movies, man. Okay, are we going to cut now and then I'll explain it, or are we going to explain it and then cut? No, explain it and then we'll cut. Okay. okay. Here's why none of you should see this film. Bob okay. Diaz, who directed the film, I think is one of the best directors working today, but no one has the patience for him. He is the master of slow cinema. He, this film is four and a half hours long. What? Which is why a minute-long trailer seems really odd. <laughs> I think we made footage be, for a trailer, it guys. Be a 20 I guess you have to have pretty big balls. Be like, you know what? I think I can make a Lawrence of Arabia nowadays. Uh, yeah, and yeah, not, but it's not only, only the part where you're sitting in the middle of the desert. <laughs> he makes these length of films once a. Every, he makes this length of film every single year. Wow. I don't know how. It's it's Lawrence of Arabia, but only the part where he's sitting at the well, watching a small dot slowly walk towards him for four which hours. Is the, <laughs> which is the best part of Lawrence of Arabia. Hey, for fuck you. off. His, hey, dark secret, hey. his dark secret is he doesn't know how to edit. So he just puts all of his footage on screen. I, you know, I, I was like, I, I said it when we did Film Souls in 2016. Long Diaz had a film that I was going to put in my 2016 list, because uh, it's another great film. It would have been number 10. But 
it's I I didn't want to include it because it's eight and a half hours long. Wow. Fuck that. That's that's um, not a fi- film. That's a miniseries. No, and that's the thing about Love Diaz's films is that they feel less like films and more like just watching a miniseries all at once. Huh. Uh, so. Norte, uh, The End of History, I do think it is a masterpiece of storytelling. I think it's, it's his best film, without a doubt. Uh, it tells the story of three different people. Uh, one is a man who goes to jail for murder, and it's a crime that he did not commit. Uh, and it's him going to jail and realizing that his life on the outside was really awful, and that his life in prison is actually better than his life when he was free. So that's one storyline. The other storyline is the guy who actually committed the murder, and as he watches the guy go to jail and his guilt for that. And the third storyline is the wife of the man who goes to prison and her... Her struggle as she tries to move forward, one, thinking her husband killed this person, and two, having to support her family and being known as the wife of this murderer. Hmm. And so I think it earned – I'm going to say it earned its length. You're all going to disagree with me. Um, <laughs> because it does tell these three extremely well-written stories, extremely, like, really rich in character development, really – I just think it's – if you have the patience for this film, which no one does, then watch this film. But – and I will say – it is like watching a miniseries, and I, there are points where I'm like, "Yeah, you could you could stop there. Like, I could I could come back next week and watch the rest of this." <laughs> so, don't feel obligated to watch this in one sitting if you are thinking about seeing this, which probably none of you are. So, that is more. I stopped today. listening. Yeah, I know. I knew like this is the this is the one film that I knew I was going to defend the most. So. Henry, I love that you love this movie. I I love it. I love a lot of Love Diaz's films. Uh, I will one day make one really long video essay about this. Okay. And I think Love Diaz is someone no one will ever appreciate. I think he's someone that only extreme, extreme film fans will ever appreciate. And even then, I think a lot of people will still not appreciate him. Sure. So. By the way, extreme, extreme filmmakers all enjoy power sauce bars. <laughs> <laughs> Simpsons joke, sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, Norte, The End of History. Cool. I, I can't sell anymore. You're either on board or you're not. So Nope. good effort henry okay my number five i'm not gonna introduce i'm just gonna let you play it and then yell at me afterwards that's a good Uh, idea because we're tag teaming this one zach (laughs) (laughs) our number five is the nice guys okay shut up during this trailer march jack ely don't get upset i'm not here to hurt you Look away. You know there's a mirror here, right? What do you want? There's a couple of people say you're a pretty good detective. That's a lot of work. I want you to help me with this case. My profession's very complicated. It's very nuanced. Well, look who decided to show up for class. This is a high-profile case. You seen this girl? Name's Amelia. Who's in it for me? We can do this the easy way. We're currently doing it the easy way. Dad, there's like whores here and stuff. Sweetheart, how many times have I told you don't say and stuff? Just say, Dad, there are whores here. Where are you going? I think this is going to work better if we split up. Wow, that's really insensitive. Amelia, run! Yeah. Why? I had to question the mermaids. What were you doing while I was working? Why do you think everyone involved in this case is dying? The 
mob is trying to spread its operation to Los Angeles. She's dead. What do you think she's dead? Amelia. Promise me you'll get them. Yeah, I promise. Think you promise? March! Before we go solving the crime of the century, let's deal with the rotting corpse. Run. Weapons on the floor. This is not you. You're not a murderer. She killed three people. I'm saying deep down. I think I'm invincible. I don't think I can die. Let me. It's not the smart idea. What, what, March? March! You're the world's worst detectives. You got a cool ad, though. I made your head small because I know you're sensitive That's about terrible. how big it is. Yeah. Rated R in theaters May 20th. Okay, so I put this two spots ahead of what it was in Film Explosion 2016, so I don't want to hear any more whining. Still not high enough. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's yeah. on here just for you redemption, know, it doesn't it, feel it, genuine. It is. Yeah. This isn't on my top ten. It's not on mine either. It was one of the ones I batted back and forth. If you could see my list that I wrote out stuff, there's like tons of cross outs and it's it was l- tough. It's literally my 11. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this movie. Oh, I yeah. do too. Yeah. yeah. It's so um, and I, I love the 70s throwback to it, obviously. And um, Crow and Gosling are great together in this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I, it, <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were giggling, and <laughs> it turns out you were just burping. Um, no, um, I think it's a very smart script. I mean, as you've said before, because I rewatched it. I want to say like a, what was it three weeks ago? Yeah, it's it gets away with having a giant CGI bee in in the script and somehow making it work. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, psycho uh, hallucinations of Nixon. Like this, yeah. this script has a lot of things it's going so on in it, and it's very cohesive, yeah. in, in spite of that. It's almost like um, Shane Black is a great writer. Yeah, it's almost you, like it's Shane Black's best film. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, Brad, why do you like this movie? Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> it's really fun. It's really clever. Um, yeah, the the characters, the great, great chemistry on screen, uh, great comedic timing. Uh, I think it was my number two from last year, only because uh, I put Thunderbolt on there. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just so, it's just so smart and like so clever. Like I love jokes that are you know seem like throwaways in the beginning and they come back mm-hmm. um, and mean something by the end. Um, and like I'm so bummed that this probably won't have a sequel to it. Yeah. Like I'd love to see these characters in another adventure. Yeah. Um, as with all great Shane Black scripts, it's also really touching. I mean that. Even if you go to that very first scene when, like, the guy goes down and finds the porn star on the rock and there's this beautiful little moment that only Shane Black would do where he, like, takes his shirt off and covers her up mm-hmm. uh, and then cuts and you're like, oh, yeah. man. And there's, like, a mystery to it that unravels, like, mm-hmm. uh, even just, like, the subtle nods to the fact that Ryan Gosling's character has lost his sense of smell. 
<laughs> and it informs his entire backstory. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it seems like a throwaway gag at, the, at first, but like, you know, when you go through his daughter's story, you find out like what that means, and it's a uh, yeah, it's just it's really smart writing. Yeah, if there's only one thing I could like, if I could change something in history, um, like that's trivial, it would be that the first time Brad and I saw this was in the worst possible environment. <laughs> Because we went to a preview screening at the Colorado yeah. Center's nine, and we were in the bottom like pit, like the, the the front row, which we normally sit in anyway when we go to movies. But yeah, it's it's a little tough on the neck there, unlike the Alamo. And we were around a crowd of people who just weren't appreciating the film the way we were. So. Yeah, well, those those are free screenings, and people yeah. that go to free screenings yeah. are, are the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, whereas I I also got to see it three weeks early, but I got to see it at the Alamo with a Q and A afterwards. <laughs> it was great. Uh, this is a film that uh, <laughs> it's a film that every time I see it, it gains half a star on Letterboxd. Me, so eventually it's going to be a five out of five star film. Like, oh, 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 uh, yeah. See, that was my it's, next it's question. Like, was, wait, how are there stars left to give? It's like currently four stars. What, what's wrong with you? What's well, like? It's I don't know. Because like, it's too mainstream. He's, no, no, yeah, I, I, was I don't say, know. I don't it's know not what it four was. hours long, and I agree with that. Yeah. I wish this movie was four. Neither hours of them long. hang dong, so yeah. it's not issue for me. A lot of uh, boobs, no dong. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that. Yeah. So if it hung dong, man, that would have been a five star film immediately. So, <laughs> yeah, they handmaiden, get out of here. Nice guys, hangs dong all the way. <laughs> I, I wonder if uh, had he not made Iron Man three, which I like, like he was able to make this movie because of yeah. Iron Man three, but yeah. um, the marketing I'm sure informed that like, oh, this should be a summer movie, and I don't think it should have been a summer movie. Yeah, nope. yeah. should have been like a fall or maybe yeah, even October. a spring movie. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, October would have been a great month for this movie. Yeah, yeah it just got swallowed up with, I don't I forget, like Civil War, I think, was like two weeks ahead of it or something. It, like, yeah. I remember that weekend, it was like, that and Neighbors 2. I remember I saw them both in the same night, and for some reason at the time, I thought Neighbors 2 was better. Now I'm in a different boat. But like, <laughs> I don't know what it was that night, but yeah, I saw Neighbors 2 is fine. fine. No, yeah. yeah, I like Neighbors 2, but like... I really needed to know what happened to those characters in Neighbors. So. You do, you I, do. I, I do. Neighbors 2 is good. You should see Neighbors I remember, 2. Like, I, I remember thinking like... I don't know why, but I didn't like. I didn't love it as much as I wanted to when I first saw it. But now, I mean, every time I rewatch it, like I said, like, it gets better. Everything your I wanted. So your heart was stone, man. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was really. Well, exci- I was really expecting that dong to show up at one point, and just, <laughs> I was just so disappointed. How's Ryan Gosling's how, dong? <laughs> how amazing is uh, uh, Abernathy Cornwallis? What's her name? Angory Rice. Angory Rice. She won a nerdy. She won a nerdy. She won a nerdy. We yeah. all love her, and yet we can't pronounce her fucking name. <laughs> And I, that's just my best guess. I haven't heard it ever. Yeah. She's in Spider-Man, isn't she? Oh, is she oh yeah, yeah. Spider-Man? She's in the new yeah. Homecoming. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. I, lo- I love her. Everyone's oh, in Homecoming. James. So it's me now. Right, right, because we skipped two. Um, my number five is the most, period, the most fun I have had in a theater since we started this show. My number five is Mad Max Fury Road. No! In this wasteland, I am the one who runs from both the living and the dead. A man reduced to a single instinct. Survive. We are not beings 
what a day! What a lovely day! Wanna get through this? Go! Yeah, I mean, this is is one of those that like starts, and I was grinning and having an amazing time. And as soon as it was over, I was like, "What? Why is the movie? Why did this movie ever have to end? And why am I still smiling?" It's unbelievably good, uh, and maybe the greatest action movie I have ever seen. <laughs> um, I, it, it never ceases to amaze. Uh, I mean, even though like I've seen it at this point enough times that I feel like I know every shot. Uh, and when it's going to happen and how long it takes, but it's just so much fun. I, I, that first time was unbelievable. Like, just so unbelievable. So, anyway. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, one of the achievement in filmmaking yeah. lately. Yeah. Um, but I won't spend too much time because I'm sure I swept the leg. <laughs> oh, I, will, I will simply apologize and say I love everything else on my list a little bit more. Um, this right. is our first repeat because James swept my leg the last time. Uh, my number five is Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Yeah. See how I time it just perfectly. I end it and the, <laughs> the screen's done going. It's really oh, good. Henry. Oh, you, we're not watching the trailer. Okay, cool. Chose well. Oh yeah, and we're gonna watch the same thing over. Yeah. And over. <laughs> Why, I mean, last time we had like oh, you, you, you could have. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. I, was, I don't know what I'm talking about. In, in the past, idiot. we have put like a scene, but only for people's number ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, I think I talked about it enough. I just love the movie. I love it. Made me happy. You know, it yeah. made me feel like a kid again yeah. watching it. And I mean, too, my dad came with us to 6.30 a.m. showing, yeah. which is really cool. Oh, that's and right. That was cool. 6.30 in the morning? Yeah. Who's playing it at 6.30 in the morning? The Alamo. Oh, the Alamo oh that's right. Because they were doing hours that. Yeah. Never I saw mine at like 7 and then went back for like a midnight or 1 a.m. one. Yeah. And like. Brought a blanket and pajamas. It was fun. <laughs> so cool. I, I was, uh, yeah, and I, I just love that party. The Force Awakens in Ray. Yeah. Henry, what's your I, French film this time? It is French this time. You know me so well. Um, uh, so my number four film is another romance film. It's another kind of uh, broken kind of romance film. Uh, it interests me to my, two of my favorite actors working today. My number four film is that, Rust and Bone. I'm trying not to. It is a French film. <laughs> I have only heard of this. Henry, you know it's one so o'clock in the morning, right? I, it We're is. We're going to fall asleep during these trailers. <laughs> I've only heard of this. I think I after no this, all of them are well. English speaking. So. Oh, good news. But there's nothing in it. The, there's no speaking in the trailers. <laughs> oh, really? I think so. Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Free <laughs> Willy Five. Is that a shot from it's Blackfish? Blackfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there's an actress we know. 
Oh. That's how I remember it, because... Um, I kind of want to see this, because I know she doesn't have any legs, and it's pretty impressive. It's really, really She still has really great boobs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's another one for the supercut. On the, <laughs> <on> the boobometer. <laughs> wow, I think she's really pretty. Has. Oh, man, did she get her legs bit off by a killer whale? Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. I'm in. And then she learns to backyard box. odd when the onion is quoted as tremendous <laughs> like, that sounds sarcastic to me it's french they didn't know it's satire right? oh lay onion <laughs> uh yeah rest and bone uh it's it's another it's not another romance film i easily i watch it i watch it probably twice a year actually wow um it's just the most it's really i'd say it's a romance film but it's really not it's because does she know. fall in love with the whale <laughs> no, <laughs> the whale that took my legs. I remember its dick how... is so big. <laughs> he just wanted to be close to me. I remember how I first how I first saw this film. I saw it at Aspen Film Fest, and it was a secret film. Like you buy tickets to a film, <laughs> not knowing what it is, and they just show it. Right? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's why it's not uh, up in the air. Yeah, and like this film, it's interesting. This film is super. I don't want to say depressing, but it goes in really dark areas in terms of like how bad it gets. The point where I'm, I remember, like the like the very one of the very last scenes, it's like this emotional thing that like they go to this one setting, and you know what's going to happen because you know how the rest of the film has gone so far, so you know like this is in the wheelhouse of what they'd be willing to do, and then you're like the entire time you're like, please don't do that, please do not do that. If any of you watch it, you will know exactly what I'm talking about when you get to this scene, and then it happens, and I remember that happened. And half the audience walked out because they were just, I'm, I'm done with this extremely depressing film. Um, but it, the acting is incredible. Uh, Marianne Contiard, it's easy. I think it's her best performance she's ever done. Hmm. Uh, and Matthias Strotenartz, who is the man in it, this is the first time I've ever seen him, but uh, he is easily my favorite European actor. Hmm. Uh, he's been in a lot of other stuff. He, uh, he's been in some English lang- language stuff as well. I think he's in something big that's going to be English language soon. But uh, he's amazing in it as well. Uh, it basically tells the story of these two different people. Uh, Marin Contiard is a uh, like whale instructor at SeaWorld. And then something goes wrong where I th- I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the whale jumps in the air and then breaks the stage. And then as she's in the water, she's already bleeding in her legs. And so the whale bites her legs off. Oh. And so it tells the story of how she deals with not having legs anymore. And then... Uh, Matthias Schrotenard's side, he is a single father who moves in with his sister, and he's just, he's just the worst. 
he, he like he's abusive to his son, uh, but not like in a stereotypical. It's like an abusive where it's like you can still see, like where some people would think he's not a bad guy, where okay. it's like you can say it's all accidental, uh, and then it's about how and he works as kind of like a bouncer at night, and that's how they meet, and then I'm not even sure if I would say they fall in love. They just kind of it's the best way I can describe is that they're both broken and they both fix each other. But in a bad way. Oh, no. And so, like, it's a romance film where it's not good. Like, you don't want them to be together. Uh, but you know that it's the I'm, only way they're going to walk out of it alive. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not interested anymore. It's, it's, so, it's so good. It, yeah. I feel like you unsold me on the movie. I, I mean, maybe. But, I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I love it. I want to give you a hug, Henry. <laughs> I'm going to uh, throw a birthday party think... where we're all forced to watch Rust and Bone. Oh. <laughs> number worst, worst birthday ever. <laughs> yeah, so that's my number four. Except for Henry and me. We'll just be like, yay, depression! Ooh, fucking French. <laughs> Zach, your number four? My number four is a film that continues to stick with me to this day, and it's from one of my film- favorite filmmakers of all time. My number four is The Master. Are you mixed up? No, sir. Are you more jumpy than you were before? No, sir. And how's your sleeping? I sleep just fine, sir. When you sleep, do you have nightmares? Not as much as before. You've had violent episodes. (laughs) Yes, sir, we all did. You pulled a knife to the throat of an officer. (laughs) Will you box that out? How would you yourself rank your overall health? Strong. What about this last episode on the way home? What episode, sir? The episode you had on the way home here. I don't don't remember an episode. You have no memory of what happened? (laughs) We We were celebrating. We were drinking and dancing. We don't remember an episode. A fight. <laughs> what happened? Let's just see if we can't help you remember what happened. <laughs> okay. Glossy Squeal's finest what, moment. What I will, what I will say is that that trailer is one of many, and it's not the best trailer for that film. Oh, no, it's uh, it's not, still it's not a good bad. trailer. The best trailer yeah. for that film lies with a song that plays uh, throughout the movie, "No Other Love," mm-hmm. uh, which is a really good song that really works well with this movie. Um, so, if anybody doesn't know what the master is, it's a veiled commentary on Scientology through the eyes of a World War II vet who's coming out of the service heavily drunk on things beyond alcohol and um, kind of going through the motions of life until he meets this man played by Philip Seymour Hoffman who runs a religious cult. Um, and essentially it's it's a it's a battle back and forth between two people about who's the more dominant personality. Um, I love this film for a multitude of reasons, and I'm not going to get into every single one because we could take up an entire hour and a half on this film. 
Um, but I love the performances in this film um, from, from everybody, like even down to the most minuscule character actor that's in it. Um, and uh, I think it's my favorite Joaquin Phoenix movie. Um, I know it's one of it's one of my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman performances. And um, it's, it's not my favorite Amy Adams performance, but I think it's one of uh, it's uh, really until, one. until Arrival. It was I thought the bravest thing she had done because <laughs> um, yeah, it's a very tough role to assume. Um, especially there's a scene in the movie where she's basically asserting her dominance over Philip Seymour Hoffman in the, um, in the bathroom where she's like, like basically jerking him off and just saying like, I'm in control here. And I'm like, oh, I let her God, do that to me. Like really like it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's a really interesting scene. To see it is. Home, Cause right? like, it, I mean like, and when I first saw it, I was just like, Oh, cause I took me a second. I'm like, what's going kind of, Oh, Oh God, they're doing that. Um, but, uh, and, I think what it is, I, I mean, like, it, there's been a couple of different debates about what the ending of that film is. You could look at it in one way is that it's just about a guy who wants, really wants to get laid, <laughs> really badly. Another one is like trying to trying to figure out who's the more dominant in a post-war society. Um, you can look at it in a bunch of different ways, but this is a film that in the first 15 minutes shows a guy literally dry humping a fucking sand castle version yeah. of a mermaid or whatever, or yep. a, a naked, a big titty lady. Um, and talks about, uh, a Rorschach test where it's like, that looks like cock. That looks like pussy. That looks like cock going into pussy and somehow transcends beyond its fourth grade humor into <laughs> something larger. It's my least favorite. Paul Thomas Anderson movie. <laughs> I, I mean, and and everybody's entitled to their wrong opinion. That's fine. Because his best one's Punch Drunk Love, but I mean, uh, I mean, you know, there was that movie about oil. <laughs> no, that I movie's think, garbage, man. I think the best way I can describe the master is I think it's also his best film uh, that he's ever made. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think it's second best film, but but I see where you're going with this. What's your What's your in your opinion his his best? I think it's There Will Be Blood. It will always be well. What I think I think There Will Be Blood is when he kind of figured out who he who he wanted to be, mm-hmm. and this is when he like. Knowing what he wanted to be, he made a film doing that. Right. So, this is, so this is like this film is his Inland Empire, where it's Paul Thomas Anderson unhinged. That's that's a very very fair review. And so yeah. I think like with this film, you would have to be into Paul Thomas Anderson, or with this yeah with this film, you have to be in, you have to like his style and you have to like who he is as a director, and you have to be very open to the fact that he went from one mode of filmmaking and yeah the he completely changed his, yeah and really to a, a different one yeah. I mean, if you watch this, it's it, really good. If you watch Boogie Nights and then watch this, oh, Boogie Nights is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Which it's, I mean, it's very clear which PTA you prefer, which is great. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I mean, I think both are fantastic. I, oh yeah, like I, I love Punch Drunk Love. I love Magnolia. I love Boogie Nights. Um, I even love Heart Eight, which some people oh, would say is very Heart weak. A good one, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I like Alien well, it's versus Predator. To death, sadly, but, um, <laughs> that was good. And, and that's, that was really and that's the wrong title for that, that film. It awesome. should be called Sydney. At least yeah. he knows he's a hack. Actually, his worst film is uh, The Three Musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> which one? Yeah. Or, oh, Paul, Paul W. S. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, yeah, I think I think it's. Uh, I think it's Joaquin Phoenix's best performance he's ever given. Right, and, and uh, I mean, just there's only that rap album was pretty good though. They, they, I, I, well, I, that's, that's since that is actually a performance. I, know, I think I it is yeah, really good. I technically, exactly doesn't count. what I was saying. Yeah, like, technically, doesn't count anymore. But I mean, like, okay, so yeah, there's like, um, like the one thing I regret is like this was filmed in seventy millimeter, and there are 
more things to lend to what you guys were talking about with the Hateful Eight cinematography that this film accomplishes in terms of its scope. No, it's that a would have looked shot film. great oh, yeah. on 70 millimeter. That sadly never their their roadshow of that never came to Denver, so I never had a chance to see it in that he, format. He's an but. amazing filmmaker, and I I, I am still I, I'm I really want to see the movie that he made that all that all those like deleted scenes that he turned into there will be blood is actually from like that whatever movie he was actually filming when all those scenes were shot and then just sort of put together like that I bet that movie's good oh that, I mean you know I. James, it's it's great living in delusion. I mean, I, it really is. I did it for a while, but I, sometimes I just got to wake up. Um, I can't wait for his next movie, though. It's Daniel Day-Lewis and fashion designers, so <laughs> get ready. <laughs> he won't talk about oil in it, sadly. Damn it. I drink your fabric. <laughs> I drink it all up. <laughs> Brad, let's Brad? change the subject. Fuck. <laughs> something fun, something fun, something fun. Oh, okay. My first art house selection is... Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> the Neon Demon. No, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um... Vampires. My number four, um... That throw up perfectly shaped eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. That is great. what we were part of that. great. Uh, my number four, um... I had no expectations going in to see it, um had no basis of like what to make of it but uh after seeing it it was tons of fun and like elevated to the top of the list of a series of films um my f- number 4 is Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> Zandar. Check out the rap sheets. Drax, a.k.a. the Destroyer. Since his wife and family were killed, he's been on a rampage across the galaxy in his search for vengeance. Gamora, soldier, assassin, wanted on over a dozen counts of murder. Rocket, wanted on over 50 charges of vehicular theft and escape from lockup. What the hell? Root, has been traveling recently as Rocket's personal houseplant slash muscle. Peter Jason Quill. He's also known as Star-Lord. Who calls him that? Himself, mostly. He's wanted largely on charges of minor assault, public intoxication, and fraud. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. Hey, hey, hey! That's mine! You son of a bitch! Hey! Take those headphones off right now! They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of a holes. I'm high on believing that 
Yeah, uh, my favorite film from that year was actually 22 Jump Street, but um, like, I don't know, maybe because Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out like last week, yeah. um, I revisited it, um, and it's it's so much fun, and it's, you know, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe for like the main, like Iron Man and uh, Captain America, like is it has a very like cohesive story that they're telling. Um set in a very like specific set of rules um and i love how guardians of the galaxy is just like a wild card yeah um and the first time i saw it was sunday night you? sunday yeah. night after we finished the 40-hour film project i was like i was determined to go see this movie and it was a stupid choice because i like i mean i was sucked in when chris pat pratt like comes on and he's like walking across that terrain uh and <laughs> Grooving and, and, and sing with the little rats. Um, and somewhere in the middle, yeah, I dozed off. But, you know, I had been up for a while yeah. <laughs> making a movie. So, but I think later in the week, I, I went and saw it again and um, nothing had changed. It was still tons of fun. And um, uh, I, I missed the Guardians Volume 2 podcast week, but I, the sequel isn't as fun for me. Um, yeah. And part, part of the. The only thing that really bugged me was that when I in Guardians Two, I felt like it was way too expositional. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. scenes of characters just explaining who they are and why they're on screen, mm-hmm. um, compared to this one where it felt like it's very much a part of this journey that they're going on. Uh, like it's not it's active instead of where the sequel seems passive. Like things are just happening to them. Yeah. Whereas this one, they have to break out of prison. They have to take the uh, Infinity Stone to the Nova Corps. Um, and you know, in the sequel, egos like just pointing to TV screens and explaining his existence. I felt this very lazy, but it's still a fun sequel. But um, I'm just using this time to get in the rant I didn't get to get <laughs> do last week. But um, that prison break scene is one of my favorite sequences in the Marvel universe. You yeah. actually took his leg. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the whole thing from beginning to end, like Groot starting it early, like that whole sequence is yeah. unbelievably good. That whole wide shot of them explaining what they have to do and Groot's just in the background like yeah. doing it. So um, but I, I rewatched the uh, first one this week and there's actually quite a bit of expositional, expositional scenes too. They're yeah. just more veiled than the sequel was. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's also like with this universe, it's kind of hard not to have that. Yeah. You go from Iron Man to this and it's like, yeah. you can't just assume people are going to go along with Exactly. It. That's so. like the caveat is, yeah, you, ha- you kind of have to explain these fantastical things. Like how do you how do you work a well, living planet yeah. into something that a mainstream audience can yeah. understand? And I think they do it well to their credit. Like, even if it, because I do agree that like their writing in two is a bit clunkier mm-hmm. than one. Uh, I think its intentions are better than one, but I think the writing is a bit clunkier. Uh, but I think, I mean, it's just shocking to me that like today, my dad told me that Guardians of the Galaxy two is his favorite MCU film, and my mom thinks. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is her favorite film and the fact that a Guardians of the Galaxy film is someone's favorite comic book movie, <laughs> the movie is shocking shouldn't work yeah like in the same way that I said that about Avengers <laughs> and I still say that Avengers shouldn't work Guardians of the Galaxy shouldn't work it's got a talking raccoon and a tree that kind of talks it's got a qu- quote talking raccoon uh, or talking tree um, and yet somehow it is so much fun and you love all those characters. A character who literally says three words you really, really care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unbelievable. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only only James Gunn. Um. Oh, I just had the thought in my head. It just disappeared. Oh shoot. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 my favorite part of the MCU, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. God, what's the second part of the volume two? Oh, like the other thing that's clunky about the storytelling of two is, uh, and Mark Bernard on the Batman and Batman pod- podcast said it best. It's really a movie about Yondu's redemption, but we mm-hmm. don't get to see him. We don't get to see him in the journey as much mm-hmm. as he he should be in it. Whereas they're focusing on the father-son relationship which is not as developed as what really the movie's trying to get to which is Yondu's story as so a, I would disagree with that too. because I think it's a I think it is a father-son relationship but it's about Star-Lord's father-son relationship and the fact that he doesn't understand it right, right? but like the, the Star-Lord is the main character like it's really about him and it's about how he doesn't actually understand like what a father is and and the, that he this thing he thought he was missing and so broken about was in front of him the whole time right but I, I mean what's missing is you don't get to see that develop on screen in the movie it's all history i guess so like you have yeah. to know their relationship from the last movie which i was shocked watching the first one again they actually set up a bunch of stuff for ego in the first movie which i oh, didn't yeah. notice oh yeah um but it's like what what you're watching in in the sequel like what's actually happening on screen is like yandu and um star lord like they don't really get to do anything until the end which true. is a bummer yes. there's not a scene with the two of them earlier on yeah yeah that's true that's true like they start the most of the movie apart yeah um if and maybe you, that makes the impact of the end better. I, I don't think so. But. I think if you watch the two right up against each other so that you had that scene from the end of one, then it would probably work better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see that argument. I just disagree because yeah. it's still awesome. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's an amazing moment. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so good. Man. I just wished it like as a standalone thing. There was a there was an article this week that the guy who wrote the song Brandy is really excited because he feel feels like that the movie adds more weight to his song. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I shared that article with you. It was so good. <laughs> I, I've watched, I've listened to the soundtrack like over and over again like all week so, on the computer. So Just like man, it's a good soundtrack. And he wrote that like this plot based on those songs. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the first one he just plucked. Put them in. Oh yeah. yeah, the use of music in this is yeah, it's awesome. So cool. Uh, oh, it's me. Yep. Okay, uh, my number four is a another movie that I have talked about at, at much length uh, because I, I love it so much. Um, and I think, if anything, you'll be surprised that it's this low. Uh, my number four is uh, Rival. <laughs> there are days that define your story beyond your life. Like the day they arrived. I'm Colonel G.T. Webber from the Intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they call him, the UFO. He's being carted off in the medevac. Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, a door opens up. That's where we go in. It's time. 
introduction. More objects have landed around the world. This is one of 12. I'm never going to be able to speak their words. Got two days. Figure something out. I am human. It's their language. We need to make sure that they understand the difference between a weapon and a tool. Language is messy, and sometimes one can be both. Are you dreaming in their language? It's possible they're prodding us to fight among ourselves. This is just a way to force us to work together for once. It's more complicated than that. How is it more complicated? Russia just executed one of their own to keep their secret. We've got 21 hours before they start global war. So how do we clarify their intentions? I go back in. When does this feel worse? Should have been Independence Day Resurgence. <laughs> this is so much better than than like we don't have to even talk like that. Um, yeah, I mean, ID four I reloaded. I will be honest. I wrestled for a long time with putting prisoners here instead, um, partially because like with prisoners, the experience of seeing that movie for the first time was so shocking um, and made me fall in love with this director so much that then like it was, it was simply like the icing on the cake that three years later he would make, or a few years later he would make this amazing science fiction movie that would become my favorite film of the year and would be this thing that I would think about so much and would be so impactful on my life. Um, but then I realized like, well, yeah, I mean, I can, I can say that, but it's, it's not, Honest, the truth is, I, I and like rival way more. And what is the director's real name? Uh, uh, D- Dennis Vanilla Ice. Yes, and uh, <laughs> I love Dennis Vanilla Ice so much <laughs> that he's giving me a birthday present, and it's a Blade Runner sequel, which is pretty good looking too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's doing Dune. He's one upping David Lynch, which isn't possible. Uh, I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> Dune is David Lynch's second best film. So wow! <laughs> and by the way, Dune is unwatchably bad. No, yeah, that's why I said wow. Yeah, yes. uh, after the straight story, just in case anyone was wondering. Um, so uh, anyway, um, I'm also arrival. Really... Go ahead. If if there is like, if there is a theme maybe of the six years of us doing the show and the movies that I tend to love the most. Like I, I think Arrival and maybe my number one are like the epitome of that. You know. Because um, here's this movie that's really trying to say so much more about the way that we live our lives and you know who we choose to be, uh, and it's such a beautiful story that is also fascinating and fun and cool to watch, and it teaches you about language, which of course I would love. Um, we've talked about this movie so much, and I, honestly, I will also say that Ryan and I reviewing this episode or this movie was maybe one of my favorite episodes we've done and mm. one of my favorite reviews because I think if you go back and like listen to us just sort of squeal uh, about how much we love this movie, um, that, that was a certainly a fun memory for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I adore it. Everyone should see it. It was the most important film of 2016. So and I, also, as an omniscient person, you really appreciate omniscient people being right. pre- <laughs> hey, properly hey, presented. Hey, hey, spoilers. <laughs> I also uh, 
I, would, I remember like how I saw it. It was a couple weeks after it had come out, and I'd already downloaded the episode for Arrival. Oh yeah, and I had listened to like the first half of it. But I stopped before like the review happened because I wanted to see the film. Yeah, I remember I saw it at like a little. It was like eleven forty-five p.m. showing. Yeah, and I was sitting in the center of the, of the theater, and no one else was there, oh. and I was just in awe the entire time. And yeah. then when I left, it was like two a.m. at that point. I just immediately listened to the review and heard all of you talk about it. That's awesome. But I'm also really glad you got this film on your list because the asshole in me. Um, Incendies, which is his last French film before he started making American films, right. is my favorite film, and it would have been my number two film of this film Slosion, but it came out like two months before <laughs> you guys started. Well, so. but if you didn't see it, if it came out in France two months before, you could you could have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I it's, believe it's your exact really quote about Arrival was, "This is amazing." <laughs> no, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's fantastic. So, he's a great filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Van Lies. Brian? Uh, my number four is an also a, uh, an alien movie. It stars two of my most cherished actors. And when I saw the trailer for it for the first time, I'm like, this movie looks kind of vanilla. Holy shit, you put Prometheus on your list? Yeah. Uh, put Vanilla Sky but on your list? If, uh, but after watching it, I think it's one of the most clever sci-fi films I've ever seen. And it's live, die, repeat. Edge of Tomorrow. I'm going to tell you a story. At first, it's going to sound ridiculous. But the longer I talk... We have to find the keys. The more rational it's going to appear. I can't believe you found coffee. Sugar, right? Yeah. Hold on. Three. How many times have we been here? How many times? For me, it's been an eternity. The invasion will fail. We lose everything. I die within five minutes of landing on that beach, along with every other soldier. How did you do that? Come on! Come find me when you wake up! train you again again your legs broken no i'm good then you better start over oh come on i'm not a soldier of course you're not you're a weapon they want to conquer the rest of the world unless you change the outcome we are not equipped What's How many times have we been here? What are you not telling me? It's gonna be dark in a few hours. We'll curl up by the fire and open a bottle of wine. We should just reset. Whoa! Now what makes the movie so 
cool is you don't know how many times he's been there. Yeah. So you're left in the dark and you find out it's something like 26 times and you realize that he's lived with her dying so many times yeah. and it breaks his heart every time. So good. I love that movie. And yeah. it's one of those movies that's really grown on me. I mean, I really yeah. liked it when I saw it, but it, the more I've dissected it, the more I've watched it, it's just more I enjoy the movie immensely. It's a tragedy that I didn't see it in theaters. Like, cause it, again, it was great. I'm just, I'm I'm shocked. You I know. To see in theaters. Yeah, I didn't see it. I I remember watching it like here with like the Blu-ray came out and Dan and I watched it together um, because it was one of those that I, I think we didn't review it that week. I, I don't think. I don't remember. Um, and then for whatever reason, and then pretty sure we did. Uh, yeah, I know you reviewed it at some point. I don't know if you did that week or if you did it like as then, like a slow week or whatever. But yeah. Um. Anyway, but because it was just it was so poorly marketed. Um, yeah, because then I remember you're, you're like, this is one of the most amazing movies of the year. I remember the the first you know publicity photos they're showing was Tom Cruise running in that exoskeleton. You're like, what is yeah. this? Yeah. And then you realize it's yeah, the movie's awesome. Well, I mean, it's also like even like the title before they even go Edge of Tomorrow because it's, it's based on like a manga. Yeah. yeah. And it, and the manga is called <laughs> All You Need Is Kill, which is an even worse title. Yeah. Like, it just, so, yeah. I mean, Edge this of film like, is such a like milk toast sci-fi title, which is honestly the which is the best title of it. <laughs> no, I think "Live Die Repeat" is actually better. I don't, I just don't like "Live Die Repeat" and "Repeat." Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. "Live Re- Live Die Repeat" or is actually way better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I love that movie. Yeah, it, it was the main. It? it was the main episode. Was I not there? June tenth, two thousand fourteen. Was I not there? You were not there. Okay, huh. interesting. It was me and Ryan only. Huh. Yeah. Man, all right. That's probably one of our better episodes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, Henry, mentioned I love Emily Blunt. I don't know if I've ever said that. It was the day before uh, Comic Con. Oh, interesting. Because we did a uh, Twenty Two Nerd Street wrap up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Henry, number three. Uh, well, I was really excited to do this film because it was. My t- all my top three are all English language. I'm going to show you the trailers. You guys were really excited. But then fucking Zach had to go and do the trailer fucking instead. So my number three is fucking The Master 2. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, Thank God we don't have to relive this oh, movie yeah. again. Man. So, yeah, I fucking said everything I want to say about the fucking Master. <laughs> Thanks, Zach, for go, sweeping Zach. the leg on that one. Because when you were explaining it, it felt like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. <laughs> Get ready, because I think I might be sweeping the leg again. Um, of course you are. My number three film was the, no, it was the second film by this filmmaker I saw, and it it blew me away in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, My number three, I swear to God, if this is what I think it is, is Drive. Oh, thank God. If I drive for you, you give me a time and a place, I give you a five minute window. Anything happens in that five minutes and I'm yours, no matter what. I don't sit in while you're running it down, I don't carry a gun. I drive. So you just moved to LA? No, I've been here for a while. What do you do? I drive for movies. It's not dangerous. It's only part-time. You put this kid behind the wheel. There's nothing he can't do. Kid, I want you to meet Mr. Bernie Rose. My hands are a little dirty. So am I. My husband is coming home. Where is he? He's in prison. There's some guys that want me to do a job for him, and I'm not going to do it. What is that you got there? One of those men gave you that? What's the job? When you 
get your money. His debt's paid. You never go near his family again. second car? You said there would be another car to hold us up. Whose money do I have? I'm gonna tell you something. Anybody finds out we're both dead. That's why this driver's gotta go, Bernie. He's gotta go. you have or plans for your future I think you're gonna have to put that on hold for the rest of your life you're gonna be looking over your shoulder awesome it's, it's unquestionably referenced best film oh hands down it's i was thinking film. like maybe there's like one film that like i would like because i'm an asshole i like bronson no. a lot i like, do like bronson. that's the one i'm forgetting yeah i like yeah. bronson i like bronson more um yeah. so no, that, 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 that elevator. Scene I knew I was an alone. asshole deep down. <laughs> like I just forgot which one. The elevator uh, scene alone. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that could be it alone. But I remember walking into this film, still in film school. We're walking into the theater. We don't know where we're getting into, other yeah. than it uh, had like swept can in a big bad way. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that trailer. The trailer is like kind of strange because it. Uh, do you remember the controversy? Like, so some lady went to go see Drive in the theater yes, she and then she was sued the theater because the trailer sold it as a Fast and Furious movie. That's awesome. Which I'm like, that's stupid as fuck. Mm. But, um, like, the second half of that trailer kicked in, like, the first time I saw it, and I was like, oh, God, like, that's that, this looks interesting. I have to go check this out. September release had no idea it would blow me away from frame one to frame end. Yeah. Like, it's that fucking good. Uh, Gosling... You know he's he's one of my favorite actors working right now, um, like like from from the time this podcast started to now, and I, Cranston's in it. He's he's enjoyable, although he's not necessarily a, he's not like a major huge part. part. Of it, yeah. no, but he's, um, he's good and like the and very important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the uh, like, I Gosling obviously his performance sells me on this film, but God damn it, Albert Brooks is really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I I was. And I always knew Albert Brooks was really like strong actor, but I, I, I took this film for me to really realize how much, how much of a genius that man actually is, because he's because he's done these wonderful comedies over the years, and whether it's the seventies, eighties, nineties, and stuff like that. But just this performance, I don't know what it is, but it just kind of culminates all the best qualities of him as a performer. Um, and also, like I think it's beautifully shot. I think it's beautifully written um, as this wonderfully epic and very heroic story that also manages to have a scene in a strip club where a guy's about to because this is the scene that I thought was the most intense was he's about to literally like bash that bullet into that guy's head with a hammer Um, and uh, like and I just remember like the moment the blu-ray came out like I was just like I didn't have an HDTV at the time but it was the first blu-ray I ever bought because I was like someday I'll have an HDTV and I will be able to see this in the best possible quality imaginable yeah. so 
So yeah, that's my number three is Drive. I'm not going to spoil it, that's but there is, uh, there's one death scene that Albert Brooks kills a certain character, I'm not going to say who, yeah. uh, with a razor blade. Oh, I know what you're and talking about. And it is, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's the most memorable and most shocking death scene I think I've ever seen on film. Cause it, it, I, it's, that hit me and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> like, I and it's not, like, and, and, and let's go a little step further, what he does after that, oh, yeah. in such a calm manner, is amazing. No, yeah. How he how he does it is just so terrifying. It's done. Yeah. And it's, it's done. It's really good. It's stuck with me so much. Yep. So. so good. It's a good movie, guys. Yeah. Yep. And then he did the Neon Demon, uh, which no, is great. Which is totally fine. Nope. No, he did not do that next. He did mm. uh, no, he Only did. God Forgives next. Yeah. And, that and that's awful. <laughs> my review of the Neon Demon is literally just sometimes Poop. I have a moment in my head that reminds me of Fred <laughs> Savage from The Wonder Years. No. Poop. Fred, <laughs> you're number three. Around me? Yep. What did I pick? Hang on. <laughs> now I remember. Um, what should I say about this one? I bet it's a fucking neon demon. <laughs> did you make it? Huh? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're waiting for one of those, aren't you? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't, like, a lot of my top five are just fun movies. Uh, Good. This filmmaker is really, uh, another really clever filmmaker. Um just a sharp visual style makes very dense movies, um, and this one might be his densest one, densest one yet. Uh, my number three is The World's End. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and we're back, just like the Five Musketeers. Three Musketeers, isn't it? Well, nobody knows how many there were, really, do they? You know that the Three Musketeers is a fiction, right? Written by Alexander Dumas. A lot of people are saying that about the Bible these days. What, that it was written by Alexander Dumas? Oh, don't be daft, Steve. It was written by Jesus. We were there, yeah? Let's do this! They haven't seen each other in 20 years. I'm free to do what I want. But tonight, they're returning to their hometown to finish the ultimate pub crawl. This is our chance to finally conquer the Golden Mile. 12 pubs, 12 pints. And this time, they're going to make it to the last pub, the world's end. Let's go! What do you recommend? Beer. We'll have five of those, please. Four of those, and a tap water. What? Look who it is. Wow, long time. Gary. Welcome. Bienvenue. Welcome. Well, it's weird, isn't it? You come back and everything's sort of different. I suggest you get on your way. Welcome home, boys. It's not us that's changed. It's the town. What are you doing? It's all right. I'm not trying to have sex with you. There's something I need to tell you right now. Unless you do want to have sex, in which case I'll tell you afterwards. Tell me right now. What did he say, sir? Newton Haven has been taken over by robots. Did you believe him? Oh, shit, back to London. A, we're all drunk. B, we've got blood on our hands. It's more like ink. We've got ink on our hands. Ah! From the creators of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Let's climb down the drain pipe. I got a better idea. Climb down the drain pipe. The only way to survive the night what? is to make it all the way to the world's end. Where are the others? They're blending in. Hello, I am a robot. We're just five friends on a night out, <laughs> having a good time. The world's end. What the hell is that? We are going to get to the world's end if it kills us. Oh, no. Thank you.
So as you can see, such a dynamic um, style of filmmaking. Um, the fact that they t they take these genre comedies and then like layer them with like these poignant, meaningful like this one resonates with you know middle age and also the surprise that it's actually about a, like it's really about addiction. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, just it blew me away once like they at the in the in the World's End pub and you find out like that he he isn't the beginning of the movie isn't that he's an AA it's that he's a suicidal yeah. um, recovering suicidal uh, person like that just like it was devastating uh, reveal and. Um, yeah, I think it was my I think it was my favorite film of 2013. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. And I, I if you watch their special features, it's Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg write their movies on like this easel board, and they just go through scene by scene, and then they map it out, and then they go back and add all the dialogue and things mm -hmm. like that. It's pretty fun. Yeah, and the fact that they can recycle gags from their previous yeah. uh, films and make them fresh again. You want to think from even the shop, Cornetto. Yeah. <laughs> even, even that fence joke like in this movie that fence joke is almost like it's so ridiculous but it's it's just funnier because you know you know it from the, the past two movies mm -hmm. but like the fact that he he builds it so that like the fence posts stay up yeah the sections fall which makes no sense but it's amazing mm -hmm. it's a recently built fence and they just like laid it up against the post and they're gonna finish it tomorrow yeah they're all strung together with strings so that if one falls over they all go Oh man, oh it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. I yeah, think um, it's personally, I think it's his best written. Film. Yeah, I would like agree. I, th I think Hoffa's is my favorite one that I'll rewatch a lot. But I think this is his best written film. Yeah. So yeah, I think Shaun, Shaun of the Dead is more, the more fun one, but this yeah. one's definitely like yeah. the densest story. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm not ready to talk about this film yet. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, then we'll move. Well, revenge is a dish best served cold. So um, now you know what it's like. It's freezing. My number th three is uh, it's a movie Stupid. that I watch a couple. Ladies and gentlemen, the childish part of Brad Hay just came out in full force. <laughs> I got you. Uh, my number three is a movie that's long and that I watch a couple of times a year, and that every time I watch it, it. It becomes more and more, in my opinion, the masterpiece by the greatest director of all time. It's Twombly, isn't it? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> my number three is Lincoln. Ah. We here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. That this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. That government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. We can't tell our people they can vote yes on abolishing slavery unless at the same time we can tell them that you're seeking a negotiated peace. It's either the amendment or this Confederate peace. You cannot have both. How many hundreds of thousands have died during your administration? Congress must never declare equal those whom God created unequal. Leave the Constitution alone. We are stepped out upon the world stage now with the fate of human dignity in our hands. Blood's been spilled to afford us this moment now, now, now. Abraham Lincoln has asked us to work with him to accomplish the death of slavery. No one's ever been loved so much by the people. Don't. Waste that power. This fight is for the United States of America. 
thing we choose to be born, or we fit it to the times we're born into? Well, I don't know about myself. You may be. This settles the fate for all coming time. Not only of the millions now in bondage, but of unborn millions to come. Shall we stop this bleeding? So yeah, genuinely, the first time I watched this movie, I I cried for two and a half hours, and not because it's sad, but because every scene is beautiful in some way. Whether because it's that first scene with the Gettysburg Address, or or the scene where he goes home and lays down next to Todd, like or not Todd, um, um, what his son, um, like every single part of this movie is perfect, and it's lighthearted when it needs to be lighthearted and it hits every beat that it needs to hit um it's just like it's like a warm blanket of a film um that is moving and powerful and has so much to say uh man i mean you just sally field alone could make this movie earn its way onto my onto this list Mm -hmm. um it it's it's an incredible film uh, and I enjoy watching it every time that I see it. So, yeah, man, it's a good one. It's so it a very good film. It's got, I, a guy, it's got a guy named Bilbo in it. That's pretty good. I guess I, I just like it's weird because we've had like plenty of talks on the way back from recording episodes, and we've never had a discussion about Lincoln before, and I don't know why. But I, lo- I do love this film a lot. Um, <laughs> I just I. I guess when you say Spielberg, I guess I just encompass everything, but I've never thought to discuss specifics with you on this one. I would not have pegged the out of all the Spielberg films that have probably come out between now and when uh, between when this podcast started and now, I guess I wouldn't have pegged Lincoln. But yeah, I, I will. I will tell you that the two movies above this movie uh, above this are are there for sentimental reasons. Mm-hmm. When it comes to really like being a masterpiece of film, this is the number one. Okay. Uh, when you see the other two, and Brad already knows them, <laughs> when you see the other two, you'll be like, oh, yeah, James picked those because... Because he's James. <laughs> Shit, I, there's a thing I really want to say, so remind me to come back to this moment, because when we get to my number one, I, I'm, there's a thing... But anyway, okay. Siri, um, make a note. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, Lincoln, it's great. Good year, Ryan. Film. Uh, my number three is a movie that came out this year, and it's already been talked about. My number <gasps> three is Logan. I, uh, I way to have the balls to do it, man. No, I. It's a movie I've seen twice in theaters, and uh, I think Hugh Jackman is so great in this movie. I think it's a wonderful send off. It's a great culmination of the X-Men movies and it, it works even without the superhero angle. Yeah. You know, it's about to have a popular character like Wolverine be so vulnerable throughout the whole film, I think is risky and it pays off in spades and it just, everything works for me for this film. I, we've talked about it earlier, but yeah, I mean, you know, four hours ago, but it's, uh, (laughs) it's just one of my, it's one of my favorite films I've seen. Yeah. And it, I can't wait to see it again in black and white because I don't think it is that changed my viewing. I don't know. We'll see. The only thing I think it'll do is make 
the, make me feel classier. Make the CG <laughs> of young Logan a little bit better. Like that's the only thing I can think. Other than that, I mean, mm. the CG um, of young Logan in the film. Yeah, oh, of Weapon X. Yeah, the clone. oh right, yeah. Um, spoilers, but yeah, the you know the there's just so many little moments in it where the shocking revelation where Logan kills Ugh. Professor oh, X. So good, and and the scene he, that scene would be brilliant even if not for that ending, right? Like, yeah, just that scene of him talking in bed is great. Yeah, because what I liked about it when you see stuff. When you see movies like that, sometimes they take, I call it the pussyfoot way out, where it's going to be a dream. Yeah. But no, and not only does he kill Xavier, he kills that whole family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the heartbreak of when Logan grabs him and he's like, that wasn't me, that wasn't me. Yeah. uh, Is just, yeah, everything about that movie just works for me. Like That scene is so what the movie is about, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I agree. um, When I... When I had that realization after leaving the theater, because walking out, I was like, oh, man, like the, the villain was a clone. That's too bad. And then as I thought about it for the next few days and realized, like, oh, no, the, the villain is the personification yeah, of everything a, this character worst is. Nightmare. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is brilliant. Like, this is it's just so smart. Yep. Ah, man. Yeah, my man. number three. I just I noticed that, like, a lot of the time, like, what ends up being in our top, like, three is always a film that comes out, like, in the beginning of the year. Like, yeah. Logan, Mad Max, uh, so. Nice Guys, Fast Five. Just all, of, like, the best <laughs> yes. films. Like, Pretty much. Like, oh, dude, if Fast Five was within the six years, you had better believe. <laughs> no, no. I saw that. I saw that in Fort Collins. Yeah, I think it's 2010. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. All right, well. Cool. My number two. Uh, my number two what is. What language uh, is this movie in? English. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm for German. We've gotten to like Zach's defining film. You're defining film. You're defining film. You're defining film. This is my defined film. This is the film. Rude. Ugh, I can't believe. <laughs> I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Laura has to make an appearance on the 300th episode, guys. You don't. You don't understand. Um. She's probably just yeah, like, are you dead on the side of the road? Yeah, literally. Never she's like, two, so uh, uh, I, why aren't you home yet? <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid you're yeah, dead. Oh. Thank, thank, thank you for caring. I love you. Tell her I said hi. James says hi. Aww. Hi, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> hi. Everybody misses you. <laughs> Yeah. I guess I do too. <laughs> Happy 300th episode. Hey, yeah, Lauren, why don't you tell our listeners what your favorite film of the past six years has been? <laughs> I literally heard her go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's amazing. I love you too. Bye. <laughs> she thought I was like dead. Because, yeah, no. I mean, I've been awake for. <laughs> yeah, thirty-two but, hours now. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, oh right. boy. Yeah. Well, you get, so you, you get, are a top. So. Yeah, you get to this yeah. point where it's just like whatever. <laughs> uh, you, Brad knows he's used to do this, right? You like where you stay awake for so long that it's like meh, it's a haze. Like yeah, it's yeah. like you're you're just existing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like you have these like, out of body experiences. Still alive right and, now. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, so sorry yeah. you had that tremendous buildup and then just got okay. Yeah. So like, this so this is my defining film. This is one that I won't shut up about. And yeah, it's my defining film of the podcast. So yeah, my number two is Moonlight.
What you, what you looking at me like that for? What, man? Come on, you just drove down here? Yeah. Where's you, Sharon? for yourself who you're going to be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. You won't tell him why the other boys kick his ass all the time. What's wrong? I'm good. No. I ain't seen good. And you ain't it. Remember the last time I saw you? That's the scene that made me think that uh, Naomi Harris should win Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, she was I mean, I'm fine with Viola Davis winning it as well, but it, it was between those two. Um, yeah, I mean, I've talked about this film a lot. I remember uh, I remember seeing the trailer originally, and like, because I'm subscribed to the like, 24-up uh, YouTube channel, I thought, like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, I guess. And... Um, <laughs> And then, like, I heard, like, oh, it's pro- it's really good. And I was like, oh, okay. So, so I went, took the subway uh, to the Angelique uh, Film Center. Uh, I sat down, and I I think I cried at five different times in this film. It's just... But did you cry for two and a half hours? Let me go back to Lincoln. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... It's... I mean, it's, and I will say this, like, uh, I think if you have not had, like, an LGBT, like, growing up experience you won't relate to it as much as some other people. I think this is specifically made for these kinds, for these people. And it, it's the best uh, LGBT film ever made. Uh, it's the most honest. It's the most real. Uh, how they weave the storyline, I think, is beautiful. And I think it's fantastic. I think how Barry Jenkins directed it is genius, where he didn't allow uh, any of the three actors who were playing Chiron to meet each other. Uh, where it's like you have an you have an interpretation of it, and I'm going to make sure that you stay on what this character is. Uh, it's just it's so I don't know. It's I mean it's it's it, it's legitimately one of my favorite films of all time, and it changed who, it changed how I make films. It changed how I look at film. It's just all the acting. It I I I can talk about this film for hours. I remember I saw it and I certainly said I don't want to do an art house asshole for this film because I. I want it to be more than that. And it's just... I mean, I really regret making it not my number one film for the film explosion that year. There was a recency bias in why uh, it was number two that year. And, it's, and not your number one for six years, so... There is one <laughs> film that is number four of my favorite films of all time. This is probably number seven. And so that'll be number one. So, But it's... Yeah, I, if Moonlight is... And it, it's like... I feel like it'll never get the recognition it deserves because of the whole Oscar fiasco. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think La La Land is a great film. But this film, it just resonates with me so much more. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a shame that 
the whole Oscar fiasco happened because La La Land will always be talked about with Moonlight, but you can still talk about La. There's a lot of people that will still talk about La La Land on its own, whereas no one will ever talk about Moonlight without mentioning La La Land at this point. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. And I think it's a, I think it's honestly a travesty to the film. So. Fucking fade down away. So, <laughs> but yeah. So first, mommy, that's, that's dearest, know this. <laughs> cool, uh, Zach. My number two is a film that means a lot to me in terms of um, the time uh, the time that it came out and what it meant to me and my friends at the time. And it's also a movie that shouldn't fucking work. My number two is The Avengers. Oh, I'm so glad Disney's so Marvel's The Avengers. <laughs> Nicely done, Brad. Nicely I was done. waiting because I was like, I hope this ends up on like a list yeah. that's so big. Good choice. Movie yeah. shouldn't work, man. has started and we are hopelessly outgunned director fury i think it's time you're here with the mission sir trying to get me back in the world trying to save it doctor i need you to come in what if i say no I'll persuade you. What are you asking me to do? It's called the Avengers Initiative. I thought I didn't qualify. Apparently I'm, what is it, volatile, self-obsessed, and don't play well with others. I think they need a timeout. Lost creatures to defend you. You have made me very desperate. We're a time bomb. So, you notice on the trailer it says May 4th. May 3rd was a very big day for me because I had a film that won a lot of accolades for no fucking reason other than being black and white and pretentious. We had an after party. I'm not even going to mention the name of the film because it's been talked to death on this per- fucking podcast. Twice this episode. Yeah, but you're still talking yeah. about it. <laughs> but after the, after, the, after the award ceremony, I had the chance to either mingle with my, my film school compatriots or go with my other film school compatriots right back into the theater that we were watching my movie play in not more than, I want to say, two hours before and go see Avengers opening night, midnight, at the Cine Capri 
in Harkins. Hmm. And fuck my movie. <laughs> Avengers was everything that night. Yeah. Like, it was nice to get a plastic gold statue, but what was nicer was having a big box of nachos and watching the Hulk be the Hulk that I wanted to be, wanted it to be. Seeing Iron Man bring together this group that he starts in 2008 with Iron Man. Um, seeing characters like Captain America, which I love from their first film, and then grew to end up loving later down the line. To see Samuel Jackson like culminate all this together, and to see that heartbreaking that has oh. now been retcon death of Clark Gregg as Coulson. That still works if you just ignore that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. exists. <laughs> Which is really easy to do. Yeah, it's, <laughs> apparently, yeah. Um, but um, I just love this film because, as I said before, it shouldn't fucking work. Yeah. And like, and I was – I mean, I knew that with this list I had to pick an MCU film of some kind. And for a while it was Winter Soldier. And then for a little while it was Civil War. But then this one kept just coming back at me going like – this is the one you saw eight times in theaters. Mm. This is the one that you and Andrew Bueno, who's been on the show, would just say like, hey, we." it's like three weeks later. Hey, we're bored, and you work for a movie theater. Want to just go watch Avengers again? <laughs> and yeah. we would do that several times, and it was so much fun. Uh, we saw it in every size theater possible. Big, small, like freaking, like it was just fun. Fat, tall. It was literally like, I can honestly say... That even in spite of the fact of what would happen later in that summer, this was still one of my favorite summers of film hmm. because of what we got. Yes, there's heartbreak in that for me in my life, but there's also a lot of uplift because there's a lot of great memories that were made. Hmm. Um, and and that's also reflected in my number one. But I think that what the Avengers does for me is, is that it's just it's something that I will honestly like treasure for the rest of my life. And I know I don't talk about MCU films a lot in terms of a top ten list, but this one just like always stands out for me. And it was a travesty that it wasn't in my top ten of 2012, the year it came out and whatnot. Number one. Yeah, it was. It was like my number eleven. Did you see 11. it that year? No, maybe, I did. Maybe you didn't see it that year. No, I, I did. I did. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I did, but like it's like. You know, and and being able to rectify it in this way to me yeah. like says yeah. a, says a lot of the film's ability to have a staying power to it. Yeah. I remember like probably episodes, like early episodes of our show. Like obviously these two are big Marvel fans, but mm -hmm. as an outsider, I'm watching like this looks silly. How can this possibly work? Mm -hmm. um, and then being blown away, yeah, uh, seeing the final product, and then um, cut to years later where you're trying to advocate for DCEU. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Brad. I'm Anything sorry. can work. <laughs> <laughs> Suicide Squad will work. <laughs> now maybe you work too much. But then you yeah. saw Suicide Squad. What's um, incredible to me? I like Suicide I, Squad. I, Fuck I, you. No, I think it's better second time out. I toyed around with this movie a, a lot as well for that like historical you know reason of like oh man like this really proved you could do this and it was mm -hmm. amazing. But the reason why it ends up not on the list is because it's like. It's not the best Avengers movie. It's like my fifth favorite Marvel movie or lower than that. Like, there are a number of movies that have come out since then yeah. that I think are so much better, which is unfathomable. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't seem like it should be possible, but this really, like, it proved a concept. And I think, you know, it, it's 
it is a credit to that team and to Joss Whedon and everybody there because what they what they built here was like a template for something unbelievable that they were able to pull off later. I'm fairly um, sure this is the last time Paramount's logo even pops up mm-hmm. on an MCU yeah, film. Yeah, I uh, I remember I was a freshman in high school when this film came out. And my friend and I tricked our parents into thinking that there wasn't school the next day <laughs> so that we could go to the midnight, pr- 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 midnight premiere. Yeah, that's awesome. And then we did the exact same thing our senior year when Avengers 2 came out. So, <laughs> that's like, funny. Did you go to like all the clocks in the house and like reset them? Uh, <laughs> tell, tell everybody no, we were Friday. like, cause I think like what happened was like that Friday was also a holiday. So and so, and so we were like, what? yeah, there's no school the next day. So, <laughs> Sorry, we Henry, there is school on Arbor Day. <laughs> hear that? I don't I heard it. I think I heard like a squeak, but... Oh, squeak. Anyway, sorry. Um, like a meow. The, uh... Yeah, I, I saw it... I saw it three times in a 24-hour yeah. period. When it wow. Came yeah. 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 I, mean, people, I don't think people realize... I mean, I'm sure people realize, some people realize it, but this has revolutionized filmmaking in gen, Like, uh-huh. in, in the world. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least blockbusters, at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, for, and to some degree, for good and for bad. Well, yeah, there's a lot of bad yeah, things that have come out of it. But. Yeah, I, I considered it for my list too because it's it's kind of significant for the podcast because it's kind of like one of the last times we had like a big, like we used to go to the Regal, um, not Belmar, Denver, Denver West, no, uh, Mills, Mills, yeah, Mills for like most of our movies. Yep, and then like this is kind of the last time before we transition, like for a big movie before we transition to the Alamo Draft Houses, our like main. Hmm. Movie going place, so like yeah, um, yeah. Like we don't dressed, miss that. We dressed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did. That's one of our yeah, most popular cover photos. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Very cool. That's a good pick, Zach. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you got it on there. Thank you, Brad. No. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh. I'm alive. <laughs> oh. Um, it's two o'clock in the morning, everybody. Yes, it is. Is it? Jesus Christ. Well, it will be soon. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, it's going to wrap up pretty quick. Yeah, we're Um, we're getting close. So my number two is just badass and cool as hell. But it's already (gasps) been talked about. Yeah. Sorry, man. And it's Drive. Oh, nice. (laughs) Fuck me. (laughs) I'm an asshole. No, it's this guy. Oh, no, I know. I screwed him over, yeah. 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 yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is part of the, the... You were you were tapping the thing and it was making a, a like a really bad sound. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, drive. It was um, part of this stretch of the podcast. Like my first big absence was like six weeks in a row <laughs> in the early days of the show, oh. and um, it's another forty hour um, in like in the Experience. timeline of uh, kind of because like we did the forty eight and then a couple weeks later I went to L A. And oh, okay. the, my first time being in Los Angeles in this Ooh. movie, which is set in L.A., is like the first movie I saw there in Los Feliz. And um, I remember watching being like, that was cool, I guess. Um, I don't know how to feel about it. And then went on with my life and then <laughs> came home. And then like much like Neon Demon, like it just kind of like stuck with me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the more I watched it, the more I appreciated you know, I, I was already a fan of reference work from Bronson. Yeah. Um, and this is definitely more mainstream, but it, like it's just so nuanced and so powerful and um, so left field. Um, it's 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 so, so it's so cool. Like the soundtrack is awesome. Um, the acting, 
it's a simple story. It's yeah. a hero's journey again. Um, but it's just the, the coat of paint that Refn puts on it. Um, I know it's based on the book, so it's... Oh, is it really? Yeah. Wow, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know like, that. They were going to make driver. a sequel because there's like a it's sequel a, book. Wow. But, mm-hmm. um, they shouldn't. They made a the right call by not. <laughs> yeah. But someone argued that everyone wants him to make... Like every movie since then is him trying to make Well, I, th- I think like I was going to say, I think Drive is mainstream, not to a fault, but I think this film has ruined him for the rest of his yeah, career. Well, if, if you saw the documentary that his wife put together of him for making about, Only If God Forgives, yeah. like you see him just being like so bummed out that's like, everyone wants me to make Drive again, and I don't yeah. want to make Drive again, yeah. but I think I have to make Drive again. Yeah. So, I mean, good to, good for him to stick into his gun, guns, though, and making... I mean, <laughs> as much as I don't like Only God Forgives, he still made it. He made the one that he wanted to make, and then he continued to do that with Neon Demon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did not, like, sell out. I'm, I'm using quotation marks, so... yeah. I mean, he wants to sell it with Batgirl. Like, I'd well, like to see it, but it's not what the DCU needs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, boy. Drive, man. Yeah, but Drive's awesome. It's my second favorite yeah. of the things we watched. It's me. Yeah. My number two. Um, I mean, it's going to be really obvious why this movie is on my list. My number two is the Lego movie. Okay, and we're rolling and action. Just go ahead when you're ready. Sorry, I wasn't listening. I've just been batmailing on my bat phone. Yeah, can you just do the line, please? I'm Batman. No, the other line. Oh, right. I'm supposed to say some baloney about how you shouldn't click that skip button. Yeah, the sooner you do that, the sooner we can show people the trailer for the Lego movie. <sighs> fine, 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 fine. Crank up those subwoofers, dude, and check this out. <laughs> Good morning, apartment. Ready to start the day. Jumping jacks, hit them. One, two, three. I am so pumped up. Yes, overpriced coffee. That's $37. Awesome. Everything is awesome. Oh my gosh, I love this song. Come with me if you want to not die. What is happening? You're the special. And the prophecy states that you're the most important person in the universe. That's you, right? Uh, yes. That's me. Relax, everybody. I'm here. Batman? Awesome! Who are you here to see? I'm here to see your butt. Oh, my gosh. Ow. Wham. First try. My fellow master builders. Hello! Lord Business plans to end the world as we know it. There is yet one hope. The special has arisen. I know what you're thinking. He is the least qualified person to lead us. And you are right. A house divided against itself would be better than this. Abraham Lincoln! I'm not the special. I'm just a regular, normal guy. You have the ability to be the special because I believe in you. Destroy him! Aloha, loser! We're winging. It's a bad pun. Take him to the melding chamber. Isn't there supposed to also be a good cop? Hi, buddy. Would you like a glass of water? Yeah, actually. Too bad. We are entering your mind. What? I don't think he's ever had an original thought. That's not true. Introducing the double-decker couch. 
so everyone could watch TV together and be buddies. That is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Let me handle this. That idea is just the worst. To the Batmobile. Dang it. To the invisible jet. Dang it. Yet another yeah. movie that shouldn't fucking work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and uh, is obviously very close to my heart because it's all a bunch of Lego stuff. Um, but when the twist happens, it's one of the most like shook me to my core. Holy shit, you did this. Like mm-hmm. really so intelligent and something I, I would have never thought of moments. Because I, um, I, when, I, when it first came out, I was like, oh, they're going to make a Lego movie. Then when I saw the movie, I'm like, there's a twist in the Lego movie? And it's like, it's it's a wise twist. Like, it's yeah. so smart. Very yeah. wise. Um, and it makes that movie be become so much more than just like, oh, this is a fun movie with some Lego guys. Which, if it was just the fun movie with the Lego guys would have still made it one of the most fun like kids movies I've seen um and it, you know it's already really intelligent uh the story about Emmett is a good kids movie lesson but then when when that twist happens like, that is such a heart-wrenching beautiful moment mm-hmm. um that yeah I I just I adore this movie so much so yeah it's great awesome pick thank you <laughs> Just the making of it is just like if you watch like the making of it, it's mm-hmm. so. Fa- I mean, especially like the detail that they put in, where like they put in like fingerprints on the Lego bricks. Oh, I'll even go so far as to say, so yeah, I- I've loved Lego since I was a kid. I have a, I own a lot of Lego. There's Lego all over the apartment that we are in right now. Yeah, which Legos it's... you can see in season one of the Runners Pod Show episode. Are you can <laughs> episode um, four. Four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of those. Anyway, um, the. No, episode one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the Robert Downey Jr. scene. We uh, we do it in the leg room. Yeah, I think. No, because Ryan's asking you for help with a ghost. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That is what it is. Anyway, um, it's even great because <coughs> because the Lego sets that they made after this movie are some of the most fun sets to build I've ever enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, like it it actually allows like. Lego engineers to do some really creative things with Lego um, that it, it's just great. Like the fact that mm. it even makes Lego itself better is is amazing. So anyway, by the way, I have to commend you on picking at least one movie from each year on your list. Oh, did I? Yeah, not intentional. <laughs> oh, well, never well mind. <laughs> I take it back. But yeah, Ryan, uh, my number two is a dark film. But a film with, I think, the best performance by this actress. And it's shot really well. And what I like about it is it takes you into a world where you don't know what's happening. So you're seeing it through her eyes. And as the world slowly plays itself out, you find out who the hitman really is. And uh, my number two film is Sicario. State Department is pulling an agent that specializes in cartel activity. FBI! You'll be part of the team. What's our objective? To dramatically overreact. We're not American. Who do you work for now? I go where I'm sent. Well, 
welcome to water. Somebody say a prayer for me. If they kill me on Tuesday, bury me on Wednesday, for me Thursday. Gotta be careful around these people. I just wanna know what I'm getting into. You saw things you shouldn't have seen. He's a hitman. Yeah, no, I love this movie. That Taylor Sheridan guy is a really good writer. <laughs> it's just things I love about movies. I it's it's dark and uh, because even the character Emily Blunt's character, she's not perfect. She makes mistakes. You know, when she meets Shane from The Walking Dead and <laughs> uh, things like that, and even uh, but the scene. She should, she should have known. It's Shane. Yeah. Come on. It's Benicio Del Toro, when he goes to the house of the man of the cartel who killed his family, and he just sits and has dinner with him. And I like again, I like movies that don't pull punches. And he murders every single member of the family: kids, yeah, wife, dad. And yeah, that that sequence is just rough. Because he even introduced at the beginning the the crooked cop in Mexico and he kills him. Doesn't mm-hmm. care. Yeah. Uh, and then he, yeah, it, it, the scene at the end too, when he goes to talk to Emily Blonde's character where he said, you need a sign. This is what happened. Yeah. Don't make me have to kill you too. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really powerful stuff. Kind of quiet, but it, it's a long movie, but it doesn't feel long. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderfully shot. And I, just, I, I love the film. He's like, uh, He's like Anton Chigurh if you understood him, which is like a really criminally terrifying idea. But um, like the behavior is similar, uh, but it's not it's not crazy. It's just has a direction. Mm -hmm. It's it's cool, man. Yeah, I love that movie. It's amazing that there are four films directed by Denis Villeneuve who that all of them could be on one of our list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping that Brad puts Prisoners on for his number one at this point. <laughs> Henry, number one film. All right, my number one film, it is uh, another NC-17 film. It is a film about addiction, but it talks about it through what, being addicted to something that you don't see in film very often. My number one film is my fourth favorite film of all time. My uh, fourth film of all time is Shame. Oh, dong. <laughs> yeah. Fastbender, dong. huge dong. Some explicit sexual Little content. Trailers just swing. <laughs> Some. Some. Yeah. It's not like it's the entire film or anything. They should do a thing where, like, when uh, Michael Fassbender walks into the frame, mm-hmm. like the frame shakes because his dong is hitting the edges of it. That video exists. <laughs> if you look, if you opening scene of him walking around his apartment <laughs> naked, someone stabilized it to his dong. <laughs> it looks incredible. That's amazing. Oh man, I heard that was this is a Steve McQueen movie. Yeah. I, Michael Fassbender is such a great actor. I think he's so good at yeah. moving in and out of roles. This is the film that made me fall in love with him. 
Because this is the same year that uh, uh, First Class happened. And so, like, oh, this, yeah. like, was his big year. There's lots of boobies in that movie too. How many trailers with, did you see Carrie Mulligan in? in our yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, it's a shame. Uh, it's uh, I think it's the best film about sex ever made. Uh, I think because it paints it in a really, in a really disgusting way, almost, which you don't see in film a lot. Uh, I think it's just really interesting how they how he, how Steve McQueen approaches. I think every film Steve McQueen has made is a masterpiece. Uh, have you have you seen uh, Fifty Shades Darker? Because that's pretty disgusting. <laughs> yeah, but they, that's still trying to romanticize it. Like this film is like this is what it is, and it's awful. So, uh, but I mean, between this Hunger, uh, Twelve Years a Slave, Steve McQueen knows how to direct really uncomfortable things, and he does it in a way that's so elegant. Mm. Uh, this film, I also is a special place in my heart because I saw it before I was seventeen, and uh, I was reported to the authorities, and I was almost suspended from school for seeing this film. Really? Yeah. So, wow. uh, it was an interesting time. So that was when I was a freshman in high school. Um, Priorities, huh? They're like they're like walking you out of the theater. And you're like, it's my number four film of all time. <laughs> but it's just get it, get it. I. Th- I Fassbender was not nominated for Best Actor for it, uh, but he definitely should have. It is easy. My wife loved me so much. Relax. <laughs> um, but I think just, I think if you have not seen it yet, you definitely need to because this is the best performance Michael Fassbender has ever given. Mm. Uh, I think it is. He just completely. I don't know. It was before like he like officially became like this huge name. Yeah, and he was still. <coughs> You don't see him in these roles anymore. He was able to take more risks. Yeah, like he doesn't hang dong anymore. And I think that's <laughs> well, the, that's the did real. Did you travesty. see Assassin's Creed? Because I didn't. Maybe he does. <laughs> Brad, you saw it. Does he hang dong? No dong. Oh, see, guys, doesn't I hang mean, dong. It's not on screen, but when he's suspended in midair, that's like true. technically his dong is yeah. hanging. Which... <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if there's a cock sock on there. Uh, speaking of socks, um, but it's just, I don't, it just, I don't, it just. Yeah, like, great visual joke. <laughs> that was great. Um, <laughs> why is the head purple? That's, <laughs> that should not have worked so out like tightly. that. <laughs> it's, it's, the perfect, it's the perfect uncircumcised penis. So for for those at home, uh, we were out of uh, of of pop filters. So there's there's just a sock over Henry's mic right now. And it's bunching up like and a foreskin. But, Sorry, Mom. but shame, it's just... <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> that it's your number one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's just, it's stuck with me so much. I mean, like, I think maybe I shouldn't have seen it when I was a freshman in high school. Because <laughs> it kind of shaped my view of sex for pretty much the rest of my life. Sure. But it's, 
I think it's the most interesting portrayal of sex in film I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of portrayals of sex in film. Uh, yes, you've shown us most of them tonight. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's my number one film and my number four film of all time, Shame. Nice. Nice choice. Zack Attack. Okay, we're on to my number one film. Uh, my number one film is um, uh, is something I'm ready to talk about now because Brad already fucked it for me. <laughs> my number one film is Edgar Wright's best movie ever. Um, so I can't remember. Like, the, uh, the World's End. Yes, the world's end. Okay, I sorry. thought it was gonna be Scott Pilgrim. No. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. In a different world, this would, that Scott Pilgrim might have been my favorite uh, Edgar Wright film of all time. But um, if we start a podcast a year earlier, <laughs> <laughs> possibly we, know, we will never know. I guess. Then Eat, Pray, Love would have been in my list. <laughs> <laughs> Five to one. <laughs> um, so I really wanted my number one film for a list like this to be something that I really enjoyed watching with you guys because because this has become a huge part of my life on a weekly basis. And at first it was going to be the incredible Burt Wonderstone. I know. Like, that was, oh, yeah, yeah, which, I I, which, I, which I really fought hard to get it on there. I, I, I tried to find a place for it. I was like, well, maybe it's not number one, maybe it's number five. Or it's whatever. a great movie. Yeah, but... I think of all the episodes we've done, and this this includes the Walrus movie. Um, out of all the episodes we've done, I think I think my favorite episode to listen to is the one where we review the World's End because it is one of the most mature discussions I had with people about cinema outside of people in film school, and that meant a lot to me so much so that when I kept coming back on the show. I was just like, uh, it's kind of like chasing that like same freaking forever chasing that first time. Yeah, <laughs> like, pretty much. It, 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 I mean, like, and and I think like I'm talking attic chasing. <laughs> yeah, and I think that this film, above anything else, is it's the most mature Edgar Wright has ever been on on screen with his with with his work. Um, I think that, and th- and that seems to tend to be my favorite film from most filmmakers is their more mature work. Like with Quentin Tarantino, it's Jackie Brown. With Edgar Wright, it's The World's End. Um, you know, I'm kind of blanking right now because it's like two in the morning. But um, <laughs> um, I love Simon Pegg's performance in this movie. The reveal that Brad talked about at the end, where or, or close to the end, where he reveals that he was slashing his wrists. I'm like, I, I remember being in the theater and we. I went to the Alamo. It was my first time going to the Alamo, actually. It was also this. And I actually went to the big party where they showed Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and this. Back to back to back. And it was a great rollicking time. Everybody was having fun and laughing. And then that moment happened and the theater went silent. Mm -hmm. And for a solid five minutes, even though there's some jokes being laid down, you could tell everybody in the room was having the same effect of just like, wow, these films mean a lot to not just me, but to, to the people making them. And that just blew my mind away. Um, I didn't make the, there's only one year that I didn't make a top 10 list and it was 2013 because I was living in LA and I was going through a very, very rough period of my life that I've thankfully come out of in a better way for the, for the better um, because of stuff that had happened the year before. And I, I can honestly say that this film I'll go back to when I'm feeling very, very low, just so I can remind myself of what 
what cinema can do for me to make me feel better. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily comfort food per se. It's more like a kick in the ass that I need every so often. So I will watch this film regularly more so than because when Scott Pilgrim came out, I actually saw that a lot in theaters. And, mm-hmm. and up to then, it was my favorite Edgar Wright movie because I was like, oh, he's saying something about love that I really, really respect. And then this movie comes out, and I'm like, yeah, that 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 movie about that asshole is really great, but this movie about this asshole is really, really great. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so it's a movie that, I, I mean, honestly, like how Edgar and Simon did not get nominated for a screenplay Oscar for this film Truly made me disrespect the academy. Because it's sci-fi. Right Does it? Oh, it doesn't yeah. matter. It is. I know. It, I know. It doesn't matter. It should, yeah, or it shouldn't matter at least. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, the world's end. It's it, it. It was. It 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 could only be this movie. Nice. So cool. Good choice. Good one. Mm-hmm. Brent. All right. Does it? Um. So I, I, I before I said drive was cool and super badass but this movie is even cooler and even more badass I'm and sorry. um I'm a, I'm a dense person <laughs> um you know i i, it's I keanu <laughs> <laughs> i got preview tickets to it and i was like you know th- it had been advertised leading up to the summer movie season just thinking like okay they're making another one of these whatever and then i went into this preview and it was just like like things my life had changed like <laughs> Like, how could this, and I sat there like watching it in the first few frames going like, God, this dialogue is terrible. Like, is this what I'm in for? This is going to be like garbage. <laughs> and then by the end of the movie, I could not wait to see it again. Um, but it was a preview. So I had to wait. And, uh, my number one movie that we've seen in our 10 years podcasters is Mad Max Fury Road. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was really hoping you were building that up to be like, and my number one is Thunderbolt. <laughs> <laughs> my own movies. <laughs> Turbo Kid. I just lumped them all into the number one. <laughs> just Brad's films. <laughs> my number one is Thunderbolt 2 and JCVD. And you can it through all of the trailers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to watch them all. It's okay, oh, they're short. Oh, my goodness. Oh, um, yeah, so, yeah, I, wa- like, I watched it. Like The action, amazing. Um, immediately rushed to Facebook telling everyone like, this is a, a new experience in film. Like you have to check it out. And, uh, it changed my summer. Uh, yeah. And then I saw it again at the drive-in and that introduced me to the 88 drive-in, um, where apart from the Alamo is like the second best experience I have watching movies in Denver. Um, so like it opened that door. Um, well, that's cool. It's funny, I hadn't thought about the fact that, like, yeah, the that opening scene, you're right, like, the dialogue isn't great, but it's also, like, the last time he talks. <laughs> like, he, he hardly says a word the rest well, of the it's movie. it's not even Tom Hardy. It's, overall, it's got, like, this apocalyptic language that yeah. you just think is, like, terrible writing at first. Yeah. And then once you finally sink into its world, you realize that um, it, it, like, it is this apocalyptic. Like, this is their behavior. Yeah, this is, the, it's appropriate to this world. And see, um, James, I knew that was Brad's favorite movie, so I didn't put it on my top ten list so he could have this moment. No, I know. <laughs> I, I knew when I put it on there, I was like, I know this is going to be higher on Brad's list. But I also knew it's one of the ten best movies. I mean, if there's a list that you're going to like, if there's a movie you're going to take like, and add to your list and like, you know, take this moment away from me, like it's it's deserving. Like I'm glad you have it on your list because it's amazing. Hell yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Remember when that guy on the motorcycle jumps on that thing and then he slides under the truck and catches and then they and then and then he falls off. And yeah. Oh, that's what I want to say is it's also the simplest plot. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of what I hear people don't like about it is like, oh yeah, it's you know, it's it's a it's a simple thing. Uh, what's so special about it? Um, it's kind of magic that, of it. Yeah. And I remember getting past the second act and wondering like, how are they going to wrap this up? And then. The fact that they have to go back the, and just so redo good. what they already did in opposite. So good. I was just sitting in my seat just going like, I love this. Yeah. This is genius. I, I think part of what I love about it is like, you know, I, I grew up at liking uh, the Road Warrior. I mean, well, at least not grow. You know, I don't know. My brother probably showed it to me when I was 13, something like that. Um, and the, the one really good, I mean, the Road Warrior is cool, but the best part of the Road Warrior is the truck chase at the end. And this movie is just that truck chase for two hours. Yep. But, like, on acid. Like, it's so much better. Um, it's it's genuinely, 11. like, if you thought, like, oh, what would I want out of a Mad Max movie? Like, this is it. But but way more. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I, I'd seen The Road Warrior and, like, the first one's barely, like, the apocalyptic. Oh, yeah. The first thing, one's not even. Like, each of the movies are, they're, they're kind of, like... The Legend of Zelda, where they're iterations of the yeah, same characters, yes. um, yeah. but they all have their own stories in the same world. Um, yeah, so I, you know, like I said, got preview tickets. I was like, okay, I'm doing a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care if this Mad Max's movie is good or not. And then just being like, I want more of this. <laughs> so yeah, I hope I hope George Miller gets to do the Wasteland or whatever he's got planned. Yeah. But. Whatever he wants, give him more money. Sheesh. James, my number one, Uh, my number one is uh, so the 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 thing about Lincoln is that the the reason I was freaking out before was because the the funny thing is my number one is actually a reference to Steven Spielberg in almost every moment. Oh yeah. So the slowly but surely. This is a movie that is you know absolutely here for for a lot of sentimental reasons. I think it's one of the it's one of the first couple of reviews that we did. Um, and honestly, like I remember that night and I remember that review and it was probably the moment when I was like, Oh hell yeah, this is like really fun and I want to do this for a really long time. Mm. Uh, and on top of that, it's also one of my favorite films and, and a movie that I can watch endlessly because it's, it's fantastic. Uh, my number one is super eight. obviously changed for us. I have to help Charles finish his movie. It'd be good for you to spend some time with kids who don't run around with cameras and monster makeup. Uh, could you close your eyes, please? Yeah. And action! Freighter derailed. 
What the cargo was on that freighter, we don't know. I can't tell anyone. I know. I understand you have concerns about our cargo. Colonel, there isn't anything else that I should know with, sir. I can assure you the answer is no. We've gotten calls from people who have found local dogs, but the calls coming in aren't local. It's like they all just ran away. I've got property damage. I've got theft. I've got nine people missing now. There are things happening around here that I can't explain. Bruce Greenwood as the monster. I'll, I'll start off just by saying that if only for the scene where Joe and Alice are sitting on, on the floor in Joe's, Joe's room watching the, the video of, uh, of his mom and telling the stories about like their guilt and shame and how amazing those performances are, if it were only for that scene, this would be in my top ten. Um, this movie is so much fun. It It is maybe the most perfect like example of what i love in movies and why i like watching movies uh because it is it's a it's a great coming of age story and it's a great adventure film and the the characters are the reason you're there like it's got so much heart uh it's more than just like you know a silly a silly alien movie um and man like i just remember walking out of that theater and being so blown away by these kids um you know, I I I, literally, I watched it earlier today just because I was like, I want to make sure I'm not crazy and I don't need to like make a last minute change. And I I don't. Um, I it made me cry again today. Like I got to the end and as the as like Kyle Chandler gets out of that jeep and sees Joe and then at the end when the when when he even though it doesn't make sense and I understand that because it doesn't matter when like when like the necklace goes up and he grabs it and he's like, oh, it's just it's just beautiful. Uh, it's such a wonderful movie, um, and I I think it's it's Giacchino's best score. Like it's the most iconic J or um, John Williams esque like m- memorable score for me that Giacchino has done. Or when I just hear those little licks, I'm like, oh, you know. Uh, as soon as I started the movie, I was like right back in that place. Um, it's it's an incredible movie that I would recommend to literally anyone. Um, because I don't know how anyone would not like it. Um, even the thing, even the thing that everybody criticizes of like the, the lens flares, uh, they're wrong. Um, watching it today, I was like, actually, no, he achieves exactly what he wants. The frame feels wider. Like it feels like the world outside of the, the frame is actually interacting like it makes you feel like you're you're just seeing a piece of a much larger world and it works um yes you notice Ooh, there's 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 lens flares but it works uh the, the movie is just amazing uh, from the very first shot man like how little storytelling there is in that first section where where joe is sitting on the on the swing outside 
and you're learning like just the building blocks of this story. It's amazing. Um, so yeah. And every time I watch it, I think about the fact that we do this show and that makes me happy. Is our second episode in in your first true, true appearance. (laughs) Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we recorded at your parents' place. Uh huh. Yep. Late afterwards when we still saw movies. (laughs) When we still (laughs) saw movies and then went and recorded back when we were young. Yep. Yep. Uh, so originally my number one was going to be from our pod show, but then I thought I was cheating. I was actually going to pick Jonathan Tearson's human barbecue really, (laughs) because I actually think it was us at our best making it. So, I mean, my idea, I thought you're directing and shots are the best in that. And then James took my idea and made a script out of it. And being at a con where we were invited to, because we had a panel with three people there (laughs) And we're like, fuck this. We decided to write a script. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. If oh, you haven't right. seen uh, this episode, you can go to our Vimeo page or our YouTube page and watch it. Or you can go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics and pick up the very last Blu-ray in existence. Maybe. Maybe it got bought today. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, so Run, yeah, you can walk. pick that up. But <laughs> if, Right into Real Nurse Podcast and tell us if you bought that last copy. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody here, you know, we're getting to the end and I won't make it too long because I know everyone's tired. That's but right. I appreciate everybody, what they do. Um, Henry, your beautiful voice <laughs> and uh, being in James' apartment for the first time and meeting you for the first time and you opening up with your story about your feature film you were making, I think is a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing you're doing. And now that you're going to film school in New York, uh, hats off to you, my man. Thank you. Uh, Zach, I know I give you shit about Twombly, but it's a wonderful <laughs> film. Uh, I think you did a great job with it. It's still my favorite film you've made. So keep up the good work. <laughs> Thank you. Brad, my, one of my oldest friends. And I appreciate all your hard work. You you bust your ass, and you're the quiet one. But none of this would look as great as it did without you. Mm, seconded. And James, you just have a, an opinion that I enjoy. James is here too. No, if are you die? Do you have cancer? Ryan? <laughs> no, no. I you know I'm often accused of being an asshole, but in all seriousness, I do appreciate not everybody's by, hard work. Not and by anyone. Wait till here. people hear the supercut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, James has become one of my closest friends because I met him through my wife, and that just made me and James close because of how great he was to my wife before she was my wife, and I think that's really important. And how great he is with my kid as something I'll never be able to replace. That my kid calls you Uncle James is means the world to me. Mm. But to real things, and that really matter, uh, my number one <laughs> film might actually surprise some people. Yep. It, does, it doesn't surprise me. It's the film I've watched the most since we've started this podcast. Uh, it's a thriller that doesn't fit into the mold of what this should be. <laughs> it's my favorite MCU <laughs> film. And my number one film huh. is... Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. He's a ghost. You'll never find him. Join S.H.I.E.L.D. to protect people. Captain, to build a better world, sometimes means tearing the old one down. That makes enemies. Fast. 
ready? All it takes is one step. People are gonna die. I can't let that happen. Captain America needs my help. When do we start? We just did. The freedom is high. And it's a price I'm willing to pay. You told me not to trust anyone. This is how it ends. Everything goes. Looks like you're giving the orders now, Captain. Damn right. from the bad guys. If they're shooting at you, they're bad. Man, I love Iron Man 3. I love all those movies. But this one also took some of my favorite directors from a sitcom and proved that they could make super big budget action movies with lots of heart and uh, and take in directions. They you wouldn't expect. I mean, you have Robert Redford playing the villain. Yeah. Uh, Robert Redford says hell Hydra. Yeah. I was going to say, remember when he said that thing that nobody ever thought would ever come out of his fucking mouth. (laughs) Oh man. uh, So it's the culmination of everything I love about movies. You know, I love superhero movies and I I just, I I absolutely adore that movie and I I watch it probably once every three months just because I want to experience it again. And I always catch things I missed and yeah, it shaped the Marvel universe, how we, know it today and mm-hmm. uh it's just a wonderful film i am surprised i'm i'm apt i'm definitely surprised that i really one. thought it was gonna be iron man 3 that's cool yeah really me too or or saving no. mr banks i'm surprised there's no statham on your list well it's, no. it's not the best 10 best movies <laughs> saving mr banks lincoln those were movies that i really struggled with yeah. if you could see my list i literally cross things off over and over again and then mm-hmm. i just boil it down to like I said at the top of the show, what do I enjoy watching the most, and yeah. what do I watch the most? And I, I, I do think Winter Soldier. If you go back, I did rank every single comic book movie. Winter Soldier is number three, and it goes Winter Soldier, The Dark Knight, then Spider Man Two. So mm-hmm. um, maybe Spider Man Homecoming will unseat it. I don't know. That. Yeah. Actually, I take yeah. that back. I thought Frozen would be your number one. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, I, I'm but really, you had to let it go. <laughs> I'm really glad that someone had this epi- had this. Uh, film on because this was the first episode that i ever listened to of real nerds podcast yeah so i got introduced to that year at comic-con i saw you guys in like the banner on the website Mm -hmm. and i was like hey a film podcast (laughs) and so like i was like i don't like the films you're reviewing right now i'm gonna listen to this one so So, yeah it's uh that's funny so yeah very good winter soldier that's a good one Man, how many? How many did we did we hit every MCU movie? Like, did we? No, no, four, <laughs> no. not even close. Yeah. Yeah. No. Iron Man three, Ant Man, but we got both Thor's, Thor's. Yeah. But seriously, guys, am I, I the only one who didn't have a? No, I didn't. Well, no, yeah, you didn't. You what, 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 Age of Who would have guessed? Like, who would have guessed? Like in 2013, that less than a year later. Like you would have had to take like long shot bets to say like, hey, Robert Redford's gonna be in this movie. That's true. 
but he's going to say something that's going to shock the nerd community into a f- instant orgasm. It's good. <laughs> he's so good in that movie. That's basically what happened. <laughs> and Black Widow. Oh, the yeah. whole thing is good. Yep, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, uh, so this is... Uh, how do you want to do this? Brad, we're just uh, going to start reading everybody? I think everyone should just pick a column, and then you read the column, and then you pass it on to the next guy. Okay. I'll go first. Okay, go first. Okay. Um, so this is everybody who's been involved with Thrill Nerds Podcast. We're just going to give shout-outs to everybody. Yeah, instead of doing a general, like, yeah, you know who you are. We want to, like, really express our gratitude yeah. by naming names. Absolutely. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't get through all 300 episodes to pick out everybody, so I'll catch you on episode 400. Um, if you didn't show up here, but thank you. I'll take interviews. Um, you know, people who came to our booth and allowed us to record your so story. So you skip the first column? You can do the first column. Can I request voicemail? Yes. <laughs> sure. um, I'll do audiences. Um, so, uh, yeah, people who came to our booth, um, made our booth relevant and allowed us to share your story. Thank you. The Not yeah. Literally Girls, Dana and Ginny. Uh, Reggie West, Robert Workman, the Spectacular Spider mm-hmm. Kids. <laughs> I didn't get yeah. your names on there, but you know who you are. Um, Michael Uslin. Uh, we actually went to him, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, because he was awesome. Yeah, um, and he remembered us. Uh, mm-hmm. Rebecca, Rebecca Isaacs, George Jonti, Zach Howard, um, oh, Danny, the professional con, uh, circuit guy, uh, Natasha and Morgan, David Boop, AZ Power Girl, Donovan, who you know has. Every Visit year, our booth man. every year. Yeah. Um, Richard Taylor, Zach Bynes, Victoria the Joker, mm. Tom, <laughs> Lily and Ayala, the Sonic the Hedgehog girls, John and Jacob, Ani Carino, Tom Sullivan, Glenn Burgetts, Billy DeLine, Bobby DeLine, Dave Higgins. Mm. Uh, good luck with your movies. Uh, the Earthbreaker team. I hope your your uh, series turned out well. And, uh, of course, Alex Sullivan, RIP. Oh, yeah. Uh Show guests, Joe, Jesse, Tuku Nation, Chris, Dan Weingart, Maddie O'Connor. You know, you should listen to our epic trilogy of his interviews at Denver Comic Con. They're pretty great. Yeah. Spencer Kane, Andrew Bueno, Charlie Frost. God, I can't. Dude, I'm getting old, bro, or I can't even read. <laughs> Joshua, Cantalitanodo. Sorry, totally. Calinato. Calinato. Yeah, Go buy Trash Man Queen's Cards Comics. Edit. Benjamin Erbeck, John Osek, Amanda Prentice. Batman. <laughs> oh, Bree, yeah. Breeze might be on the show next week. Oh, cool. Randy, come back on. Yeah, seriously. Matthew Forcella, Palace Reve, Jesse Stewart, Aaron Laid, Alex Rhodes, Wilmeyer. I can't even. Wilmer. Fucking, Wilmer. I can't read, dude. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I've been awake for 36 hours, but I'm like moving it in and out. And, I'm, in I'm moving the page in and out, and I have perfect 2020 vision. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Do you know you get tested for that when you become a police officer? Really? I Just hope saying. so. Uh, Shauna, Mick, RJ, Shauna C. McDaniel, Matt Wilco- Willock. Wilcox? Willick? Matt Willicks. Willicks. Thank you. Good Brian job. Richards, Steve Bissett, Dan Schechter, Kendall Hurst, Andrew Middleton, my boy. I love Andrew. And Corinne Westerman. She is awesome as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, which one am I doing? Uh, fan mail? Sure. Okay. Uh oh yeah man Dan from Ohio we miss you yeah absolutely uh Cora Uni who uh, now you know our our correspondent in Seattle she's fantastic uh, uh Russell Maltempo Zach D seven uh, Matt Sell Matt Galvin man I'm doing it now too it's so late uh, <laughs> we should have done this at the, at the beginning of the day uh, Kevin Burke Christopher Mim uh, who is awesome that interview that I did with Christopher Mim at DCC was one of my highlights that was like this weird moment um. Uh, Totrek Joshua, Charlie Frost again, 
uh, Jessica Kelly McQuaid, Yay. amazing. Thank you. An absolute highlight of doing this show was having her walk up and 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 be a fan and just uh, be amazing. So uh, Bailey narrate. Uh, Marcy McGovern. Oh, Marcy McGovern. Oh, yeah, Marcy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Fan mail. Uh, and then for the voicemail, we have Adam, Jesse, Nicole, Bane, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> Mayo, Schiavone, uh, uh, Russell Maltempo. Oh, very cool. And also uh, Henry. Oh, True. yeah. yeah. I, I call on occasionally. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, we've also had audiences just kind of listen in on the show as it's being recorded, not the least of which was Aaron, Shauna, Sierra, Matthew, Laura, Stuart, <laughs> Reggie, Aww. Mia, Aww. Willow. Still alive, surprising. Ryan DeCristino, <laughs> Mick, RJ. I was going to say, like, you've gone through two dogs, but all of our cats are still alive. Uh, I know. Your life sucks. Twitterers, Ryan <laughs> Kelly, you got to do this W. One. Deeker, Mustars, Scott Derrickson. Hell yeah. You know, Scott Derrickson was really cool with us. I would correspond with him before he became, you know, Dr. Strange guy. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Johnson, who... Uh, Amazing. What an, an awesome nice, guy. Nice guy as well. Michael Stevenson, Daniel, James Gormanic. Michael Gorm. And Mac Brebonics is our buddy Bree. Yeah. Um, you know, if also the people at uh, a Scream Factory that always retweet my tweets and make other, like, our most engaged tweets we have. Uh Kevin Smith has uh, liked our tweets as well. And um, Jason Muse. And Jason Muse. Mm-hmm. And not like, like, oh, look how great we are. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of cool that you know they would take time and read them. They acknowledge we exist. Cheryl Jones from Movies Made Me uh, yeah, also she, interacted on a yeah. couple of episodes. So Yeah, yeah and... Uh, and all the other interviews from 2013, 14, 15... Um, oh, there's stuff on here, too. Yeah, you did it. And you have to do the pod show. I get, yeah, I have to do the pod show. Um yeah, thank you, Josh Hahn, Eileen Augusta, Joe, Ke- Joe, Joe Kelly. Kelly. I fucking love that Taylor guy. Taylor Frost, Dan Weingart, Taylor Hibbs, Zach Howard, George Jaunty also for that episode. Amazing. Um, How great so is George Jaunty to us? So yeah. good. Uh, Jonathan Tiersten. Jonathan Tiersten. Um, well, and Zach Howard for doing a, a commentary with us. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to get him commentary. back to do uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't finish filling out the pod show one, but. Um, so many yeah. more. Aaron, Jesse, Dan again. Yeah. Um, uh, your brother. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. And your parents. He, yeah. yeah, your brother was an evil government guy. Yeah. He was. <laughs> your um, parents' van. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Who played Robert Downey Jr.? No. Uh, Kevin. Kevin. Yes. Yeah. Kevin something. Sorry, Kevin. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't remember he did it. <laughs> um, not to. Yeah. Your wife. Yeah. yeah. Um, Call me motherfucker on it. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Taylor Hibbs, well, and for, uh, and Will Elder, mm-hmm. the Ghost Trappers, yeah, um, Zach. <laughs> Zach was a sombrero ghost. No yeah. thanks to Zach. fuck my dogs. Chupia <laughs> Espendejo. Um, <laughs> I think that's my line. Chupa me, yeah, you still can't. Chupa me verga, Bendejo. Chupa me nagas, Bendejo. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh man, yeah, Cora. I literally had to do it phonetically. Episode six. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I got your your niece ran me over. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah. fuck this! I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> no, she says uh, driving drunk is awesome. Yeah, yeah driving right. drunk is awesome. <laughs> I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> uh, that that was one of my favorite moments too when we were feeding her lines to say like, oh, horrible man. things. Yes, that was great. At DCC, of course, Chris Whitfield was a big help with Always us. Always helpful, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everybody behind the scenes. 
Yeah. I forget your names, but you really helped uh, when I was doing panels and at DCC. Uh, I I did a panel with James Marston. I don't know if I've told you how great he smells. Um, Kevin Conroy was excited to get our T-shirt. Um, everybody was really nice. I, I, I've never had an issue with doing a panels. And when people say that celebrities are not normal people, they are. They're very nice people. I've never had an issue with them. They've yeah. all given me hugs and told me I did a great job. Even John Barrowman, who I only knew because he is in so many TV shows, he let me meet his parents and his husband. Like He brought me into his green room. And his parents were really sweet. They're like these old English uh, people. And his husband was like really handsome and very nice. <laughs> and he was super nice. And I, I, I just I just love these moments where I asked him, I said, hey, I'm introducing you. What do you want me to do? He said, uh, you can just say my name and run off the stage because I'm doing this song and dance number in drag. I'm like, done. <laughs> uh, and I, I was told afterwards because I just said, hi, everybody. I'm Ryan from Real Nerds Podcast. And you're not here to see me. You're here to see John Brown. And I like dropped the mic and I ran off stage. And uh, he told Chris that he really appreciated me giving him all that time and not taking away from him. So that was really nice. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who like helped out with the booth with like our extra passes that mm-hmm. would like float in and yeah. out. Well, um, and the uh, everybody who volunteers genuinely every year at DCC, the, the, you oh, guys yeah. have all been amazing. Uh, Kira and, and Chris and all the guys that we see every year, like you guys work really hard um, and it's been fantastic. And if we forgot you, we're sorry. We just went yeah. through like 150 names. Yeah. So um, yeah, I hope we didn't Brandon forget Hopkinson anybody. was on an episode. Oh, I Brandon to write that one was down. on an episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. Man. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's also almost 3 a.m. Thanks <laughs> to everybody. But hey, we'll give ourselves a when you thought credit. you couldn't get any more of five hours of Real Nerds podcast, guess so, what? Yeah. There is another hour hour almost of <laughs> extended deleted scenes uh, how about no, actually they're not deleted. Uh, no they're, they're not deleted how about uh harvested scenes yeah. from our previous episodes uh brad is entitled this super cuts our uh, clip show at our worst and yeah. yeah so this is us at our worst and this is our clip show um <laughs> thanks everybody uh we're not going anywhere i'll be around yeah so what do we see next week Oh, next week. Alien Covenant. Yeah, Alien. alien and uh, so hopefully Apparently that's a lie. We're going to space. <laughs> yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye. Come on, Stay Brad. Stay tuned for more Real Nerds. Come on, Brad. Just do it once. Hey, I'm not. it's three episode 300. I'm not about to start. Uh, but for Brad, it's only episode like 232. <laughs> oh, that's low, man. <laughs> nice. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Nerds. I just got the hand job from Brad and it felt so great to see that hand. The what job? <laughs> the hands job. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be funny. It all smells like grape or chocolate or just ass. Yeah. Just smells, there's one of them just smells like butt. He's like the, the vein that spirals up your cock, just throbbing dickhead. See, when I see Precious and I see that fat black chick running away eating fried <laughs> chicken, I laugh. Yeah, because it's gay. It we, is Laura so did, good. didn't mention that she also loves gay stories. Fuck this movie. And if you want to waste $10, um, take a shit, wipe your ass with 10 bucks, 
Rub it in your eyes, and you will not have the pain that I've just endured. Calm. It's a poop movie. And I'm in the middle of a dude sandwich. Uh, we fucked up at the beginning. My um, favorite thing is to tear down Mad Men because everybody loves it, but I think yeah. it's not good. Oh. Hey, 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 <laughs> shut up. Your article made me want to punch you in your George Lucas turkey neck so hard. I have a George Lucas turkey neck? That hurts no, my feelings. Well, but I'm going to get pimped. Wait, what? Well, I have seen it, but I don't remember it. My cousin and I rented it. It's the gayest day I've ever had in my life. <laughs> got me swearing a lot for some reason. Really? Yeah, well, I already said fuck twi- well, three times. And a gentleman who refers to himself as suck my dick dances with wolves. <laughs> anyway, science is stupid. I love the shit out of this movie. He got so close to the lava in the center of the earth it made him brown. <laughs> Brad gets mad when we go off topic. <laughs> just because it's so hard for me to collect flustered. my thoughts and then you derail them. Um, the, 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 but anyway, no, I thought for a romantic comedy, you you're interrupting right now. Stop no, it. Did me. you fuck this bread? No. You know what? If you have video of you getting raped, you keep it very, very secret. <laughs> just saying. You know what sucks is the trailer for that. I wanted to jump down his throat and be like, no, fuck you, dude. I watch. <laughs> I, I go every week and I watch the movie. I don't even like eating popcorn. I don't like when people sitting next to me eat popcorn. Well, what snacks um, do they get? I don't, I don't fucking. Yeah. They Tea got, and crumpets? Yeah. Fucking they British got slimy bastards. Yeah. That sounds almost as bad as 8mm. It, it, it's like 8mm, but there's a ghost in it. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is... Brad. Talkmonger. To my right is... Dude, that was mean. <laughs> I'm really afraid if I say my name that Ryan's going to say Why something bad. Why can't it be Badgemonger or something? <laughs> That's Talkmonger. Oh. He attacks... hate the, you, Ryan Frost. He attacks the Vag like Pac-Man. Um, 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 um. And Lucy Lawless is really good as a, his wife who's really good at... Taking her clothes off. She's she, she, she does boobs. fine. Um, yeah, she does. There's a part um, where she leans over. I was like, nice. She has big boobs. Um, is she naked in it? Christina Hendricks' large breasts. <laughs> yeah, well, Christina Hendricks does have big boobs. Is Rachel yeah. Nichols naked? Probably not. Then I'm not seeing it. Oh, when he chops off that dude's head, though? It's yeah, like 30 it's seconds. So... He's like, yeah, yeah, it's flowing, and it's like 30 seconds, and chicks are cheering, and their tits are flopping. Dude, it's great. <laughs> Which has a cool opening, and then there's a really hot chick who walks around naked in it. Anyways, next week we'll be seeing Wonderlust with Jennifer Aniston, yeah. which I wish she was sure. naked in it. And they pixelated her boobs. Um, the only reason I watch it is because one myself. chick has really big boobs, and I heard she's naked in it a lot. Um, um, well, let me um, ask you, is there a lot of boobs in Piranha 3 Double <laughs> D? Yes. And you can see Kirsten Dunst Start naked in it. it. Does uh, Does Jack Bauer's daughter get kidnapped? Because if not, probably. Then I don't... Oh, but we see okay, her boobs, okay, and that go. made me want to see the movie. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Olivia uh, Wilde is hot. Bebe Newworth is in it. And if you ever want to see her in lingerie, that's the movie you should check out. <laughs> and then in Community, I love how they always show her boobs in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was being nice about it. You were, the, you know. Yeah, but I like her boobs. The girl, uh, Michelle Monaghan. You see her boobs in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I know. Oh, that movie's great. Well, we couldn't see it in 3D because I have a 2D TV. Um, but there's lots of tits in it. Well, anyway, they've been boobs. It does, yeah, it's got boobs. There's this really stupid boob shot where I don't know what it is about the movies. I just think they're cool, and I love boobs, and there's tons of boobs in them. Like there is some butt, but there is no actual nudity in the movie. Um, well, Olivia Munn is, but as far she's as she's like, naked in it, yeah. Oh, as far as it. like dude <laughs> frontal, there is no actual nudity. Like, oh well, now you just stuff. lost me. First you said but, Olivia Munn was naked, I'm gonna see it, but now you said there's no there's dick no in dick, it, so, so why I'm not go? gonna go. And there's this chick who's just naked putting her hair up. And there's lots of boobs in it. There's three boobs in this there movie. There really is. Yeah. And you can see the boobs of the chick at the beginning when she gets attacked by the shark because it's so clear. <laughs> Boob <It's> shot. <laughs> it's great. You know, the part where she's running down the beach and stripping? Like, I remember uh, 
watching it, and it's all like dark, and you can't see it. And this, nope, there's ass and tit. And does it take place in New Orleans? There takes place yeah. in New Orleans, so there's lots of boobs. I said, oh yeah, and Mercedes McNabb from Buffy's in it. She oh, gets cool. naked. But I didn't know she did nudity. I had no idea. Well, she didn't before now. I don't. I yeah, don't think. Sweet. I don't know. I think all uh, actresses should. Makes me like them more. <laughs> and then I saw some nip. There's tons of tits in it. No she had great school. boobs too. She showed her boobs at the beginning. There's a lot of boobs in this movie. <laughs> there is lots of boobs in this movie. <laughs> he works his way back to. Is there lots of like, boobs in this movie? There are lots of boobs in this movie. All right, those guys promised it, and I, I was hoping that there would be. And the opening of the movie is a very nice looking lady who's naked for the first. Ten minutes, and what was really she's the wife from the league. She is. Yeah. And you see Jessica Chastain naked. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, it's a really good movie. Like totally naked too. She's like walking totally nude and towards the camera, yeah, yeah. and my boner gets all hard. <laughs> God damn it! That movie there is go. good. This right? <laughs> yeah. With her saggy boobs and her flat ass. I'm really hoping there'd be boobs or something in it, but um, it's the longest negotiation to get boobs in a movie I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> you see like... Scarlett Johansson naked? No, I don't, don't want to hear this anymore. What? They've already fucked, James. Oh, well, okay, good. With the masks on. What? Her mask is not very, like... No, dude, but Felicia Hardy is fucking sexy. Yeah. She has that, like, fur that goes in between her, her cleavage. How old is she, and she has white hair already? Uh, it's platinum blonde. <laughs> but, well, no, the real problem is that she has hair growing between her cleavage. No, it's fur. <laughs> She's the, the black cat. Part. Oh, I thought you meant that. Oh, okay. God, you guys are so inappropriate. I thought you meant And her boobs her. are really big, yeah, and... Holy well, Jesus, she, I wanted to fuck him. That's because she is a woman in comics. Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is... There's something sticky on my laptop. Is that the movie you took your pants off in? Yes. Wait, the what? They have that close-up oh. of the baby's oh, asshole the baby. and balls. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah, there is a naked baby in the episode. Yeah, like in the first five minutes. There's an asshole and baby balls in it? Yeah. Well, they're not like zooming in on it. There's a woman changing a baby. And, and, and that made your dad up, like, not want to watch it? We will say your name on we, the air. We will say your name. You can even talk to us about porn. I love porn. <laughs> <laughs> How much time can we actually fill on that? Are we changing the show to porn nerds? Oh, now? God, porn no, nerds. Let's, no, no, I got to go home. A penetrating look at the world of pornography. Oh, this is the worst. Is uh, there no. any other DVDs we can buy? Oh, fuck, who cares? The Darkest <laughs> Hour 3D. It's housing 22 uh, cases. Wow. So yeah, that's pretty fucking big. There yeah. was a there was an episode of This American Life recently where you could they bury a child in it. So they're trying to make her really <laughs> seem like she's fat. How'd you like to go to the casting call for that? Yeah, you're gonna be January <laughs> Jones's fat double. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're gonna be the fat back of January Jones. Let me just make it clear: this was all Brad's idea. Don't get mad at me. I'm not mad. I just think it was stupid. That that whole scene with the plowing that sounds weird. So I was telling you guys. Um, earlier that I saw this movie in 1999 and that's the year I graduated from high school. Weird. So you, you are Jason Biggs. So I'm like totally like Jason Biggs except I'm not Jewish or look like Adam Sandler. <laughs> but he did fuck a pie, so. I, I have fucked Aww. many pies. Uh. <laughs> but I don't, I don't fuck like homemade you know, apple pies, hostess pies where I fuck. Where I fuck. <laughs> Home run pies? You fuck them right into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like cherry filling. Oh yeah, home run pies. Oh, gosh. Oh. Those are really good, though, home run pies without my dick in them. If you just eat them, like, <laughs> no, out of the package, stop, dude, they're stop. great. Um, but anyway, so the, the opening shot, I'm not even joking, is you the movie starts, and it's just these this close-up of these tits. <laughs> of these tits. <laughs> and it's this woman in a pilgrim outfit with her breasts exposed, like, perfectly cut costumes or tits are hanging out. That doesn't seem very Puritan. And Exactly. <laughs> and she's running from... Turkey vision, because you'll 
you see through the eyes of this turkey. Right. And he catches up to her, and you expect it just to, like, you know, kill her. Oh, no, my friends. There's more. He says, nice fucking tits. And <laughs> he kills the this chick. The turkey talks? The turkey talks. And it's vulgar. And it's vulgar. Wow. Um. Yeah. Who in the right mind makes this piece of shit? My best friend was killed by a turkey. It went through his stomach. He's dead. I guess I'd have to be good. shake, though, because I'm the biggest dickhead here. <laughs> <laughs> She's going, right? She is. She wants cool. me to get her a T-shirt. Okay. She, said, she says, make sure you get a small one so people can see how big my boobs are. And what is it? Women Entertainment TV? Uh, so I it's a assume. bunch of bitching going on. You guys <laughs> yeah. do this all the time. I've noticed on the podcast. You guys like make yourselves watch shitty shit. <laughs> hey, hey, cat. Hey, cat. I'm going to punch you. I'm going to punch you in the face, cat. Get Oh, 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 die. Oh, die a horrible death. Okay. Um, Man, we don't even need fucking Brad. Brad who? And Brad isn't here. He sent me an email, and he said, Kansas is really flat, and you better read this on the air, you fucking assholes. Did he really send you that he email? He did send me that email. I added the fucking assholes part. Well, but... yeah, as, as much as you, uh, you should. Exactly, because... That, that wasn't very well written. He, he's the asshole who's in Kansas right now. We yeah. can go without him. Yeah, fuck Brad. Fuck you guys. You fuck you, Brad. Guy. But yeah. we don't know, because Brad's a douchebag. Brad's a dickhead. I know. So you know what, Brad? Fuck you, I'm not going to do it anymore. Now you want me to do it, and I'm taking it away. You know what? Fuck you, Brad, for not being here for six weeks. Oh, uh, can, can I talk about it, Brad? Fuck. <laughs> I let you talk for like the last 30 minutes. Fuck the fans. Whoa. But you know what? I am not here to fuck the fans. I am uh, here to tenderly make love to them. I, I believe I said it exactly like that, but the context was different. <laughs> no, it's like, fuck the fans. We'll make up some story why we couldn't see Puss in Boots. <laughs> that is what the text said. Yeah, well, it what, what the fuck is your job here, pal? <laughs> Sound engineer, and I'm trying to tell you what to do without fuck. interrupting the podcast, which we just failed at. Well, yeah, because you you put like the mic as a cock towards your mouth. <laughs> and I'm Ryan. Oh no, that was that was Ryan's impression of Brad. Uh, I'm Ryan, and Evil Dead's awesome, man. No, I'm really oh wait, no, he's kind of like a, it's like jock nerd, so he's like. Yeah, I, I love Evil Dead and me, me. <laughs> Bruce Campbell's uh, the best actor ever. Me. And you can't hear Brad, so I'm Brad. I'm Brad. I don't see anything. Batman. You do realize your Brad voice is like the same as like Kremlin Cat voice. Is it? I I'm just trying to make Brad really. It's gonna be really hard for him to edit this. He's gonna yeah. have to get listening to this crap. He's like, he's like, oh, fuck you guys, fuck you guys. It's probably what he does when he's... I've been editing stuff. for 48 hours for the 48 yeah. hour film festival. I've done the 48 hours, and now I have to edit this fucking shit, you fucking dickheads. I'm gonna, uh. I'm gonna get you back one day if you ever learn how to edit. <laughs> fuck you, Brad. And what, what's, what's up with um, Brad saying her eyes are goofy? Dude, I don't know, he's crazy, man. He's weird. Brad, you know what, shut the fuck up. Fuck you, man. <laughs> what kind of a douche name is Bradley? <laughs> fuck you, James. Shut the fuck up, James. You can say it. Fuck you, Brad. <laughs> fuck you, audiences. Brad. Fuck you, Brad. Hey, man. <laughs> we are cool? the we are the real nerds. Well, I did a great opening originally, and then you stopped me in the middle yeah. of my opening. Man. And you said, hey, do that better. You... Fucking suck this dick, bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Quit fucking interrupting me, fuck you, dish. And James Gunn, I talked about this last time when you lent it to me. I don't know what to do with him. Like, I don't know if I like him or if he's insane. And, and I'll tell you <sighs> something, Bill Murray. It's Marine. weird. You're not that good. Yeah. Because you've made all these stupid movies since Lost in Translation, Sans, uh, Steve Zizou, which I actually liked. Yeah. But 
you're not that important, and you kind of come across as kind of a fucking asshole. Yeah, it is one of those things that people talk about a lot that he is kind of a dick. Um, you know, I mean, which, what else, it's one what thing else for... is he going to do? Another movie that make grosses five hundred thousand dollars? Fuck him. David E. Kelly can suck it. I don't know how she does it. Oh, okay, I don't even know. Is the name of it's the horse Jessica movie. Parker? It's oh, a sequel to Sea Biscuit. I'm just glad they got rid of Christian Slater. I hated every commercial where they were like, "I can't believe we got Christian Slater on our show," and I'm thinking, "Why? What was he doing?" <laughs> I wanted to see it already, and then I heard Roland Emmerich directed it. And now I really <laughs> want to see it because I want to see how that's possible that he could. Because I heard it's a good movie, so I don't know how that director can make a good movie. Hunter S. Thompson, not that good. Yeah, I said uh, it. He's dead. He's not going to do anything about it. But How come Princeton, Kirsten Dunst looks like someone punched her in the mouth? Ray Park is so friggin' short. <laughs> you know who's weird looking? It's Kristen right. Bell with her weird eyes. Oh, Kristen Bell does not have weird eyes. <laughs> Here's our horsey date. It was. Oh. Oh. Oh, and there was no movie with Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Went to that well. well. That's what James calls her. I don't. She looks like a horse, dude. I think there's a joke in family. Isn't there a joke in family guy where Peter feeds her a carrot and rubs her face? Yeah, yeah. but they weren't the ones that came up with that. <laughs> he also says she looks like a foot. People people <laughs> have been <laughs> drawing connections between her and horses for many, many years. Because she looks like one. Uh, sometimes she's all right. She's married to Matthew Broderick. I like Matthew Broderick. Uh, yeah, I like Matthew Broderick, too. And he likes horses. <laughs> Evidently. Bestiality. Ooh. Oh. Zoo. So we Speaking got... of zoos. So thank you to Digital Bits for our <laughs> DVD uh, release See, information. Why doesn't Brad just let us ramble? I bet we'd get a lot more hits if they just let us ramble and be Yeah, really I mean, funny. we were just on the brink of talking about bestiality films. I know, and then, um, you know what? That would have sold. You know what? Sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish. No, you know what? You just killed... Keep talking about horse fuckers. Well, you're hijacking my fucking show. So yeah, we're we talking are. about Mad Men. So anyway, yeah. Betty Draper's fat now. Oh my God, she's so fat. <laughs> she's so fat. <laughs> How so fat is she? she? She thought she had cancer, and but then, she's just eating too much. And then makeup... Looks okay. It almost looks like she's actually fat. I was starting to wonder. I said, I said, how fat is she? She's so fat that if she sat on a quarter, boogers would squeeze out of George Washington's nose. Oh, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> I, I've never heard that before. That's awesome. <laughs> Spider Man. Oh, I so want to see Emma Stone die. No, wait, that's not what I meant. Vince Vaughn, like this lanky-looking, funny-looking bloke. Is not a good Rockford. I don't know. Maybe he walks in the room and he's really excited to be the Rockford guy, and he's going to say, "Hey, look at me! I'm the new Rockford guy." And you're going to get all mad at him, but hey, I can still do it, right? He's doing a Vince Vaughn. That was my Vince Vaughn. That was amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I started. I got it right away. Thank you. Pretty Thank quick, you. I was like, "Oh yeah, he's being obnoxious, like Vince Vaughn." <laughs> anyway, Vince Vaughn can suck it. He doesn't look like James Garner, and I don't want to see that movie. Yeah, but Damon Lindelof is at that point now where like. He's a he's about to be uh, like almost a home home name, you know. Like pe- people are gonna know who he is. I think. When I came back to the booth, uh, like a uh, giddy as a schoolgirl, <laughs> and this is even before the con even started. And this is true. And James is going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! I just met Rebecca Isaacs! Oh my god!" I'm sure he's a dick. Kind of seems just like say that. Yeah, like, yeah. I just I've heard from from people who've met him in interviews and stuff that he is just kind of a a jerk. That's really really unprofessional of you, James, to bring that up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, if he ever meet if I ever meet him and he's great, then I will I will retract that. But <laughs> okay, that's better. <laughs> Make sure I've, you're I've met so fifty-five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Steven Spielberg's a dick. Do you guys want to? No, no, no. Uh, Steven Spielberg is not a dick. You don't know. You never met him. I don't think. But I've I've seen I'm sure enough he's stuff not with a dick. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying how irresponsible it was of you to. I've seen to call out Aaron Johnson. <laughs> you didn't even know the man. <laughs> <laughs> it probably was. It probably was. 
But I like starting rumors, especially about dudes being dicks. I totally. saw some behind-the-scenes stuff on the Kick-Ass DVD where he said that James Hart's a dick. Wow. <laughs> he, and he looks right at the camera. He's like, James Hart, you are a dick. Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane showed up at Comic-Con. He always shows up at Comic-Con. That's right. I made fun of him showing up at Comic-Con once, but you never <laughs> you heard him. called him out, I think. I did. Yeah, you, called, you, called, ass. you called him a fucking asshole. I don't think I said that. You're like, Thomas Jane, you're a piece of shit, you fucking <laughs> asshole. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin apparently fired a, a large quantity of the writing staff on the newsroom. Yeah, because it's shit. So, so he wants he, all the money, so he's a greedy son of a bitch. So was The Hobbit the her. only actual movie news you had? <laughs> no. Was everything about TV? No, no, no. What? No. There was the thing about Gangster Squad. You're a jerk. <laughs> well, hey, I had written down here the Clio Awards. We could have talked about the Clio Awards. Do you want to talk about the Clio Awards? What are the Clio Awards? I don't even know are what they're they about movies. The, no, they're, awards, they're the awards for commercials. I was going to throw it in as a joke. Oh. Uh. That's really mean to say about the Cleos, James. The only, uh, thing, the only words I care about are the Dundies. I didn't. Uh. <laughs> but now that I know what they are, I am sad that you have uh, disparaged them. Oh, because last year, last week we bored everybody by talking about Emmy nominations for a minute and a half. So I figured, you know, we'd, we'd bless the Cleos with some promotion. The Cleos, awesome. check it out. <laughs> the Cleos, what channel? TV Guide channel? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Find them on the, the commercial channel. <laughs> I don't watch. Show. And this is the Bud Light commercial that won most appealing to young men, eighteen to thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank uh, my uh, storyboard artist <laughs> and and the director for having a clear vision of what this Bud Light commercial really was. <laughs> I want to thank uh, my wife for giving me the little nugget of an idea to <laughs> <laughs> to have a a girl in a bikini dance with pom poms while I ran down for a touchdown. Thank you so much. I miss you. <laughs> think there are commentaries with Kristen Stewart on them? What know. do you think they sound like? Uh, this, this, you know, I was walking through the woods and I was... <laughs> she's like the quiet uh, Schwarzenegger. She describes what yeah. she's doing. Every day on the set's a party and it <laughs> rocked. And you guys are awesome. I love you all. <laughs> that was just like her. Wow. <laughs> I was mimicking her, uh, what, MTV Movie Award experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rupert Sanders really wants to have sex with you right now. Totally. He wants to... Maybe I'll get in the next Snow White movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can have sex with Rupert Sand Saunders? If you're going to have sex Red with a director... Is no Snow White <laughs> in Snow White and the director. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was good. You were supposed to show our tapes. <laughs> Turn them into a movie. <laughs> uh, who's your favorite new kid? Call me Joey. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to have sex with a director... Two Kevin Smith references in one <laughs> podcast moment. If you're going to have sex with a director, don't have sex with a first-time director. Have yeah. sex with somebody who's going to have a career after this. Now, see, now what happens is next year at Denver Comic Con, Vin Diesel's going to have something to promote, and he's going to come <laughs> out, and it's going to be an egg on your face. I know. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to interview him because if anyone say, hey, Vin, what was it like working with Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> That's not fair. I would totally interview him. I want to talk about what kind of stuff he played when he was D&D. Yeah, cool story, James. Hey, I'll Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, call us in and call us a piece <laughs> of shit. That'd be awesome. Can you even spell shit, Mark Wahlberg? Hey, real nerds. Mark Wahlberg. One call and say, hey. Some guy just says, hey, give me Megatron. And I go, what? You can't take a Transformer. One, they're huge. The other players couldn't do anything. Those Transformers are so big. And he says, Mark, it's not a real Transformer. And I said, you mean a GoBot? You're going to call a GoBot Megatron? That's just wrong. Those guys are fake anyway. I don't think they allow robots in the NFL. He goes, Mark, stop. I'm talking about Calvin Johnson. That's his nickname. And I said, I think I've heard that before. 
here's here's what I'll say. If Jim Cameron doesn't make Avatar two and three in high frame rate, he's a fucking idiot. Seriously, so like who did James Cameron blow to get everything he ever wanted? So basically he went to India, he's like, I will suck everybody's <laughs> dick in India to push my movie over two billion dollars. Oh, give me eight dollars, I will suck your dick. <laughs> uh, I'm really disappointed no one laughed at my River Phoenix death joke and Get off your Friday Night Lights high horse. Hayden Panettiere is not very good at being an actress. Her body's weird shaped. <laughs> Whoa. Like she's smushed. Kristen Bell has like a fucked up eye in her. Dude, you Kristen son Bell of a bitch. Kristen Bell doesn't have fucked up eyes. <laughs> Quit saying that about Kristen Bell. Oh, man. Which is unfortunate unless Matt Singer comes back. Matt Singer? Uh, Brian Singer. Wow. Fuck me. No, I Matt. won't. But Brian Singer might. I don't know. I think I, I really do agree that. CG Scott Speedman was better than CG Babyface. Tom Cruise is the best runner in Hollywood. Tom Cruise, if your feet are on the ground, you better be running. <laughs> My mom likes him. He looks at Seth Rogen and goes, do you ever get tired of talking about your dick all the time? <laughs> oh. Whoa, what? You I know thought, what? I Every time I see it. Paul Dano, I'm like, that guy's an asshole. His fucking <laughs> hipster haircut. What a hipster. Douchebag. I don't know how I'm going to feel. You're, no. You've got G.I. Joe blue balls. James took that really um, personally. I took it personally because he said I had a small dick. Why? I can make fun of Asian people. They we need don't to listen. put a mic over there so people can hear the, uh, the paper land. I'm just kidding. Russell knows I'm kidding. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't know who Russell is, but he can go fuck himself. Wow. <laughs> wow. James. Just we <laughs> finally get someone generous enough to write in and give us some comments and you tear him apart? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 So you can look forward to that if you leave a voicemail, James. Leave a voicemail, <laughs> and then we will tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> He'll rip your anus apart. Oh, oh that sounds awesome. I am going to have to pee in the middle of that movie. Wait. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go. Dude, we've been doing this for a year, and you have you keep on interrupting. Let him just push the fucking button. It's, uh, it's, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just it, it was just a little bit too far. <laughs> what the what hell? What the hell? <laughs> you Jesus you Christ! You scared the heart. hell out of everybody. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and it's still crawling around. <laughs> oh. What? Why didn't you just squish it? Jesus Christ Almighty! Uh, yeah. Look, I'm a you know been a long time listener, uh, just kind of a newer caller. For, actually, it's my first time, but I just kind of wanted to call and like you know tell you guys that in all in all honesty, I really did not enjoy your rant about uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. You know that was a great movie, and I think that it was actually Grim Brothers wise. Or, well, you know, whoever wrote the story originally was actually pretty accurate because, you know, it, it's, it's hard these days to make something as bold and, you know, something is totally different than Twilight. And, like, I think they did it, you know. And Kristen Stewart, she's, like, the best actress that I've ever seen in my life. So I, I really I, – I, I, I'm, I'm, stu- I'm stunned that you would – you would do this kind of thing. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of assholes. I didn't know there was actual fan for Snow White and the Huntsman. Some people liked that movie. Some people liked that movie. I didn't know they were that passionate. And yeah, but that uh, passionate about hardcore. Kristen Stewart. And I will say, I you know, if we piss anybody off, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm sorry. I'm not. Fuck that guy. But uh, you know what? He should be. He, he called better... us assholes. I know. He called us assholes. Oh, yeah, you're right. He called us assholes. No, fuck that kid. He says, yeah, yeah, I'm a it's... construction worker. This is my job or something. Like he, just, he just narrates during, yeah. Yeah, exactly during... what's happening on screen. <laughs> during those those early Schwarzenegger movies, when they were doing commentaries, that's all he would do uh, is say, like, this is the scene where I do this. <laughs> this is the scene where I fight the predator. 
<laughs> to hell if you don't like this commentary, then to hell with you. <laughs> Dude, we do amazing Schwarzeneggers. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a really good uh, You guys make fun of my Connery. Dude, your Schwarzenegger needs lots of work. <laughs> it needs to be like this. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. Thank you. And the fire is so delightful. Tip your waitresses. Love and feeling. You've lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you ever know that you're my hero? I the like dark is Batman is a good character. He's so dark. And I really like Batman. The Batman. <laughs> yeah, when you were podcast. when you were like a baby, your parents should have like made you hang out in dumpsters and shit so that you like had more built up ex- an immune yeah. system for yeah, this. Yeah, like you expose you to, to, to gross shit more often. Yeah, um, it's because because yeah you're just pathetic you're a pathetic excuse for you i wait what are we doing well, i don't know what you're talking about oh, i'm you're, sorry you're i'm sorry on a little i just feel like random. i want to die now yeah no i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that brad sometimes i get angry the first thing he said is i hate the movie brave Aww. to me it was like you put your brother you put brother bear meets freaky friday and it was horse and then he also put i saw the movie brave it sucked ass haha <laughs> you can't say anything bad about me because it's a family show i can't darn it I did really good till the end. And finally, Dick was that Magic Mike Two is getting, or they're making, and they're finally, talking about making. Did you say and finally, Dick. And finally, Dick. And everybody will go, oh man, so, so I have AIDS now. Uh, James, uh, wh- wh- who are you texting during our fucking podcast, dude? Uh, Knock on your wiener. She told me she'd <laughs> suck my dick at right now if I started playing World of Warcraft, Laura. No, no. Family members listen to this show. Do I'm, not say stuff like that. I'm, I have to... You guys are skipping over me on Comic Corner again because Brad got some stupid fucking Batman book that I'm going to have to listen to him babble about Comic Corner. And that a piece of sh- fucking shit took that away from the world is bullshit. Um, so fuck that piece of shit. I hope he gets anally raped and his asshole gets so wide uh, that... It, this isn't about that. I'm just kidding. I'm going to tickle your ear pussy. I stole that from Kevin Smith. Hey, James. How's it going? Pretty good. We're good. going, like, old school style this we week. We are. Um, so if it sounds like crap, it's not our fault. Yeah, it's because Brad's not here because he's off making a movie. It's a porn. Yeah. It's <laughs> He's not in it, though. He's it's called The filming. Casting Couch. It's about a young girl trying to make it in the movie business, and the only way she can get in the movie business is by fucking the director. I want to make it entirely so. clear that I have never seen this movie and have no intentions of watching it. I, I do know that my voice gets all homosexually when i talk to like children Whoa. and uh, fucking this fucking shit my fucking shit or something like that yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Myth- he says he says it quite a bit it, it's uh, literally fuck you you fucking piece of fucking shit or uh, a couple of comic series i don't think you've touched on but if you have this can be redundant are the boys by garth ennis uh which are <laughs> garth, i mean garth ennis. <laughs> is it ennis i mean garth ennis sorry. <laughs> that's a good one too i need it yeah i've, I've got, got a picture on my phone of what looks like snoopy eating a dick it, it was bad <laughs> Damn, that's a good I one. I hate you. That's when you're going like, were, were any of the characters on the lamb? <laughs> <laughs> but the bad one is better. Yeah, bad, bad, bad. Is line. Um, yeah. There is some funny bits in it, but... Uh... But nothing that lives up to the, the promise exactly. of zombie sheep, which is awesome. Exactly. Hey, hey, would you, t- <laughs> would you tell us more about it? <laughs> um, I would like to, but um, the sheer uh, annoyance <laughs> of the movie, I cannot... Because you shear off the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it. <laughs> it looks really nice. It's shot in New Zealand on the sprawling hills of New Zealand town. But clearly the director just didn't Don't be sheepish. Have... Tell us more. <laughs> clearly the director uh, just didn't have the chops. 
He, he did. He didn't. You know, and he was trying to ram oh home. A, <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't take you a while. Yeah. And he was trying to ram home this stupid <laughs> idea of uh, of this idea, and all I could do is just not help but count him to fall asleep is really obnoxious. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, something about that show with the puppets and the ones of sheep. Lamb chops play along. There we go. There we go. <laughs> that wait, does that count as a reference? No. Okay, shoot. So, anyways, don't see black sheep. You yeah. can ship your wet rub. No, please just, don't. Just to be a please don't. Big old floppy donkey. Dude. <laughs> Even worse is like, oh, it, was, it was no good. I was so bored. Sorry if you talk like that. I didn't mean <laughs> to make fun of you. I'm so bored. I need. I need. Can I get my fruit cookies? <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, that poor guy. No, fuck that guy. Seriously, Why is it the jerk? poor old guy? It's it's really cold in here, NW. Can you turn it up? I need some very cookies. Okay, um, I guess we should set this up. We were after <laughs> we were done eating, uh, watching Raiders. We went to KFC to have a post movie snack, and there was an old guy in there. And first, you know, didn't think anything of it. Me and James were waiting to be held by this one lady who was doing everything at the restaurant. Yeah. And he came, he came like barreling up there. He's like, hey, I didn't get my free cookies. He had like three turkey necks. Yeah. Like three. He had like food just spewing out of his mouth. It's like, uh. And he was leaning over the like glass median thing that keeps you from spitting your food into the our food. You know what he sounded like and what he looked like? That really fat demon in Buffy where he's like (laughs) stuck in the sewer because he's so fat. He's like, yeah. Give me that paper right there. Yes. Yeah, he did. I got my red cookies. It was really cold in there. It was colder inside than it was outside. It was cold in there. It was cold outside. And so later on when we're eating, he didn't even get up this time. He was just yelling at this poor lady. Literally, this lady oh. was doing everything in the restaurant. And he was in. He was sitting down and he said, It's cold in here! It's really cold in here! And later he just kept going on and on about cookies and where he'd get cookies and which ones were good. <laughs> yeah. And he just and would not shut chocolate up. chocolate chip cookies? Yeah. Oh, I got these was, cookies. They were pretty hard. It was really I good. It. I had to eat them, but they were delicious. And there's this one girl on her name was Becky. She's so fucking annoying because English movie about old fucks. Yeah. That's pretty good. How old does he think this guy think we are? Uh, I don't know. 57 years old. Do, do you think we'd not watch? Co- oh, I still James, watch Cartoon Network. What's a movie? What's this fiddle fat thing that I turn on and the cable comes through? Well, when it was on. Yeah, hey, let me tell you a story about when we were watching Cartoon Network. We're the reason there's Adult Swim on Cartoon Network, motherfucker. I'm not afraid of Chris Fuckman. During this movie, it's funny you say that. I was thinking the same thing. Like, is this movie trying to piss me off? Yeah. <laughs> no, I like, did. I. He's I, like, you like Resident Evil? Well, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, fuck you. Why didn't you call me? Yeah, I great. care about you it. You guys really love Dick Van Dyke. So I do love Dick Van Dyke. He's amazing. And you love Dick. I do love Dick. Wait, what? <laughs> and or I tri- awesome. Or awesome. Hey, I only did that during Michael Uslin, and he was awesome, so shut your <laughs> fucking whore mouth. You are no longer That's allowed. it, James. You, me, and your dick outside. <laughs> I, think oh. I think I'll get an artist pass. Oh, shit. Oh, that's right. Look at this badge, guys. Oh, you don't get one because you can't draw. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. Seriously. You have fun over there at Artist Alley when no one comes and sees you. And Oh, woo-woo. hey, Rebecca Isaacs. How's it going? <laughs> We're all oh. pals over here. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> she doesn't even know your name. <laughs> Just screaming across the aisles. Yeah. Hey, hey, real nerds, <laughs> suck it. Don't stop at that guy's booth. He's not very good. You shut up, man. <laughs> All he does is draw dicks. 
Hey, Rebecca, you know what happened to real nerds all last year? Yeah, James strangled a puppy. <laughs> fucked up. My um, wife did that. She was so sure that there was a snake under our bed one night that she made me get up and oh, check everywhere in our room to make sure there was no giant snake. <laughs> <laughs> and then she realized I was just walking around without pants on. <laughs> when I was a kid, I would lay in bed and I would be afraid the E.T.'s creepy little, like, hose neck would rise up at the end of my bed <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and it just scares the shit out and of and then him. he would literally run out of his bedrooms with the shit falling out of his ass because it scared <laughs> the shit out of him thinking yeah. that you know et scared him and his mom would come out and be like fuck james i have to clean up your shit again you don't like cloverfield Not really. what a limp dick dude i still haven't seen a trailer for news. have you guys know anything about gravity with robert downey jr no i haven't heard anything about it i know it's coming out in november time. yeah that's all I know about it. I've, need, I've seen no photos. I've seen no trailer. And I want my Robert Downey Jr. fix. This is fucking bullshit that I can't find it. Um, <laughs> well, hold on. Was that a joke about how you keep all of your comic books in Brad's ass? Yes. That's we good. Fucking listen to me. I don't know why I even talk on this fucking show. And every time that Liam Neeson would hit somebody, which it's a Taken movie, so he hits a lot of people, This guy, the guy would go, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> Sorry there, chap. Boom. Oh, you're gone. Boom. Boom. So you so. know he's just being a butt knocker. Yeah. <laughs> butt knocker. So fuck him. Speaking of Stan Lee, though. Give it a fucking chance, Brad. Jeez. Give me something Batman. No, fuck Batman. And I was like, dude, why do you want me to suck your dick? Fine, I'll stop I mean, being a I was like, why do you want me to suck your dick? <laughs> and then I just, I just sat here and stared at you, and I was just weird was to watch. fascinated. It was weird. And then he looked me directly in the eyes, and I looked <laughs> back, and then it was like, there was this weird energy. And then I kind of lost track of the blowjob, and then... And then you made me keep on doing it because since you lost track, you kind of lost interest in what I, you were focusing on. So yeah. it made me have to work harder to get you to... But at least you guys had fun. I just and do you have a piercing? Because like, I think I knocked out a tooth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, it's I had to really loose in there. Yeah, emergency dentist. You go to Comfort Dental. I'm sure they'll take care of it. This is the worst conversation uh, since bestiality. A broken, <laughs> broken blowjob tooth dental insurance out there that I can get covered. <laughs> there is. If you have full coverage, um, <laughs> if you don't, if you go to Comfort Dental, it's another nineteen dollars because oh. you have to get the X-ray and they got to see what tooth your dick knocked out. <laughs> and uh, when they do that. They uh, they go ahead and uh, cap it, um, depending on how big the mushroom indentation of in your mouth is, and it goes from there. Well, how much? How do you know so much about this? Well, when you suck as much dick as I do, I mean, uh, <laughs> this week we saw the seven psychopaths. What, dude? Spoilers? Fuck. Tune in Sunday for The Walking Dead. Unless you own dish, then fuck you. <laughs> you're like one of those. You're like one of those people that drive well, me nuts. Or like, oh, British TV's no. so much better than American. No, no, no. Here's oh, the take thing. Look, with just my biscuits. The union. I saw Shaun of the Dead at the freaking Esquire before it was even popular. So oh. fuck all you motherfuckers. Thank, thank. He, hey, he's the German. And you know Let's what? Pick on him. You know what? If we want to make it in Hollywood, we better start kissing some Jew ass, or we're never gonna <laughs> make it. The last thing I saw was it's called The Burning. And um, is it about your crotch? <laughs> no, don't do it. You stick your dick in it, dude. Push the button. <laughs> LED dicks pointing in his face. Stolen thunder. <laughs> Call me uh, Thor. Bitch. I'm getting ago. cramps in my fucking leg. You want some leg mitol? And Wait, the, what the right. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, so. Quit being vague about it and tell me what the fuck is going on in this movie. You you're certainly a, did not you're make such me a cry. Dick. You love seeing an alcoholic pilot kill people. You're like, yeah, fuck that guy. But he didn't kids, kill people. He when, saved 96. When, when, kids, when kids are trying to be themselves, that's stupid. Ball sack. Oh my God. <laughs> that looks like a dick. <laughs>
See if we can draw a waveform. <laughs> See if we can make a waveform that looks like a dick. I want to listen to the wheel nods. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> you can tell us we suck donkey dick. We'll read it on the air. And, and then we will suck donkey No, 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 Whoa, no, no. James will suck donkey Whoa. dick. I will watch and film it, and then I'll call it Jackass 4 Donkey <laughs> Dick Edition. Every week we have a donkey standing in the middle of the room. Tied to just waiting post, to get its dick sucked. Stuck, I, I don't think as you've soon ever as seen. someone tells us to do it, James is going to do it. <laughs> I don't think so, you've ever seen an actual jackass for a film. That's not what happens in those movies. Yeah, huh? Ryan Nundring's uh, horse. That's semen. a horse, not a donkey. Same, basically, same thing. <laughs> he doesn't look like Stitch. He looks like a you know a amorphous blob of poop. Is that really E.T.'s fault? You're <laughs> you're judging someone by the way they look. Yes, that's yes. fucked up, yeah. James. <laughs> if you don't like E.T., you're not cool. This is why I don't. Fuck this, this fucking shit. I'm flipping fuck. off in my mind right now. <laughs> this is fucking <laughs> shit. Fuck, motherfuck. Uh, I'm going to try to set the record for most fucks in a podcast. He's going to have to bleep out all those fucks. So. Yeah, well, um, life sucks. Wear a helmet. <laughs> we need to just change the name of this podcast to Ship Full of Plagrats. What? The fuck does that mean, James? <laughs> because we're all sick. What? Ship full of plague. Never oh, mind. ship full of yeah, plague ship rats. Full of... I thought oh, yeah, I said no, ship, ship full of... of plague bats. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? Okay, when you guys are done um, with your butt fucking, let's get back to the show. Okay, uh, so Joss Whedon must have shit in his lunch. Fifteen people died on that beach. I don't know how many. How he knew how many people died. <laughs> and one of them was my sister. I'm going to make sure you pay. So uh, I don't go to foreign uh, countries um, because I'm afraid of getting my face cut off. Brad has big old fucking balls that he just can't do it. Once I yeah, tries to go into my mouth, it's just the hardest thing ever. I always thought she was so cute for how old she is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? um, I mean, I probably won't she... fuck her, but I think she's cute. <laughs> I smell cat shit. Did a totally cat come out here just shit? I, 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 don't, I don't know what else to say. I'm getting all sentimental here, but uh, I just want to say thanks to you guys. You guys have anything to say if, after a year of doing this? Um, I wish that Brad wasn't sick. Yeah, me too. Yeah, what a dick. Way yeah. to ruin our fucking year anniversary show. Fucking bye. Bye. Twilight sucks dick. Edit that out, motherfucker. Real Nerds Podcast is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. The Real Nerds would like to thank the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now open in Sloan's Lake. We also would like to thank Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, especially Andrew. Our music has been brought to you by Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios. And of course, thanks to James's mother, our most loyal listener. Have a nice day.